What did you say this movie was about? Oh, it's great. It's about this guy who dresses up like Santa Claus and kills people. What? Very naughty. You're being naughty. I don't bring toys to naughty children. Very naughty. What they were doing was something very, very naughty. When we do something naughty, we are always caught. Very naughty, very naughty. There is no Santa Claus. Carpet day! Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 172 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast is coming at you live. I am your host, the Toxic Offender, a.k.a. Moods. Yeah. And, of course, I have my Mexican in the house with me tonight, the man who hates memes because he has no sense of humor. Double Shot J, a.k.a. JP. And I'd like to welcome back to the show one of my personal favorite guests that has blessed the mic on this historic and, more importantly, legendary show, Venom, a.k.a. Jerry Seinfeld. What's going on, guys? <laughs> Yo. I have no idea why I said Seinfeld. <laughs> I, I don't hate memes. I just hate that cat one. Well, I don't love memes either. Um, but I just feel, I feel like memes are overdone and not... And the creative ones are few and far between these days. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I get a kick. Honestly, I'm right with you with that cat one. First of all, I don't even know where the origin of that came from. So I'm missing Me some neither. text of that. But I, I just don't find any of the ones even funny anyways. Like, yeah. I just don't <laughs> get it. Like, I, I don't know. But I love memes. Like, I could make them up all day and shit. Like, I don't know. I, I just think they're fun as fuck. But. I love the crying Freeman ones that Neil do. Oh. It takes a quote from Jeremy, and and it's always like a long quote, but I and I read it in his voice. <laughs> oh, those are the best. Yeah, those are great, man. <laughs> Venom back on the show, buddy. What's going on? Greetings and salutations, gentlemen. Yes, very happy to be back. Always a treat to work with two of my favorite podcasters. So yeah. Awesome. Man. Well, the return came so quick. I mean, because last time you didn't get a chance to be on the show with uh, JP. Well, the whole show, I should say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it was like a second. So yeah, we're starting from the top uh, with uh, with JP this week. So that's awesome. Um, but yeah, man, very very happy to have you back on the show. I wasn't uh, just you know stroking you off and just making up shit when I said you're one of my favorites that we've had on. Uh, your insight's great, and just very happy to have you on this episode. So thanks for coming back. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you very much. I'm very excited. And two of our three feature reviews were first time watches for me. So I'm actually really excited to talk about nice. it. Oh, really? Nice. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. I take it inside was the one you've seen before. 
Many times, yes. Okay. <laughs> well, that's cool. I'm very curious to hear what you say about the other two because I have my own history and feelings towards those. Yeah, that that's actually really that's awesome that Dead End is a first time watch for you because you know on upon rewatches of that movie it, it's it just plays out differently. I think first time watches is like it's just like a totally different type of film. So Agreed. We'll, we'll have different perspectives on it. That's kind of interesting. Unless you watched it three times, like you always do with these no, movies. Unfortunately, but. I've been. Uh, this is. Uh, this is now my eighth out of the last nine days I've podcasted. So yeah, my Damn. time has been really, really. Dude, you're tight. a freaking animal. That's wow. insane, man. I have Crazy. a problem. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh man, this I, is my third time out of seven days. So that's even high for me. Really? Third? What else were you recording this week? Uh, I recorded um, Tremors Four with Duncan oh. over at the podcasts under the stairs. That's right. Yeah. Um, that turned out really good. Uh, one cool thing about that is I complained on this show about how Tremors One didn't get selected um, in the ne- year 1990 uh, for the summer top ten series, um, and he told me on that show that the Tremors franchise episode spawned because of my uh love for the series and how i was the one saying and jerry we're saying not not venom but jerry uh ginger jerry um jerry ringwald (laughs) um that name (laughs) is great by the way i don't know who came up with that that's beautiful um but yeah that you know we were saying like hey the tremors franchise is actually really good and duncan had only he had stopped at like number two or something and he even said on that show, you know, go listen to it, but uh, that he was actually pleasantly surprised at how awesome the series was. And he was very much looking forward to the uh, seventh one that just wrapped filming. So I changed changed a man's life by introducing him to the Tremor sequels. <laughs> cool, man. Cool. Um, yeah, I was actually maybe recording tomorrow like i was actually going to fill in for dubby on um derek's podcast oh shit yeah um i guess what had happened was they were trying to get a hold of him and they couldn't get a hold of him for like ever apparently and you know the the time was coming you know where they need to let him know about the film so he had time to watch them and stuff and i was like and he's like well dude i gotta i gotta cancel the show and i'm like really i'm like that's crazy he's like dude if you need someone to fill in for him um i can do that and he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, I can fill in. And but the, the fucked up thing is that they record on Saturday nights, like eleven o'clock Eastern. So it's like the start time for me is no different, but it's Saturday night. Like that's just yeah. odd. that's just odd. So, anyways, I committed to doing it and stuff. And then like two days later, they finally got a hold of W. Apparently, like after like a week and a half or ten days trying to get a hold of me, they hadn't heard from him. And uh, so he's like, oh, he's back on the show. And he's like, do you still want to do it? And I said, you know what? Since he's back, don't worry about it. Um, because shit had actually come up with me. I've got my nephew staying overnight tomorrow and shit, and I got a bunch of things to do. And I'm like, you know what? It'll just be easier instead of crunching in that. So, but it was very close to actually going on that show. So, but I, I still could have done it, but fuck that, man. I'm just too crunch for time, man. It's that time of year. Too much going on, man. Just crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, dude. I'm glad that this is our last in a stretch. Not that I don't love doing it, but I have to get. Uh, watching 2019s I have fucking Christmas shopping to finish up it's just like just you know hectic so I'm I'm very very happy we're gonna have a little bit of a break but yeah I can't wait for that top 10 show and just to also announce this 
and as long as it, nothing changes, oh, that reminds me, Mr. Venom will be joining us for the top ten. Now I know what you're thinking. Well, wait a minute. I thought Carly and Dave were on that show. They are. This is going to be a epic, at least five person show. <laughs> it's going to be. Hey, awesome. there might even be there might even be more guests on that show. It might be double the amount of guests than actual hosts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it's gonna be a crazy one, which is which is totally cool with me, man. Because I think at this point, I think everyone like I've already said this for the last few months. I think 2019 is a very interestingly bizarre year because I don't think there's like that many heavy heavy hitters that everyone's gonna have on their list and stuff. I think it's kind of sporadic and all over the place, and I think the list might be a little bit different. So, which is a good thing, you know. We get to talk yeah. talk about more films. It's not like we're doing 1985 or 86 top 10 lists, and you know everyone's list is fucking half the same. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I'm it, really it looking forward cool, to it. Man. Like just for number ones, like I think you know that's that's the one thing that always intrigues me, man. Is what people are, you know, what their favorite film or their best, however they make their list and stuff. So I like it when people have different tastes all over the place, and then you'd be like, yeah, really. But with us, it's always <laughs> complicated because we make lists different you know some people make them best of lists and some people make favorite lists so it's it's weird like that but at the end of the day lists are for dummies right i always say that so but i am really really looking forward to it so gonna be awesome gonna be awesome stuff yeah for sure dude it's it's super exciting uh i think that i always like having guests on the top 10 shows because it feels like a party like sometimes I even drink, and I don't even drink that much anymore. Um, but yeah, oh, it's it's always a, a blast. That actually reminds me about the top ten shows. So usually we have like a like kind of like a category award thing at the end where we just we sometimes I think I think originally we had twenty two categories because it made sense, right? Twenty two shots. So we had twenty two categories, and we just kind of go round tree and name. Them. Are we going to be doing that this year? I didn't we not do it last year? I think we decided to because I, I can't remember. There was a variable there that we just decided not to do it. I don't remember what exactly it was. I kind of like doing that, but David actually asked recently if we we're going because he's heard I the previous that. shows. He's heard the previous shows and he was like, "Well, I kind of want the list of you know categories, so I'm not thinking on the spot because who the fucking think like that on the spot when you've seen like 150 movies, right?" <laughs> so, uh, but I think it would be kind of fun to do. You know, I mean. Oh, yeah. But just to have yeah. it done so we can get the guests, you know, give them the, the list of categories so they can get all prepared and stuff like that, obviously. I mean, there's just yeah, a lot of prep that sure. goes into this. So, But, yeah, I think it would be fun to do, man. What do you guys think? Leave a comment down below or just get back to us if you guys want to hear the if you guys want to hear the uh, the categories of the award portion of the show, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I hate award shows, but I think it's kind of fun <laughs> to just do that and shit. Well, the cool these are thing that we do fun. is we pick a film that wasn't in our top ten. So it shines even more light on films that we didn't get to talk about or didn't make our personal top tens. That's a very good point. That's exactly how we do the, the you know do the categories is that you know whatever the category is, you pick a film that wasn't in your top ten. So then you, exactly it gives you more of a reason to talk about films. I mean, we do have kind of an underrated or over like we do have different sections in the top ten list that we'll end up talking about films, some that didn't make the the list and stuff, but it gives you a broader spectrum of the year and stuff like that. So yeah always fun um yeah definitely uh what the heck else did i want to say something um yeah the we've had such a great string of guests returning guests it's just been really fun and uh i'm i'm 
I think that we're going to have a great a bunch of great shows in in 2019 too. Uh, or t- sorry, 2020. <laughs> um, I know that we have the ranking of the of the years of the decade planned early on. Um, I I'm actually we need to talk about that and how we're going to do it and all that stuff eventually. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that we come to a agreement on the ranking, not our personal ranking. And then also I think that we should each pick, you know, one to three films to recommend from, from each of the year as we talk about the year, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I think that'll be really fun. It'll be very nostalgic to sort of look back at the decade, but I'm actually excited for that. Very little prep show. I haven't really done a whole lot of, you know, prepping or research into, I just, about a week ago or two weeks, whatever it was, I was kind of going through some of the films from 2010, 11 and 12, like just years. I like, I hadn't really like, you know, we hadn't done top 10 for and shit like that. So I was just going back to see what was actually in there. There's there's some decent films and shit like that. So I'm pretty familiar with, you know, 15 to 20 or 19 kind of thing. So, um, but I think it's going to be interesting to go through it. Cause honestly, this decade has been pretty solid, man. If like, if you just look at top 10 lists, like those lists are made up of a lot of great films. It's crazy. So, and mm-hmm. I, I think people are just not willing to admit that the 2000 teens is actually a really, really solid decade for films. I mean, let's face it, let, but let's face awesome. it though, man. I mean, if you look, if you compare, you know, the 2000 teens, even to the 2000s, like since the, since the new millennium started, films have been coming out at a more rapid pace. So, I mean, theoretically, there's a lot more to choose from. So, you know, historically, you're probably going to get more quality films out of there too. You're going to get a lot more misses, but you know, sometimes it depends on how you're looking at it. If you're looking at it, you know, there's a lot of shitty films, but there's also an abundance of great films. It just depends on how you look at it. But if you compare like 2016 to like 1985, it's interesting because, you know, in 1985, say there was like 180 films that came out in 2016, there was 7,000 horror films that came out. So, it's like comparing apples and oranges. I know JP hates that term, but it's true. It's it's completely different, but you're getting an abundance of really, really fucking solid films. And if you want to go that extra route and say, oh, you know, filmmaking is a lot different than it was back then and it, to it is now, of course it is. We have elevated horror. <laughs> you know, I mean, in terms of filmmaking itself, yeah, it's the progression of any type of filmmaking. It, it really is, right? But uh Honestly, man, you know, I was I was even looking through the 2000s and I was like, man, there's some there's a lot of solid films in every year. Some of the some of the years in the 2000s, not the great, especially the early 2000s, not really that great overall. Dude, we need to go back to the 2000s, man. We, yeah. we we've been steady in the 70s and 80s forever mm-hmm. on, the, but, <laughs> you know, you we had, you know, 85, 82 uh, or sorry, 85. 72 86 76 i know it's been like back I mean, and it's, forth it's yeah. been like two years since we've been out of the 70s and 80s <laughs> but but people live in this like retro mind state though man it's like the new york mind state but for like movies and shit it's like you're kind of in your own little world i think in i think by the year 2032 mark my words 2032 people are going to look back on the 2000 and teens and be like motherfucker man that decade was awesome it was like amazing yeah, yeah. and it's going to be the same people that are saying you know this decade wasn't that great i mean people most like just you know more likely maybe live in the moments and shit like that like okay whatever it's not really that great but it's i think it's that whole kind of retro thing it's that mind state of being retro and shit i mean 
I mean, just look at collecting violence. That shit's all back. But I think it has to be, there has to be a, a long time period to pass for people to really kind of respect things nowadays. It's crazy. Um, I, I try to see it for what it is. You know, I look at the year and I'll admit, you know, I'm not one of those people who can be like, man, you know, this modern shit sucks. And, you know, the people that hate everything that comes with their own city and stuff are like, man, my city sucks. And in reality, it fucking doesn't. That whole mindset <laughs> is just so damn fucking negative. And it's, it, it's odd to think like that, too, because, yeah, man, you just you have to if you recognize shit for what it is. And I think it just makes it a lot more enjoyable, too. Right. So you look at a year like 2019. Yeah, I've been saying it's not the greatest year, but I mean, I'm not saying the previous years were bad by any means. And even in those years, I was like, those are fucking great years. So I, I, it, I just I find it quite interesting. Other people can't see it for that either. And they're like, man, like top 10 list. That was a solid ass year, you know, but mm-hmm. but I think in, you know, in 10 years, those same people will be like 2016 was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um. But yeah, uh, rest in peace, man. To Danny he died now. Iolo. From Danny Iolo, yeah. I don't yeah. know him. Is that Don and Ellie's brother? <laughs> <laughs> he man, wishes. <laughs> man, he's like most one of the most iconic roles from Do the Right Thing, man. Like mm. just I never seen that. He's a great he's a great character actor. He's been in tons and tons of movies and shit like that, but um but yeah, that was I don't know if he was sick. I don't even really know what happened. Venom, do you know what happened with him? Like, was he just, was he I, sick? I saw the blurb, but I didn't actually read the article. I was busy at work all day, so I didn't get a chance to. To me, it came as a shock. Like, I didn't know if he was sick or anything or whatever, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's sad, mm-hmm. man. He was a great, he was a great actor and very iconic, man. Very iconic in so many movies. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean he's he, in my favorite movie of all time. So, which is the Godfather. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. In the Godfather. Love yeah. Him. Yeah, yeah, man, and you, you just—he's probably most notable for being in Do the Right. I mean, to me, he is, anyways. Like that's the one role yeah. that I always remember him from when I think about you know Danny. But uh, yeah, it's sad, man. Um, I'm not sure how old he was. Do you, you know how old he was? He must have been getting up there, man. R.I.P. Yeah, yeah. Also, R.I.P. to Juice World. Oh, fuck. just saying. Man, <laughs> I, I don't know what the fuck, dude. Like is going on have, with, with y'all's generation vinyl, man bro i don't know i what... love juice world i listen i don't like a lot of the the new stuff but juice world really spoke to me man that dude was awesome well, no, I, I mean i get i have no like i don't want to disrespect like you know like him personally Anybody like, like rest in peace you know the young famine shit but man what the fuck is going on with y'all generation man y'all are, y'all's are dying <laughs> oh. off like weekly man from drugs this is crazy i know it's it's I, i'm it's not sure very... his they said he had an asthma attack or whatever, but who knows? It could have been. Yeah. See, that's right. It wasn't from asthma. It was from, it was from drugs. Yeah. Okay. So he had one on stage like a couple of weeks or months ago. Yeah. See, Um, I mean, I mean, that's the thing, dude. Like if you're having medical issues, man, you got to lay off the drug. You shouldn't be doing drugs anyways. This is a drug free show, man. Come on. We're preaching about this shit. Don't be doing drugs. Especially nowadays, man. People are, I should say, these this new age rappers are dying weekly. It's fucking sad. Even though I don't like their music and shit, it's not the point, man. It's still a life that is being wasted by this shit. It's crazy to hear this every week. Every fucking yeah, week. I know. What happened even, to the good old days even, when people like, were getting shot? Like, fucking get like, shot. <laughs> I didn't like uh, little, little Peep or um, some of the other ones who died, but still, like, you know, I'm not like, gonna shit on them when they just died i mean it's, no no it's, it's for it, somebody else but it's, it's just either way even if you don't like their music it's sad well it's a generational thing now and it's like you know i mean 
it's just so fucking sad to, to see all these young cats like just being all messed i don't know what it is it's like became like super super cool to be on drugs and shit and that's what I don't like about the even even in the music and shit is preached a lot too, right? And I'm just like, okay, I know it's been preached in all types of music and shit like that, but different generation, I guess. I don't know why everyone's just succumbing to this shit so rampantly. It's just, it's very, it's fucked up. It's really <laughs> fucked up, man. But yeah, I mean, it is what it is, man. Rest in peace, a little homie, man. I mean, a lot of people did like him and respected him and the music and shit like that. For me, it wasn't for me. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, Jerry, I got a question. What's up? Are you a fan of Jeff Goldblum? I am. See, I can't fucking stand him. (laughs) I know this is really random, but people were totally fucking shitting on me after last week's episode because I mentioned in uh, the Invasion of the Body Snatchers remake that there's something about Jeff Goldblum and I, he just has one of those faces I want to punch. Like, I can't, like, I honestly, I can't stand him in, like, anything. Like, it's weird. You know, I can watch the Fly remake. It's okay because it's, you know, there's more to the film than, than Goldblum's nose and shit like that. But, you know, <laughs> the effects do for me and shit. But, like, the majority of films that he's in, I just, I'm like, man, this fucking guy is so awkwardly lanky with a huge nose. I don't know. I, I just <laughs> don't like him at all in he's like an odd thing. i mean he's definitely an odd personality he's an acquired taste um yeah i i was i wasn't really a huge fan of him like in the 80s and 90s but my wife loves him so <laughs> you know I, I was exposed to a bunch of his movies that i had never even heard of um i don't know I, I don't know how familiar you guys are with some of his early work but he did a psychological thriller called mr frost in the 80s that i fucking love it is a great it's not a horror film. It's de- it's solidly a psychological thriller, but he basically plays a guy in a uh, mental, uh, like a psychiatric ward who no one knows anything about him. You know, there, there's no records of him. There's, you know, he's basically just a ghost, basically. But, um, and he only speaks to one nurse in the whole uh, facility. And, you know, it turns into a little bit of a cat and mouse thing. But I, I thought his performance in that movie was brilliant because he wasn't Jeff Goldblum yet. This was before The Fly. This was before all of that. Mm-hmm. I mean... Yeah, so early 80s, I mean, Invasion came on this. I mean, he wasn't Jeff Goldblum at that time either, but I'm just like, you know, just in retrospect, you, you go back and watch him like, man, dude. I will admit he's probably the worst part of Independence Day. <laughs> Independence Day, yeah. See, I mean, that's 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 the thing, man. You know, I know what movie you're talking about. I've never seen it before, though. I, I bet you the reason why I haven't checked it out is because Goldblum's name was on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> The VHS cover was basically just his face, like a close-up on his face. So, yeah, yeah, if you don't like him, it's going to turn you off. But like I said, this was before he was, you know, quote-unquote celebrity Jeff Goldblum. So I I thought his performance was, uh, you know, it it was just really organic. He he Mm -hmm. played... you know the psychological mind games he kind of he, he was kind of a Hannibal, Hannibal Lecter type but like I said no one knew anything about him no one knew if he ever committed any crimes he basically was just a person that should not exist hmm. um, and then the story just goes on from there but yeah I just I mean granted I haven't watched it in about 15 years but I watched it a couple of times in the 90s and I, I just remember really really liking it hmm. yeah what was his breakout role it, it wasn't the fly was it is that where he became like a big star? Because I mean, that was probably shortly after, um, like eighty six. No, didn't he, didn't he do like uh, what do you call it? Like Selmo, Saint Elmo's Fire or something? 
Oh, maybe. Wasn't not. he in that? Yeah, yeah. He was in that movie. I think. So, uh, yeah, I, I think yeah, I, I'm like 80% positive, but yeah. Um, I've never seen it, but no, I, I remember it, it was the kind of movie that my parents liked, so I, I remember them talking about it. I can't remember if he isn't. It's so weird. I, I just remember not really being the biggest fan of the movie. If I'm thinking of the same one as Scott Kevin. No, who's in it? Not Kevin Dillon. I don't fucking remember, man. It's crazy. Having brain farts, man. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Fuck Jeff Goldblum. And everyone that's been fucking totally razzing me about that. That's crazy. I didn't think like, I just said it in passing too. I was just like, yo man, he's got one of those faces. I want to punch. That's it. Like, it's not like I went on for this long about Jeff Goldblum, but I'm going to this time because it was such a big deal. Um, he does have a very punchable face. I'm not going to lie. There's, uh, yeah, I just think the way he even delivers lines is awkward too. There's something about him. It's like, I don't know what it is, man. I, it's like, you know, you guys, I'm sure you guys have actors too where you're like, you can't pinpoint exactly what is off-putting about that person. And I think it's a combination of his really big, elongated head with his huge nose and he's very gangly and he just, he projects mm-hmm. his, his dialogue very awkwardly to me and he just, he's supposed, like when he's being serious, he's kind of coming off as a, trying to be comedic. He's like that dude that's trying too hard, you know? Like, dude, just take it back a step here, man, and just be natural. But maybe he's a lot more natural in the other films, so I don't know. But yeah, I'm sorry, it wasn't Saint Elmo's Fire. It's the Big Chill. The Big Chill. That's the movie. Okay. Who's in Saint Elmo's Fire? Is is Kevin Dillon? Like, who the fuck is in that? It's one of those dudes. Someone not sure. I don't know. Derek's probably Derek listening to this right now, screaming (laughs) at it, going, "He's naming off everybody in the movie." Yeah. Demi Moore, Rob Lowe, Andrew McCarthy, Emilio Estevez, Emil- Jeff Nelson, Ali Sheedy. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's Andy right. McDowell. Yeah, this is an all-star cast. Yeah, that's right. I don't know where I was getting fucking Kevin Dillon from. I'm thinking of the blob plumage again. You know, <laughs> I start thinking about, oh, that plumage is so beautiful. But, <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> yeah. Um, did you happen to order from Vinegar Syndrome, their Black Friday sale? Not this year. I did last year, but yeah, this year, um, cause I had to, I was kind of forced to take a little bit of a vacation. Well, a lot of a vacation. I had an eight week vacation right at the end of the summer. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I, I kind of tried to hold on to my money in preparation for Christmas and everything else. So I, I kind of, in fact, I don't think, I think the only thing I did on black Friday was just, um, Best Buy Blu-rays, like 4k Blu-rays. That was about it. Yeah. Yeah. They must've got hounded and swamped this year man because i mean a lot of people are obviously complaining about you know the the lack of shipping i should say i mean it's been Mm -hmm. two weeks i still haven't got my shipping notice and it's been obviously two weeks to the day that we're recording this um since the sale went down um they definitely shipped mine faster last year which is crazy um i know my order was like really big and stuff but yeah i mean they, you know, the thing that actually bugged me about this whole situation, I mean, this is expected that, you know, sh- because they, they even said they're going to shut down their website for like three weeks until all they, they get all their, their shit, you know, shipped out and stuff, which I'm like, damn, three weeks is crazy amount of time to, to do a lot of shipping. So they were expecting mm-hmm. to get hounded this year, which kind of made sense because they had a lot of great stuff to, to offer and stuff like that. But, you know, they originally said, so the sale ended Monday night or whatever. And then they said they were going to start shipping on Wednesday. Now, the thing that really fucking pissed me off is, um, our buddy Turi 
Now he's one of those dudes, man, that totally like he sucks vinegar syndromes. Like, like I think like even in person, like this is like a real thing kind of thing, but he's all, but my point is he's always in contact with him and shit. Like he's always talking about how he's talking to the guys from VS all the time, you know, about shipping and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, I digress. My point is, I think it was Wednesday when they said they were going to ship things out. He already had his package on his doorstep. He was the very first person that I saw wow. show off their Black Friday package and stuff. And I'm like, of course it's fucking turd. Are you sure he didn't pay for fat, super fast shipping? No, it's because he had it in there and he probably fucking emailed them like on a personal email or whatever. And said, hey guys, my order's in. And they, they, they fucking processed it first because it's turry. I'm well, like, if you had, look, just put yourself in this perspective. That annoyed me. That's why if I've, I've been had, so bitter about this. Fuck. If you had somebody who spent a percentage of a small sauce company is worth of money <laughs> at your store every day. That's true. You might want to work on keeping that guy around. Well, the irony is about that is that I did the same thing, even though I don't work for the sauce company. Like I spent a shitload of money. Like I was, I was one of the guys that pre-ordered on the black, on the black Friday uh, pre-order thing. Um, you know, like a month before and stuff. And then when the sale happened, I went out of my way and I picked up all the titles I didn't grab from the last few months. So, Lo and behold, I got 22 things coming. You guys do the math. It's a lot of motherfucking money, especially when you're Canadian. You got a, you know, conversion and shit. So, yeah, it worked mm-hmm. out to a shitload. Anyways, my point is, I understand maybe my order is too big that it's taking them some time to process it too. And they're trying to figure out a way to maybe ship it in, in um, you know, uh, different packages so I don't get nailed with customs. Because I know Vinegar Syndrome is very conscious of that. They try not for you to get hit with the customs fees and shit like that. So, I don't fucking know, man. I'm just, I'm hoping I get one soon because this is crazy. Right? Like, because the shipping is like, it's Christmas time. It's going to be super slow already. So they ship it. And if they don't priority, it's going to take like, I'm not going to get this shit till like end of January. It's crazy. So mm. I just want the goddamn package. I just want the fucking <laughs> movies. I'm just, I'm just so anxious because it's such a bunch a, of other stuff to watch. I do, but it, it's honestly, dude, I can't wait to get that Amityville box set. I'm just so excited to open it up because it's not even about the, I think it's more about the packaging at this moment. <laughs> really for me. So, but I mean, honestly, dude. Like it's just a big order. I'm excited to get. Actually, I'm I'm not even looking forward to doing my next update. It's gonna be stupid. I already have like so many fo- films from my la- you know since my last update, and I just did one. So this is fucking insane. But I digress again. I digress. It's gonna be a good Christmas, man. It's gonna be a good Christmas. Hopefully, nice. Maybe, maybe. So, <laughs> but yeah, I didn't do any ordering. Um, I picked up. Godzilla, the new one, King of Monsters. Was that what it was called? King I, of Monsters? Honestly, King that's the Mon- only movie I picked up in stores on the Black Friday, and I got it for like 12 on Blu-rays, but that's good for... Mm-hmm. I got it for $9.99 on yeah. 4 gay. And, <laughs> wow, that's uh, really cheap. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, and I, I got Wizard of Oz on 4 gay for 12 <laughs> I like how the 4 yeah. gay thing, is just it just says, it's just normally said like that now. Like, yeah, you know, well, you know what? <laughs> for the longest time, we're going to offend so many people with that. used as in negative context. Yeah. But now we're using it in positive context. Oh, see, now that's a good way of looking at it, man. Because, you, know, you know, some of those people, some of those, oh, I don't want to say anything, but some of them people, now I'm Don Cherry, I'm getting fired because I said <laughs> them people, didn't I? Jesus, I'm fired. But, <laughs> um, but, you, but you know who I'm talking, the people that get offended by that shit and they're like, you know, they're still going to come after us. But a lot of people are like, yeah, man, he's making a good point. That's actually making some light about it. You know, it's good. Yeah. It's good. See, yeah. it's, it's, it's in a positive context. It is a positive context. Yeah. It is awesome. 
But uh, yeah, I didn't. Um, I didn't actually do a lot. I mean, I, I went crazy with the vinegar syndrome sale, but I stayed away from Severn because we all know their shipping to Canada is ridiculous. Even though this year was a little bit different, <laughs> I think it was last year. No, it was the year before. I had put ten movies into my cart, and they wanted ninety-two or ninety-three dollars shipping. I was like, "What? Like, I'm actually paying more at that point <laughs> for the movies and the sale prices." It was fifty percent off, so I'm like, "Fuck this!" But so I just decided for shits and giggles to put a bunch of movies in my cart this year just to see how much shipping was going to be. And it turned it was thirty-three dollars for six movies. I'm like, "That's for like, what?" Um, Severin for Severin. I'm like thirty-three dollars for six Blu-rays. That was it. Six Blu-rays. That's all I put in there. That's all I wanted. And I'm like, uh, no, because that's just, I'm losing all the, you know, the sale here and shit. So what the fuck, man? So screw that shit. But I got to say, man, you know, a lot of people were complaining about Arrow video and they're like, man, their shipping went up, their shipping went up. And I'm like, yeah, their shipping did go up, but they are also prioritizing it out now. So, okay, get this. I ordered Vinegar Syndrome the night of the 29th or whatever the sale started. I made a, um, an Arrow uh, order the same day. Uh, I already got that order. I actually ordered their sale. I think it might be even be ending today. I don't know. But anyways, I made a second order and I've already got that order also. And I made a third order and it's in it. I made the order yesterday and it shipped today. So I hundred bucks. I'm going to get my third order from arrow from this sale before my package from vinegar syndrome even ships. <laughs> wow. Isn't that fucked? Like, it's crazy. I just kept going back to the sale. I'm like, well, I want these two. Fuck. Just kind of overdoing it. But, but uh, the point is sad news. I'm very happy with that. Um, this is not cool. Um, the homie horrible reviews Mm -hmm. got his channel shut down. Yeah, man. My boy, Jerome, man, my boy from the Netherlands, man, we share a lot of common interests. He's very much into underground hip hop. He actually produces beats himself too and shit. And, uh, but I've always said that I've been saying this shit for years, man. That dude makes the best videos on, on YouTube because he doesn't like over, overdo it with the editing. He does it perfectly. He does it funny. He does it great. Um, but then I found out through talking with him personally that he actually does editing for a living. And I was like, well, that makes perfect fucking sense. Cause this shit is like really well edited and stuff. But, but the content was phenomenal, phenomenal. And he got shut down due to these new policies from YouTube because apparently he had boobies in his videos and prior videos. Bro, I've watched a lot of his videos and I, I'm honestly shocked that he hadn't been shut down a long time ago. He puts a lot of. I mean, he does not filter his content. Like, I, I'm, I don't know how the heck. Like, I've seen plenty of nudity in, in his well, videos. Well, it's funny because he would – I think sometimes when he's doing the editing, he either forgets to put the censors over. Because I have seen videos before where he's showing a clip of, you know, some movie. Because he does he, – that's another thing. He uses clips, like, constantly because he does great voiceovers and he does great commentary and stuff. And But there is a lot of videos, if you watch him, where he's actually putting, the you know, the stars, the little censor stars over the nipples and covering up a muff or maybe a penis mushroom head or something like that. And – you know, and it just things like, but he, he does be conscious about it, but I know he's been hit with these things. And, but I think what fucked him in the end is that apparently he didn't put, uh, you know, that his channel, he didn't divert his channel to the option of his videos aren't for kids. And I think that was one of the stipulations. Like I had to do that for oh, my you channel. you manually do that? Yeah. So that. like it kept warning you, like when you're uploading your videos and I think it happened during October, during the 31 days of horror. So it had an option right at the time. Every time you went to go upload a video, it'd say, Hey, have you, you know, change your, vi- or your videos for kids or adults? And I was like, well, and then you go into this thing. I went to the, you know, into the options and I put that my videos are not for kids. Like I'm not age restricting them, but they're not for kids. And that's all you had to put. 
You didn't have to put that they were four kids. You didn't have to age restrict. You can. That's a personal choice. If you want 18-year-old or watching your videos, that's fine. It is what it is. But my videos aren't that bad. I say fuck here and there. I don't show nudity and stuff. But but I think that was the deciding factor that got him shut down because apparently he did say that he didn't click that option. And I think with his, uh, you know, his strikes, not like not like channel channel strikes, but just having those type of things that have been warned to him because they don't really give channel strikes. It's actually hard to get strikes on your channel now. More, you know, people always talk about it in their videos about yeah, you know, because I'm get a they, strike and they stuff. set up a system <clears throat> to where now when copyright is claimed, yeah. the company that owns it just puts ads on it and they get the revenue. Yeah, exactly, it. exactly. So I don't really worry about what I put in my videos because the majority of my videos don't get monetized anyways because of well, I've been told by YouTube your thumbnails are too gory and your you know you have gore in your intros and things like that. I've never been ever it's never been said one time about language. I've never had a video demonetized because of language. It's because of visuals. It's it's the gore and, and even having the word horror in your title actually diverts it. Um, yeah. it's kind of yeah, weird. It's I've kind of funny because all my, all my like music related videos are all monetized and pretty much every, well, every single review in my 31 days of horror, hence the title not monetized. So, I mean, it is what it is. I'm not really trying to make money on YouTube. I just find it interesting. That's the way it works. So, um, but yeah, dude, that, that, that's really shitty, man. Like one of the best YouTubers out there just totally got fucked over. Sad, man. That's really, really sad. But hopefully he, you know, he wins his appeal or gets back on or something. But yeah, that's tough, man. It, it's definitely worrying people now. <laughs> it's definitely yeah. worrying people. I'm like, I don't know, man. I actually, the last podcast surprise, I got hit with three copyrights. Wow. Three different copyrights. And one of them, I couldn't even fucking, I, I didn't even understand what the copyright was. It was bagpipes. So somebody claimed this bagpipe from this clip or whatever. And I was like, holy shit, it was like three seconds long. I'm like, that's <laughs> insane. So that got hit and another one. I was like, what the fuck? And, and the funny thing is I even used like an easy clip. Didn't get fucking copy or didn't uh, get a strike. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I was like, that's fucking crazy, man. It's like a song that's totally got copyright on it and didn't get copyright. But then again, it hasn't been hit yet. It still might come. <clears throat> <laughs> but it's the way it goes, man. It's the way it goes. So... Yeah, horrible reviews, man. If you're listening, which I doubt you're not, because you're too busy writing emails to YouTube right now, <laughs> keep your head up, man, because we want you back. And, you know, I, I don't think it's going to keep... I think maybe he might just start up another channel. It, it does suck, though, because I remember when I first subscribed to this guy, he had under 2,000 view, or 2,000 subs, and then, like, a year later, he had, like, 120,000. I was like, what the Those, fuck? Those uh, disturbing, most disturbing movies... Um videos that he did like yeah. those things just exploded like mm. i still see people post them in other groups yeah, like man. not not who aren't like subscribed to them or just they're like viral you know that was that was a cool series because he used to take recommendations from from uh, the watchers and stuff like that and be like oh this yeah. really disturbing and then he would go and do them then he would dissect he's like is this disturbing yeah it's kind of you know it was fun the, man good the thing i always liked about how he does his videos is they're sh short little reviews like you know four or five of them in each video mm -hmm. and then he like the way he edits it it's like almost like um you know he's putting on a show like like he's it's shown him sit on the couch and hit play you know what I mean? And then it's like, you know, the little timer comes up and it's like, you know, hour 23 minutes later. And it always and has like, one of his beats movie. in it too. And, it, <laughs> and it's one of his beats that he made in the, in the middle too. Yeah. It's uh, it very, <laughs> and just very likable, uh, fun person to watch. Like, honestly, like the stuff he's saying, he's not like saying high 
level intellectual like film theory or anything yeah just like this movie it was you know good but you know yeah but it's so it's a way to keep it short likeable. though too it's a way to keep it short though too right just well, yeah get i'm to not the saying point. that you yeah. can't do that i'm saying that style of video that he does is oh, very digestible i i prefer that man a lot it's really really well done if you ever watch like he'll have four or five reviews in his videos and you know after every review you'll see more empty beer cans on the table i love that exactly stuff like that it's yeah I, I like that it makes me feel like he's <laughs> He's actually recording these before and after he watches the movie, but he's probably mm-hmm. not because he's in the same clothes and stuff. But oh, exactly. It's yeah. it, it's it just it's a show. It's it's a yeah. lot funner, um, and it's simple too. It's not like he's doing some crazy elaborate setup every time. It's just like him sitting on the couch. It, it just adds so much to the video for something so simple. Absolutely, I dig Absolutely. it. Absolutely, yeah, man. So Jerome, if you're listening, man, dude, hope you come back. Got to make some more videos. So, and if he does put out a new channel, you know, if he can't get this one back, we'll definitely shout that out. I think one of the greatest things he ever did actually is when he first started his channel. He used to speak in Dutch, and then he just realized he's like, "I'm not going anywhere with this. I need to speak English yeah, to, to you know, to, huge Dutch horror. You know, you need to appeal it. to yeah, to appeal to the rest of the world because the majority of people in the world obviously speak English now. It seems like everybody does. So, he did that, and then his channel just exploded, man. Just exploded. Mm-hmm. So, um. But yeah, so I guess that's the intro. You want to move on to some news or what? We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Um, what do we got? Uh, let's start with this. So, Netflix, good old Netflix, uh, is the new Dracula event series, um, which will, is that BBC one that, uh, it was like three episodes, uh, based on the Bram Stoker novel is coming to netflix on january 1st so new year's day uh three 90 minute episodes of a new adaptation of dracula perfect hangover viewing pleasure I yeah guess. yeah that might not be a bad idea um yeah so that that's happening um after that uh, Mortal Kombat, the James Wan produced Mortal Kombat redo they're doing here. Um, Why? <laughs> they got to make up for that last one, for God's sakes. I actually what, have one from seen... like 1994 or how, something. How many Mortal Kombat movies is there? Is there just two? Two. There's yeah. two, and then there's there was a web series where they did like eight or nine episodes, but, but then if you buy the Blu-ray, they put them all together to make it like a single feature. So. Huh. Uh, but that was um ah uh, shit I forgot the name of it, um oh Mortal Kombat Legacy I believe was the name of it uh, and that was way better than either of the Mortal Kombat movies yeah for whatever I, it's worth I'd never heard of the the web series but yeah I didn't I'd never seen the second Mortal Kombat movie but I, I couldn't stand the first one Ugh. uh the second Mortal Kombat movie is the last movie that I walked out on <laughs> really well, that's I like fun, that that's a fun I like fact them both that's a I don't fun. think they're that bad. I like the first one. I like the first one a lot. I am a I'm a huge Mortal Kombat fan. Um, I was actually the yeah. uh, 
1994 Mortal Kombat 3 Northeast Champion back in, uh, yeah, back in 94. Well, what uh, uh, what, it, it was like uh, it, it, it was before the days of like you know big uh, big money gaming. So I, I only got like five grand, and then That's I got a pretty fr- big honestly. I was thinking like five hundred. Oh no, yeah, I got like five grand, and then I got a free trip to Philly for the for the regionals where I lost. But yeah, that was God, pretty fun. Damn, what, has to- you, what was your like? How did the rules work? Did you get to pick your player, or was no, it like it, it was random? You had you had to pick random. Oh. So yeah, so you had to so be good, to be with, good everybody. with everybody. Well, that that's yep. good. That's good that it was random. Who, but dude, who would you man. hope for and hope not to get? Um, I was always one of the uh, Scorpion Sub-Zero. I love the ninjas. They, they've they always been my favorite. Yeah. And then as far as who I hoped I wouldn't get, it would always be the bosses. Because the bosses were powerful, but they were slow as shit. Slow. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I got to say, that's like the dorkiest thing I've ever heard come out of your mouth, Phantom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not know that you were like a video hey, game. Hey, you would like you would not believe how much pussy I got for that though. <laughs> that is fucking mind blowing. Seriously? <laughs> yeah, dude. dude Mortal man. Kombat's pretty cool. It's not like fucking Dungeons and Dragons, bro. <laughs> I mean, personality has to play in that because Jeremy plays a lot of video games and he's still a virgin, so <laughs> yeah. But Jeremy's not the best at anything. Well, maybe not, but really five grand in a trip he to Philly. He man. didn't win uh, Northeast Regional. Okay. Yeah. Five grand in a trip to Philly. What was the first thing you did when, when you got to Philly? Did you go and grab some greasy uh, cheesesteaks or what? No, not at all. Uh, believe it or not, the uh, first thing I did was to witness a car accident where there was a fatality. Damn. I actually I saw the motorcycle. Did you say uh, flawless victory? Oh, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's about the funniest thing to said ever there was a fatality. <laughs> <laughs> he actually used the word fatality too, right? I did, did not. Jesus, that's I, that amazing. Was you set yourself up like a mofo there, man. That was awesome. I absolutely did. But yeah, it was the first time I ever saw another human being die. So it was uh, it, it was kind of a weird trip, to say the least. Wow. that's Well, maybe, just blame it oh. on that. Maybe that's you were kind of sidetracked mentally after that. Possibly, and, yeah. yeah. I can see so, that. So, what was the grand prize? If you had a one there, how much money were you looking at here? Uh, I think I think it was ten grand, and then a trip to the nationals, which and, was in um, where the hell was it that year? Uh, I want to say Nashville, but I'm only like ninety percent sure. Okay, so now, like, it was how did these things work? The arcade, right? How, like honestly, that, how did the place? It was like, on the it was on the arcade machine. Yes, right? it was. Oh, like, always on the arcade machine. No, oh, yeah, no okay. console. Okay, so what do they? How do they pick these destinations? Is that random too? They just like throw every location and just hit random. I don't know. Possibly, like, I could see that. See, I don't. Know. I mean, I don't know much about big like cities at the very least. Yeah, about the geography of video gaming. Like, if there's like hot spots and like you know, Nashville is mostly known for like music and shit like that, right? Yeah. Philly and their cheesesteaks. Like, is there certain places in the states that are actually known for like video gaming it up and shit? <laughs> Like, I just can't, I can't see, like, some major, you know, finals happening in fucking Nashville. Like, I picture this shit, man. You guys playing these arcade games with, like, country music, live bands in the background. It's just weird. <laughs> Actually, Nashville has a great metal scene. At least they did in the 90s. Yeah. I never went out there, but I knew people. Because uh, I went to college in 94 in Pittsburgh, and I met a few people from Nashville. And, yeah, they told me they would play me, like, local metal bands from out there. And it was some pretty awesome shit. Yeah, I think it's more of a stereotype now, really. I mean, Nashville was always the thing. If you were into country music and if you wanted to make it in country music, you kind of had to go to Nashville. If you got recognized there, that was 
it was what it was, right? You know, yep. it was kind of a it was kind mm. of a tell, kind of a make and stuff like that. But I mean, really, Nashville's kind of excelled in all genres. I think too. I've heard the same thing about metal, and believe it or not, man, there's even there's a lot of underground hip hop that comes out of Nashville too. It's kind of funny. Actually, my boy Haystack. I believe it. Believe it or not, this guy's name is Haystack. <laughs> he's a fucking white. He's awesome though. He's fucking dope, man. It's pretty funny. Ah, but yeah. So, where the fuck were we? <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Oh yeah, Mortal Kombat. That is right. That is that is very interesting. But I did so not it, know like, that about you. Was it like best out of three or something, or is just like one match? Uh, no, best out of five. Best out of five. Best out of yeah. five. Really? Hmm. Yeah. So it's like the early no NHL flips. days. It was like the early NHL days before they went to best of sevens. Kinda, yeah. Yeah, NBA too. Early NBA. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't like so, the best of five format, man. I think seven is a good number. You yeah, know, like you know, like in the nationals, like you know when they used to have like the best of nines and shit. I'm like, man, that's like too many games for hockey, dude. That's crazy. Best yeah, of that's nines, nuts. fucking nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Sports talk again. Uh oh. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Mortal Kombat coming out. Uh, early January fifteenth, twenty twenty one. So about a year from now and, and you said james Wan was just producing that movie or he's actually involved otherwise producing just producing so yeah really. it has like a whole cast though like everybody's cast scorpion Liu kang shang sung sub-zero sonya kano Jax, raiden so are they gonna go this route with you know like actor wise like hiring more known people to play these actors like i mean if you look at the new marvel universe and stuff a lot of big names are playing a lot of these characters and shit right mm-hmm. are they gonna are they gonna go that route because back in the day it seems like if you watch the early dc fucking marvel shit like it wasn't those big names it was kind of but then again it was also that time where big name actors were like i'm not fucking doing that shit but that's where all the money is nowadays shit mm-hmm. ching, ching i don't for know who actors. these people are yeah okay uh, anyway, so yeah, that is happening. I mean, do do you remember that short that came out a few years ago where it was like a really like realistic look at Mortal Kombat? I thought that was pretty cool, but it never really materialized. Hmm. I don't think so. No, I actually don't know. Yeah. Um. All right. After that, uh, her smell director is tackling Stephen King's The Dark Half for MGM. Um, so it looks like they're redoing, readapting the dark half. Uh, the previous version was done in 1993 by the man, the myth, the legend, the icon, Mr. George A. Romero. I guess we can probably settle on the fact this can't be a reboot, right? We don't have to go into this conversation for 45 minutes again. <laughs> this is most definitely a readaptation. Nice. Yeah, readaptation. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting because you know, to be honest, man, Romero is you know obviously one of my favorite directors. I was never the biggest fan of the Dark Half, and in fact, like the movie was really disappointing. To be honest, like the book is so much better. To yeah, read that story, that... yeah, to read that story is so much better than to see vis- like visually. I don't know what it was. I don't know if he just. I'd have to go back and watch. It's been a little bit, but it was never one of my favorite Stephen King adaptations, and it's very disappointing coming from. I've actually Romero. never seen that. Oh, really? I, I saw it. I enjoyed it. I mean, Christopher Walken made it for me. Yeah. Um, but I was upset that they skipped the very first scene from the book, the surgery scene. I, I, I thought that was, like, integral to the story, but they skipped it completely. So Very, very good point. And I, I would put money on that, that that was probably a budget thing. 
Yeah. <laughs> Knowing because Romero always had shit budgets for all of his movies. Right? That's so, true. yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yep, that that's happening. Uh, after that, um, David Arquette uh, says that he would love to return to the Scream franchise, but hasn't gotten any calls yet. Of course, this is coming after Spyglass Entertainment um, announced that they are going to be doing a new Scream film. Um, my friend Austin uh, Schroyer and Carly uh, went to a convention last weekend um, in Pittsburgh or Monroeville, and they it was uh, I believe a Still City Con, and uh, they had a panel with Nev Campbell and David Arquette, um, and they talked about it there too. Um, basically it sounded like Nev was interested depending on like the script and things like that, but she hadn't been contacted yet, but she also said it would be very hard to do without Wes. Uh, from what Carly said, um, she gave like mad props to Wes Craven, told him, you know, talked about how like great of a director he was and how genuine Did he was. Did she say and- why she was thinking that way? Why would it be? hard not to do with Wes it would be hard to do it without Wes oh and like like her personally or is she talking about the actual movie like to actually get like a good it script? would be hard for her to do it without oh okay Wes. yeah that's what I meant okay that makes more sense because yeah I can see she has this you know connection with someone that she worked with four times on the same type of story yeah it makes sense yeah um and I believe Arquette even said that like um Wes was like the most humblest dude in Hollywood like I believe he told a story of like how Wes still had his like something to do with um, his like taxi that he had like his taxi license or something. They're like, wh- he asked him like, why you still keep that? And he's like, oh, you never know. I might need to do that again one day or something. <laughs> Just like very humble down to earth, dude. But um, yeah, so that I, I mean, it, it's that, like that's good to hear that at least they're David Arquette and you know Nev Campbell are interested in the scream thing. It would be very dumb, from my opinion, for Spyglass not to contact them for at least, even if they weren't going to be, if they were going to go in a new direction with like new younger people, at least have them in to either kill them off or end their, you know, part of the story in in some way, like sort of pass the torch, if you will. Um, So I hope they would do that, but you never know. Man, the scary movie films kind of ruined the fucking David Arquette character for me, man. With me and Carly Dunphy. always talk about that. Fuck. Like, I'll actually forget. It's so I'll be funny. Like waiting for a scene. And, like, I know what you did last summer. I'm like, wait a minute. That's that's fucking scary movie that I'm thinking of. <laughs> 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 Officer Doofy. <laughs> so funny, man. I'm vacuuming um, my room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, it's horrible. It's so fucking funny. Oh, man, the first two scary movies, man, the Waynes Brothers wrote those, are the funniest shit. There's only, like, fucking six of those now. God. Oh, God, really? I think. I th- I know there's five for sure. There might be, what, I don't know. scary movies? Yeah. I think there's five. Jeremy wanted us to do those. I, I know. I was like, there's no fucking way. I actually bought, like, three out of the five in case we did. did. <laughs> I remember I bought a box. I think after the third one came out, they put out a they put out a box set with the first three. So I still have those. Not like I upgraded or anything, but I got the first three anyways. I only seen the first three. Never seen the latest ones. 
Um, I've only seen the first three as well. I saw four. That was the one with Leslie Nielsen, right? Dude, the when they... S- oh, uh, maybe yeah. I did see part oh, four. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't see that one. I did but see part I four. Even the quality dip in part uh, three with, like, once once they were parodying Eight Mile and shit, I was just like, this is... Yeah. Weird. Yeah, because it, it became parodies of just like popular films and shit, right? It wasn't just like yeah. doing horror yep. films and putting the tropes in. Yeah, so exactly. No, the first two, man, they they hit good. Well, I don't know what they're like now. It's been a while, but when I when I seen them when I was younger, man, they those things were funny. Well, yeah, I think man. the Wayne's brothers really the fucking glory hole uh, scene, man. This. Oh my god, the fucking dick <laughs> through the fucking ear and the head. Oh my god, that shit's so funny. I like so the Wayne's part brothers. too where um, Ray, what was his name Ray? What, whoever he is, the the one Wayne's brother, he like gets attacked by the clown, but then he like rapes the clown, and the clown's all scared. Yeah, from Poltergeist, <laughs> dude, that shit is fucking funny. <laughs> He's like, "Hey, what are you doing?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. Yeah. But- uh, um, anyway, uh, what else do we got here? The third season of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is coming to Netflix in January. I will say, uh, I am horrible at watching TV. Like, absolutely atrocious at it. I start things and stop, like, three episodes in. Mm-hmm. Um, but when the first season came out, I thought it was great. And I never went back to it. But I hear that it's good. I'm not going to say, man, that, or I'm not going to lie, that title is horrible. The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. It, it sounds, doesn't fit the because the sounds, show is actually at least the first couple episodes were very dark. So yeah, it just sounds you're going to be watching like a really like a like a animated series aimed at seven year old girls. I don't know. It's weird. It just doesn't <laughs> sound good to me at all. But sounds like a Disney show to me. It does. Mm-hmm. Live action Disney shit. I don't know. But then again, do you ever watch like the TV show Sabrina? No. The Teenage Witch. No, sir. You never checked that shit out on like at one point yeah. wasn't on TGIF. It was on. Well, th- this version of Sabrina has like you know it's fucking dark, it's, like it, the devils in it, shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was kind of like the t- that TV series was to do with witches and stuff, but they just obviously couldn't do it because it was for TGIF. But yeah, yeah, that Lame. was more like light-hearted, like sitcom. Yeah, this is more like actual you know narrative TV show with oh for sure. Yeah. bad shit um did you watch any of it jerry <clears throat> i did not no i know watson is high on it too I, yeah, I he loves like it. yeah i thought it was great probably thought the same thing he's like that title fuck that i'm watching that shit. <laughs> uh so after that we have um netflix is doing a new documentary uh called america's most haunted places um what are they Oh, it's actually going to be a Joe Bolling- Ber- Berlinger documentary. That's good. Uh, of course, Joe Berlinger is the same man who did extremely long title, shockingly long title, um, the Ted Bundy thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nope. That was funny. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and he also, of course, um, directed Paradise Lost. Um, yes. One, two, and three. Oh, as awesome. well as the very underrated Book of Shadows Blair Witch 2. 
<laughs> um, yeah, but Paradise Lost, um, he did those as well. So he's going to be doing this new. Um, oh wow, he's making a, a, a Clive Barker documentary too. This guy is on it with the documentaries. Um, but yeah, so that should be coming at some point. It's the 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 article on bloody disgusting is showing the amityville house but it, it's the one from like the newest amityville house um like movie so it's n- not uh from the you know press release this is just they added that to to go with it so i don't know I, maybe it'll be about have amityville in there too i don't know uh so yeah after that um to risque for general audiences the unrated director's cut of a24's in fabric is now streaming on digital you can rent it on amazon um has i know you've seen the uh regular cut i think modes i did i didn't care for it i don't think uh an nc17 version is really going to spice that one up a whole lot for me to be like i need i need to put that on a top 10 jerry not happening i have not I have not seen it, but Mark Nato from the horror cast gave it a fairly favorable review. So I'll probably check out the director's cut. I think I'm huh. going to take moods and Dave's word on it. Cause I don't know Mark Nato's taste, but I, <laughs> I feel like if both Dave and moods aren't that high on it, I'll probably skip it because I have <clears throat> other shit. to watch. Well, right. you know, the thing is though, man, like I really liked the idea behind the movie and shit, but it's just the pacing is just grueling to get through, man. And it's just, it's way too fucking long. Like I, I think it's like two hours long mm. and, uh, it just doesn't work, man. It really, it takes so long to develop what's going on with this, with this, the story. I'm not, I won't give it away and stuff, but I don't know, man. It, I think there's potentially like a really good film there, but, uh, not there. Definitely not there. Like two fucking hours, man, for this shit. Like, if you guys were to watch it, you'd know exactly what I'm talking about. It just doesn't make sense. You don't need that much development at all. So, <clears throat> kind of a shame. Kind of a shame because I really did like what was going on. But yeah. gotcha. Um, so uh, the final bit of news, uh, short news week. <laughs> um, Shutter announced their January titles. So. Um, let's see here. What do we have? I like when these come out, these press releases, because it lets me know what I need to see. Uh, new original series, uh, The Deadlands, which uh, is a Shutter original, um, which I'm not a huge fan. I would rather them do movies. I, I don't really love the series because I, I just don't get into them really. Um, but yeah, a supernatural adventure set in the mythic Maroi? Maroi? I don't know what it is. Um, Spit it out. Passed with the aesthetic t- t- that t- today, Junior <laughs> versus Evil Dead. <laughs> the Deadlands features a murderer. What's M A with a line above the A? O R I. Maori. Maori. Yeah, I was Maori. trying to picture it. Maori. Yeah. Yep. Ma- all right, Maori warrior. The natives from New Zealand. Wakanuku, New Zealand. Yep. Brew who's uh, sent back to the world of the living to redeem his sins, but the world of Waka returns to his 
<laughs> two is ravaged by a breach between life and afterlife as the spirits of the newly dead now stalk the land and hunt the living. It, it honestly doesn't sound interesting at all to me, but that's just well, anything involving the Maori. I, I will definitely watch. I, I actually, I actually listened to a Maori metal band from New Zealand. That's oh, actually pretty decent. I think the Maoris are like one of the most interesting cultures too. I actually dated a girl that was half Maori. Her mom was nice. from her mom was from New Zealand back in would have been late nineties, early two thousands, and um, she had a white dad, but she looked exactly like her mom dark and shit but she would they'd always tell me about like you know the culture and shit i'm just like man y'all are like some fucking fun ass people like all they talk about is just like having fun and shit and and she's like you know what it's actually kind of ironic too at the time i was really really skinny and her mom says to me one time she's like she's like you know in maori culture like skinny people are you know they're they're the fat people of north america I was like, what? <laughs> wow. like, yeah, like bigger people are embraced over there. And I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> it was fucking nuts. So I thought, I always thought that was interesting, but I love Maori I get- culture though, man. It's fucking cool, man. It's a great culture. They're that's like, funny honestly, you- always having How- fun, man. They're always having fun. Yeah. That's so weird that you're talking about them having fun because everything I've read is that they're a war loving people. Mm-hmm. They, they constantly not constantly might be a stretch but i mean they have a lot of history of going to war with uh you know um different tribes and whatnot yeah and i mean you know that that it's absolutely true they actually do have that history but i think the reason why they have lots of fun outside of like the the war aspect of their history and shit is or the reason why they're having lots because it's to separate that too right I think they try to make light of what they are. And so, I don't know. But her mom, like, they were just the funnest people ever, man. They're just constantly always trying to have fun and stuff. And it's I, they, just the culture differences was, like, so intriguing to me. It's just interesting. But oh, yeah. and they're, that's probably that's just like the Germans coming up with Oktoberfest so that we would forget about the whole 30s and 40s thing. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> that is actually pretty fucking funny. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Maybe that's why, like New Zealand, you know, in general, like the Maori, you know, they're the the way their comedy is, and and just people from New Zealand. Maybe that's why their comedy is a certain way. I don't know because of all the history there and stuff. I don't know, but I just I find comedic elements of New Zealand to be just so funny to me, man. Everything, every time I see a movie that's coming from New Zealand, I'm like, I gotta check that shit out, man. Like, Housebound is like one of my favorite films of the last few years. I love that movie. I love that type of comedy, man. It's great. I mean, I can go on and on. Which one? Housebound. Oh, Housebound, absolutely. I'm a big fan of uh, Wormwood, Road of the Dead. I absolutely love that movie. Yeah. That was one of my favorite movies of 2015, or 16, whatever year it was. Loved and it. You probably enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, New Zealand had a nice stretch, man, from from like 2014 to Deathgasm. like 2018. They were putting out some good stuff. And that's what I'm talking about. Deathgasm. Deathgasm has that type of comedy in it, too. And it's like what we do in the shadows and things like that. And just like that, just that smart kind of awkward, smart-ass comedy mm-hmm. and shit. But it's the way it's edited. It's the way it's delivered and shit, too. It's like every movie has that same type of style. You can go, you know, right back to Peter Jackson's film with bad taste and stuff. Like, you see that type of comedy in that film which came out what 87 that you do mm-hmm. in the films in like the mid 2000 teens the same style <laughs> of comedy it's like it's, it just works I don't know it's fun yep yep um so uh next up from Shutter hitting on the 9th January 9th Thursday uh The Marshes which is a Shutter original uh, also available in Shutter Canada, just for you Canadian listeners out there. Yeah, I'll see you. Um, I'll believe I'll see you, man. Sorry. 
In the middle of nowhere is a labyrinth marshland teetering on the verge of extinction. Dr. Priya Anand Anand is committed to saving it, using diligence and reason to fight the forces that threaten its existence. With the help of a rival Ben and assistant Will, Priya is certain she's in control. But soon fear manifests in the form of a horrifying evil, forcing the team to abandon their efforts to save the marsh and focus on saving themselves. The fuck? That such sounds so weird. Like, what are they doing with this? They're making like weird shit. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna judge it too hard because Shutter is usually half de- even their bad movies are okay. Um, but yeah, okay. Um, One thirty. For the people who didn't see it, we have a Shutter exclusive of Joe Bigos's Bliss, which we talked about last week. So, uh, I would suggest seeing it before 2019 is over, if you care about top 10 list. But if not, check it out in January. I have not listened to the Fresh Cuts episode, Venom. I know that you guys didn't learn because I knew that we were going to be doing it too. I didn't want to mm-hmm. listen. It just kind of makes sense. I think a lot of podcasters are the same way. Um, oh, sure. What were your, what were your thoughts on bliss? I actually don't know. Um, Mike and oh, I forget who our guest was that episode. It might've been, Oh, it was Brandon, Brandon young um, from the anatomy of fear. They both loved it way more than I did. I still enjoyed the movie. It, 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 aesthetically. It's gorgeous. And the, the violence and gore in the third act is really stellar. Mm-hmm. Um, just overall, the whole drug theme didn't really work for me. But uh, Brandon Young was actually telling us a really cool story because he's also uh, in the middle of his recovery from drugs. And uh, he was talking about how Bliss really spoke to him. And like it, it kind of mirrored a lot of his, uh, his own drug-fueled experiences. So for whatever that's worth it it seems like it's fairly authentic um for me it just i don't know it it definitely felt like a an instance of style over substance not to say i disliked the movie i actually really did like it but the first act kind of dragged on for me because it's just a lot of uh a lot of drug taking and dancing in clubs and flashing lights and there's like an extended three-way sex scene in there that kind of sets a really weird tone for the rest of that act but then once once you well it actually sets the tone for the rest of the film because that scene is actually quite pivotal pitable 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 (laughs) pivotable no absolutely i understand but um yeah, yeah, I think, like I said, I think I didn't give it the praise that a lot of other people are giving it, just because, mm-hmm. like I said, it, it personally didn't really speak to me as much as most people, but I still really yeah, did yeah. enjoy it. It's Like I said, aesthetically, it's beautiful. It's well worth watching. Yeah, I've, I've heard a few people say, you know, it's another one, it's another one of these Mandy's, or it's another one of these things, you know, beautifully, like, it's beautifully done, the aesthetic is awesome, you know, it's got, you know, interesting editing, the colors are fantastic, and so you can tell the, you know, just the influence from Italian films and, and a whole pile of mm-hmm. things that are obviously present when you're watching that film and stuff. But I like the contrast. So I like the idea of not making a boring type blood sucking uh, vampire yes. film where everything is very generic. And, you know, I think today if you're going to use these type of elements in films, I think you need to explore and, and attack it from a different type of angle. And I think using the contrast of drugs um, because, you know, for the most of the film, you really do find yourself going, is it because she's fucking totally annihilated on this uh, this Diablo mm-hmm. drug? 
you know, yep. which, because, I mean, let's face it, man, we all know people have been on drugs and have been, you know, probably in those moments and shit, and then they fucked up things, man. They really do fucked up things. And they depict her as, like, she's completely lost her fucking mind, and she's totally succumbed to this, uh, this, this really, you know, offbeat, highly insane drug. Um, but I think when, you know, coming to the third act and shit, it kind of, it kind of straightens itself out a little bit and you kind of understand a little bit more, but I do, I li- I love that contrast. I like the way they feel that in, into the story and stuff. And I really do like the contrast or not the contrast, but like how they, you know, they incorporate as she gets worse and worse throughout the film. Uh, w- one thing I really notice is like her, her painting that she's working on is slowly coming together. The worse she gets. Right? Mm-hmm. It's it's yep. like it's she's becoming that person, and the painting is becoming a whole product. I fucking love that, dude. Like it's just the sh- it's the more subtle shit that I really enjoy. But I mean, everybody that knows me and my and my likes and my style of film and stuff, I love aesthetically beautiful films, things that are edited well, great music and stuff. And I think that she was casted beautifully. Like she was perfect for that role. She looks oh, yeah, like that she artsy. Was great. Yeah, she looks like that artsy type and stuff. She's got that poofy. Like just everything about her was perfect, yeah. and she's beautiful. Like I'm not just saying because she was naked too, but like she was amazing. Oh, she's in naked the film. half the movie. So yeah, kudos like, for she, that. Yeah, she wasn't <laughs> holding back on that shit and stuff. But I, you know, just overall, it was just to me. I I've seen it twice now. I'd watched it once before, and then I rewatched it for this. And it just I I loved it more the second time I watched, it. and I liked it a lot the first time. But it just the way it was constructed, man. I think it worked for me. I think it. The, I see. I had no problem with the pacing because I I like a little bit of you know kind of getting to know exactly where she's going with this and stuff. And I think mm-hmm. just the way he did it was good. And Joe Bagos has uh, become one of my favorite kind of independent filmmakers. I mean, he's three for three in my opinion. Um, all all three films that he's done, I've really enjoyed. Uh, did you see the Mind's Eye? Uh, yeah, saw the Mind's Eye. Didn't see the the other one. Almost I human. Like almost human. Yeah, almost yeah, human. Have like not seen that one. Alien abduction type thing, and you know, Mind's Eye is kind of like a scanner's, like yes. almost like a sequel. <laughs> like it, it could live in that same type of world type of thing. And but I like I like where he's going with his career. Like he's doing different things, and like he's kind of offballing it and doing his kind of his own type of thing with it and stuff and you can see him growing as a filmmaker i fucking respect that and i honestly can't wait to see what his next project is so yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh, all right uh after that um these are just new movies house of the devil uh luz which uh I'm, that's um a, a new 2018 or 2019 movie oh, man, that one frustrates me man i pre-ordered that um because everyone like I read about it and a couple people said like man this movie might be you know a top tenner and shit like that I pre-ordered of course it wasn't shipping on amazon.ca for like a month or two or something like that so I asked Derek because I know he got his copy when he he bought the DVD it's only available on DVD apparently and Mm -hmm. um so he got his copy and I asked him because he's notorious for like ripping movies and sending them to people so they can watch and shit like that and he fucking said it was the only movie that he couldn't rip. It wouldn't allow him to rip it. <laughs> like, are you wow. And the fucked up thing is I was searching around online for it. Like, I'm like, I need to watch this movie before year end because if it's, you know, a, a contender, I got to see this shit. I can't fucking find it anywhere. It's driving me nuts. I'm like, hmm. oh, man. So I don't know, man. Hopefully I get to see it before the show. So I don't know. But yeah. And that's another foreign really- film, too, I believe. Oh yeah, no, I really, really liked it. I saw it in a theater out here, but um, it's not going to make my top ten, definitely. Okay, is it another one of those more? It seemed like it could have been another style over substance. I mean, type kind deal. of, but I, I definitely enjoyed this one a little bit more than Bliss. And and like I said, I, I did enjoy Bliss. Don't mm. get me wrong. It just didn't you know blow my mind by any stretch. But Lose definitely was uh, a little bit better for me. I enjoyed it more. Cool. 
All right. Um, after that, uh, a couple of other ones: the Monster Squad, Demon, um, Patchwork, and this is pretty cool: the streaming premiere of the uncut R-rated version of Tammy and the T-Rex. <laughs> So if you didn't grab the four gay from Vinegar Syndrome, uh, it is going to be streaming on Shutter. <laughs> I didn't. I grabbed the Blu-ray. I didn't upgrade, but uh, yeah, I don't want to talk about that. It's just bringing back my bad memories from like an hour ago when I was ranting about Vinegar Syndrome. Fuck. <laughs> uh, and then another one called Four Hands, and that's it for January. But again, cool stuff from Shutter. Uh, so yeah, that is the news. That's everything. Wow, crazy. Okay. So, yeah, that is the news. Fucking thing sucks! Do we have a knowledge segment or anything to do? Yeah, I do have one. The word I bring to you today is knowledge reigns supreme. You got no time to joke and play. Um, I figured I would pull up a list of the best Christmas horror movies since this is our annual Christmas Christmas show, uh, which this is the sixth Christmas show ever. <clears throat> we have yeah. now officially went into our sixth year. Um, we had our original Christmas show, episode three, 1974's Black Christmas. Um, and then, a little while later, one year later, in fact, we did episode 36, Silent Night, Deadly Night, one through six. So one, two, three, four, five, and the remake. And then, one year after that, we did another Christmas show for our third annual. Do you know what it was? I am trying to remember. Nope. It's currently on my screen right now. I can't see your screen, dude. Oh, it is Jack Frost. One oh, yeah. oh, my God. That episode, man. Okay. Every time I think about the Jack Frost episode, I think about Steve. So we had our buddy Steve on. And it was just like such a fucking disaster guest. Like, I love Steve. I love Steve. But it was just so funny because, like, you know, at the time he was living at home. <laughs> and his fucking mom comes into the room while he's recording. I think he said something like, Mom, recording, whatever. But he didn't mute his mic, and he had this, like, fight with his mom. (laughs) It was just, like, classic 22 shots. It was so funny. Just so much moving around. Oh, man. Of course, I didn't edit it out. No, no, no. (laughs) Because I didn't really do a whole lot of editing back then. But that was... Uh, I always remember that shit from that. It was so funny. And actually, Jack Frost 2 made the hall of pain like hardcore like didn't we give that like a doesn't that okay this might even yeah, be yeah jason ta- lloyd said it's not that bad okay so i think this might even be a tidbit of trivia but i think this might be the lowest rated film well one of two lowest rated films actually we've ever done as a main review it's not the lowest um because the lowest is a 2.5 out of 30 <laughs> 2.5 is that the howling seven is that the howling seven yeah that's the howling seven okay uh the the other one the other lowest is a three out of 30 and that must be jack frost too jack frost too okay so yeah. i was right so it's uh, one of the two lowest one but... from all of us one 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 across the board 
you know, you see, think- you you and Kyle gave New Moon Rising a point five out of ten. I gave it a one point five. Yeah, you're I insane. I thought it was better than Jack Frost too. You're insane. Uh, but like, you know, honestly, with Jack Frost, do you think that shit would just be so enjoyably funny because it has the most ludicrous storyline, like a fucking killer snowman in the Caribbean? <laughs> It's, it's like the stupid. It's so Christmas vacation to Cousin Eddie's island adventure. No, of, it, it, of like Christmas sequence. It's not like it's 110 <laughs> out there every fucking day and you got this killer snowman fucking. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> fucking melt. Come on. But no, it's just bad. It's just bad, though. It's like, man, I don't know. Actually, didn't didn't the director even contact us after after we reviewed the first one? Yeah, he told us how much the suit cost, and it was like something outrageous. Because I was like, "Where the hell did they spend, you know, a million dollars or whatever they had?" And he's like, "Well, like a hundred thousand of it went to the suit or something like that." That's right, because we were like, talking Jesus. about it in the review. We're like, "I wonder how much the suit cost," because like the budget was like super low on the film, obviously. And we, he, he obviously listened because he answered the question, and I was like, "There's no fucking way that thing cost hundred thousand dollars." It was yeah, just like it was either form. the budget was a hundred thousand and they paid then ten thousand for the suit, or it was like five hundred thousand and they paid like you know fifty even ten thousand dollars for a dude in a fucking like styrofoam suit, like it makes no sense to me. Yeah, I know. He, he pocketed yeah, it. I think I told him he got ripped off and he's like, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe um, they made it out of memory foam. Yeah. Well it was because it was flexi, right? It was definitely like a memory foam type I, I'm but sure still they had grand. multiple suits and this one with this look to it and yeah. So. I mean it can add up, man. Like I have a memory foam pillow and that shit cost me like seventy five bucks or hundred and twenty yeah. bucks or some shit. Hundred and fifty dollars for the pillow, that's what it was. So uh and then stupid. we moved on to episode ninety seven, year number four for Christmas. And we that was the first time we did the listener's choice version. Uh, and do you remember what we covered on there? Uh, listen, I want to say maybe one of them was Rare Exports. Wrong. Oh, Take fuck. another guess. I have no idea. Take another guess. I seriously can't remember what we've even done. <laughs> it's, like, I'm, um, I'm bad with our trivia, dude. Like, I'm really, really bad with it. We did... We, like the easiest way to do this is think of the most popular Christmas movies and then count them down as we move on. <laughs> Cause that's pretty much how the votes go. Oh, uh, Chris, Christmas evil must've been one of them. Actually, no, but you know, what's funny about Christmas evil. That was on our very first listener's choice. It wasn't a Christmas episode. Oh, it was yes. just a random. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the 97 was gremlins, black Xmas and Krampus. Oh, see, I can't, Totally. Yeah, Gremlins. Yeah. And then the next year we did Go ahead, Mitz, take a guess on on it. I was just gonna say Black not Black Christmas, but Christmas Evil, but we obviously didn't do that on there. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> rare exports is one of them. Yes, rare exports, twenty seventeen. But there was another underrated one that you loved and I thought was pretty bad. Why can't hmm. I remember this? This is insane. Yeah, you argued with me earlier about what you said three years ago <laughs> in private chat. Um, so it was Bloodbeat, Rare Exports, and Better Watch Out. Oh, yeah, Better Watch Out. I was actually even going to say Better Watch Out. Yeah, Bloodbeat, man. Holy shitballs. That is a fun, fun fucking disaster of a movie. 
Oh, definitely a disaster. Oh, it's fucking... It's so ridiculous. Have you seen Bloodbeat, Venom? I have not. Dude, it's barely a Christmas movie. There's a Christmas tree in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's it's that during... I mean, the point is there's... The family comes there on the holidays, right? So, yeah. I know, but it's such like an afterthought of the movie completely that it makes it even funnier. Um, It's about a ghost samurai. Yeah. It comes back... (laughs) because of this girl's like psychic connection with him or oh, something. Dude, there's there's Some so many shit. weird elements happen in this film. You're just like, holy shit, what the fuck is going on here? But the, the, the effects are like amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. I loved it. I like, seriously, you got to check it out though, man. But if you watch it, make sure you check out the vinegar syndrome transfer. Like it's, they polished a turd. Like it's crazy. This looks good. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we got, Oh, where, where's hmm, that's weird. The episode is actually the player is not on our website wonder where that went um anyway episode 151 listener's choice volume 8 2018 christmas edition what did we watch this was only one year ago Moods. so i feel like you should know the three films um i probably should know that um i want to say that we did I know one of them was don't open till Christmas. Correct. Oh, okay. I, okay. I remember. Oh, fuck. Saint. Do you? Yes. You're right. (laughs) And the other one is, uh, to all a good night. Correct. Good job. Wow. So yeah, that's six years of Christmas episodes, uh, which brings us to this one. And, this special um, little list here that I have. So I have three lists to choose from, okay? I have the 17 best Christmas movies. This list was published this year, just a couple of days <clears> ago, <throat> come, like a week ago. Okay, so um, you, they did a top 17. Why didn't they just do yeah, a top 25? I don't 25? know why. This is Den of Geek. Uh, then we have a top 25, that seems but more. this one is based on Rotten Tomatoes scores. Oh, that's funny. Hmm. Uh, so that one is based, com- it's actually from Rotten Tomatoes and it's based on their scores. And then the last one was made in 2018, December, and it's the 30 best Christmas movies Christmas horror movies that will truly make you claustrophobic. Oh, I get it. I get it. I get it. Dad jokes. <laughs> so, would you rather do the 17 best, which is the newest list, the 25 best ranked on Rotten Tomatoes scores, or the 30 best that was done a year ago? Do the 30 best because the newest one was 17. It does. It nothing has changed since last year. There's been like no Christmas films out this year, really. All right. So the according to game games radar, <laughs> this is the twenty, or sorry, the thirty. I get it's titled twenty five, but the it says thirty here, so I assume it's thirty. Thirty <clears throat> best Christmas horror movies, starting with number thirty. I love this film. It's 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 a short film, but it's Trevenge. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, awesome. And it's probably on there. The it's probably on there at number thirty because it is a thirty minute short. 
<laughs> but it's 30 minutes uh, of pure bliss though that shit's amazing yeah i loved Jay- it jason eisner canadian homeboy yeah that is man dude that is one of if man i remember <laughs> i think we told this before but <laughs> jv he'd mentioned he's like you got to see tree wrench and I, I think it was like three years later i finally checked it out and i was yeah, like man no, that, that's I, it was like shit. within the first i think it was the first <laughs> it was like probably the third episode i brought it up like the episode number three or something yeah and uh I saw it like two years ago. <laughs> I love so, it. Uh, I think I saw it three years ago for the first time. Yeah. Oh, it's so enjoyable, man. It's just the gorgeous. Now it's a, it's a Christmas Eve staple for me now. <laughs> really? Yeah. Actually, I even have a homeboy Blu-ray lantern actually from YouTube and uh, Instagram and stuff like that. He he he'll make like copies of certain things that don't have releases. And he actually made me up a like a copy of of the short with artwork and everything, and it's really like done well. So oh, I actually cool. have like a physical copy of it. So pretty cool stuff. Yeah. All right. Uh, number 29. I haven't seen this one came out two years ago. It's called Mercy Christmas. I think you might have saw that one, Moods. I reviewed it last year, actually. Uh, I did, I think, 25 Days of Christmas Horror on uh, just Instagram. I'd done one previously on my YouTube channel, but I just didn't have the time to make videos. So I did another 25. So I'm, th- that was the thing. People asked me this year if I was going to do another one. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm out of fucking movies, dude. I've reviewed like 60 something films christmas movies i'm like there's no more to review so i was kind of disappointed that there wasn't abundance of like you know krampus films coming out this year even though they're really fucking terrible but uh, uh i digress mercy christmas was actually really fun yeah all right number 28 uh this is um one segment in an anthology it is holidays which i know a lot of people weren't a huge fan of but i think i liked it it was okay i liked it overall yeah i don't remember <clears throat> that segment though or any of them really I actually oh wasn't. that was the one with Seth Green wasn't it the Christmas mm-hmm. segment was yes. Seth Green yes it was yeah yeah I actually didn't like holidays as a whole but I, I did like a couple shorts in it though a couple of them were okay yeah I thought the Halloween one was terrible yeah <laughs> all right uh, number twenty seven uh, from last year called await further instructions I missed that one oh you know what I still haven't seen that yet I f- forgot about that one so I know it's all on right. Netflix or whatever so. Number 26, Dead of Night from 1945. I've never seen this. Oh, I like this movie. That's good. That's good stuff. Yep. I actually reviewed it on uh, Evil Episodes there with Mike Merriman. Oh, cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. They, right. remade it. they remade it in the 70s with all different stories. They It, it was uh, it was basically Dan Curtis remade it, yeah. um, you know, the master of uh, TV horror anthologies. And um, but the original is so much better. The 1945 one, it's legit <clears throat> creep. Yeah, Dan Curtis is like in known for that shit though, because in the Dead of Night, the one that he did in the late 70s, there was a short in that one about uh, you know the boy, the the classic urban legend about the kid coming back to life yeah. and shit. And then he remade that in Trilogy of Terror Part Two. He remade his own short <laughs> for the 96 uh, anthology film. And that yes. that remake that he did for that is actually not that. Actually, good. no, that's a sequel, buddy. What do you mean? The, the you're talking about Trilogy of Terror, right? Yeah, Trilogy Trilogy yeah, of Terror two. Yeah, that's a sequel. It picks up right after the original. Of Trilogy, hmm. yeah, I know. I'm I'm talking about the third or the 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 same short he redid of from Dead of the Night Dead of Night. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, he did a similar story, confused. but then he remade that short for Trilogy of Terror 2. Yeah. And it's that it's my oh. least favorite one in that. Tr- I actually rewatched Trilogy of Terror it's 2. It's the one with the dead son? 
Yeah, yeah. the yeah. kid who comes back. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. And actually, the kid in the in the trilogy of Terror Two is so fucking annoying. Oh, <laughs> horrible man. But it's definitely so, the weak link in that because I rewatched that recently. The Kino Blu-ray. I thought you were talking really about the Zuni fetish segment. No, well, he no, has. No. He, he no, he has. Yeah, no, it's, there's definitely one of those in there too. But uh, I love the rat one in that. It's awesome. Oh yeah, me too. Good shit, but I actually had a lot more fun watching Trilogy of Terror two this time around than I did before when we were prepping for '96 and shit. So, but I've always liked it. Yeah, I I actually saw that one more than the original when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, but number twenty five, a little underrated gem. It's called Alien Raiders, set in a supermarket. Oh, Pretty fuck. cool movie. So much fun, man! If you've never seen Alien mm-hmm. Raiders, check it out. It's so much fun. So much fun. Blast. Yeah. Uh-huh. Number 24, we have uh, the film that's been getting some popularity lately called Deadly Games from 89. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably pretty low on the list or high, however you want to put it, low on the list, I guess. Um, because it's just so foreign to people. <laughs> it's French, get it. <laughs> it, it? It is, dude. It fucking predates Home Alone by a couple years, and it's like, yep. or by a year or two, whatever. One year. By one year, and it's like the same story, horror style. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay, number twenty-three, Red Christmas, twenty seventeen, D. Wallace. That was a pretty fun uh, Australian flick. I like that one. I, I, that one gets a lot of shit from uh, the community for some reason, but I I genuinely enjoyed it. Yeah, I reviewed that for for um, art exploitation. It's fun. I liked it. I mean, it, it definitely it has some problems to it, though. Oh, it's not. Yeah, it's not definitely, perfect by any chance, No, it's right. it's definitely problematic, but it's, you know, it's, it's worth a watch. It's got a great, uh, I think the, the thing that I mentioned on it, it has a great, um, I was going to say Halloween, Christmas aesthetic to it, man. It really does look yes. like Christmas. So, Red Christmas minus the snow. Minus the snow. But I mean, I'm talking about the decorations and shit. It's because it's in Australia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, number 22, this is criminal, criminal, criminal. Criminally? criminally under placed. This is fucked up. Better watch out, 2016. Oh. They probably watched it as much as I have. This list is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I was okay with placements before this one. Alright, um, yep. number 21 before we break into the top 20. Uh, it doesn't count, I don't know, but Nightmare Before Christmas. Hmm. It's so weird. It's a fucking like Halloween film. Mm-hmm. It's also a Christmas film. I guess. It's the only film that feels like both. If you watch it at Christmas time, it feels like a Christmas movie. If you watch yeah. it at Halloween time, some people might argue it's more of a Christmas movie because that's kind of the plot. Yeah, the movie actually starts the day after Halloween. Mm-hmm. So, Because I, I watch it every year on November 1st. It's like a tradition for me. Don't um, get me wrong. I love the movie as well. But, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Or I don't know. Uh, number 20, 1984's Don't Open Till Christmas. Oh, I've I, seen most of these films so far. I love that movie. Uh, number 19, To All a Good Night, 1980. Mm. David Hess directed that movie out of all fucking people. Wow. Yeah, I know. I didn't love that one. I didn't love either of those last it's two. It's not Which great. is funny. How funny is that? Both of those were back to back and we did them both last year. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, not, it's not a great film, but you know, it was just nice to see you get a really good release from Scorpion because that was one of those kind of sought out titles that like, where the fuck is that David Hess directed film? Yeah. 
Uh, number 18, a film that I haven't seen, but I hear is pretty good. Um, it's Windchill from 07. Excellent oh. film. Excellent film. Love that movie. Great movie. Does that movie not You're have telling a... me there was three good Christmas films that came out in 07, allegedly. I guess. Yeah. Does that movie not have like a standalone Blu-ray? I, I think it's in like a triple pack, but does it not have a standalone? Because I'd love to pick that up. It's one of those ones. I, I have it on DVD. I'm not sure if there's a Blu-ray. You know what's weird? That era, like 2000. I've got the DVD yeah. too, but. Like 2007 and below, lots of stuff not on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, a lot of that type like of indie stuff for sure. Well, Hell, De- all three of the movies that we are reviewing tonight are not on Blu-ray. You know what's funny? I was actually that's actually something I have written down. I was gonna say, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, number seventeen. Uh, this film was fun, but I, I I thought it was a good. I actually got a screener of this like way ahead of anybody, and I had watched it, and I was like, yeah, everybody check this movie out. It's gonna be coming out pretty soon. You know, I think. I think I reviewed it on this show. I, I feel like I was the first person that that I saw review it, and I didn't see reviews coming in for a while. And I thought it was like decent, but then like it came out and like everybody was like blowing it, and I was like, it wasn't that good. But I was happy to see everybody liked it, but I just didn't see that it was that good. Yeah. And it is a Christmas horror story. Yeah, Ooh. I remember yeah. that. I remember that because I fucking loved it. Yeah, Fuck. same here. Both of you guys, I loved it. I I love it. Yeah, it's it's probably my favorite version of Krampus I've seen on film. What? I love the Krampus movie. Don't get me wrong, the Krampus movie is better. But as far as the actual representation of Krampus, this is my favorite. It's pretty good. It's got great atmosphere that one too. Uh, Number sixteen, Silent Night, Bloody Bloody Night from seventy two. Recently watched that. I like it. Mm -hmm. Um, Number fifteen. this one's a little bit of a fun gem too. Uh, it, over the years, it's kind of gotten more talked about, but a couple of years ago, like nobody really mentioned it, and that's 2005 Santa Slay. <laughs> oh, with Bill it's Goldberg, funny. man! Oh I, my god, I hated it the first time I saw it, but I've seen it multiple times since, and now I love it. But I yeah. accept that it's campy. You know, I just accept that they were going for laughs. You know, they were going for that camp factor. So, like I said, it's maybe the so first time ridiculous I saw it. That it's no, it fun. absolutely <laughs> is. Once you see that opening, I mean, that opening scene, man, it writes a check that the rest of the movie can't really cash. Oh, <laughs> dude, the fucking opening scene is so funny with Fran Drescher. That's <laughs> fucking so good, man. That was Everybody actually one of the. Table. Yeah, man, it's so great, man. That was actually one of the movies I was going to be reviewing on uh, Derek's show tomorrow for the Christmas show. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, after that we have number 14 p2 which we'll talk about later yeah um number 13 saint or sint from 2010 i'm i'm a big are you a fan of that one uh jerry i haven't seen it yet but we're reviewing it on the next horror cast so i'll be watching it the next week oh you've never seen before you know you know even watching it like all these years later and stuff like you know just the the computer generated stuff that they do. And I, I still think it looks actually pretty good, man, for what it is. I don't know. I, I think it's, it just, I it, like the mythology in it. It's pretty dope. Yeah. The mythology is awesome, man, because it's funny, man. When you talk to people from uh, like the Netherlands and stuff, they don't consider it to be Christmas at all. Right. So <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Like even my, like I was talking to my wife and I was asking the Kerr family about it and shit like that. Like, you know, the mythology behind it and shit. They're like, no, nah, it's not Christmas at all. Cause they're all straight from, Dutch land, like they're all Dutch, like hardcore, right? So, yeah, and I always think that that's really interesting. But we over here consider it to be 
Christmas. Uh, after that, we have um, number 12, Silent Night, um, 2012, which is funny that it's this high on the list to me. Yeah, I don't. Um, high, I, yeah. do, I do like the movie, and I do think that over time it will get a little bit more appreciation. It's a fun it's a fun movie, but I, I just think that um, I think it's, it's one of those too. movies that got hated on because they're like, oh, that's a shitty remake of Silent Night, Deadline. And I'm like, it's not really a remake. It's 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 pretty much its own thing. Yeah. You know, you know it's not. Yeah. They're not remaking. I think that's what kind of offset people's, uh, you know, thoughts on that one. It has a really yeah. good wood chipper scene. I enjoy. Yeah. That. Uh, number 11, The Children, 2008. I've still not seen that at either. Excellent film. Excellent. Yeah, that was good. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, number ten, uh, another film we're going to be talking about: Dead End. Happy to see Dead End on the list in this bit yeah. of a spot. Yeah. Uh, this film, um, one of the newer films on the list, number nine. I I didn't love this movie. I thought it was cool. It was alright, but I feel like it's just not. Th- this is never going to be a movie that I'm going to love. And that's Anna and the Apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, that's that's another one I still haven't seen because I I think I stated it before. I'm like that title, fuck that. <laughs> I actually, I, you know what? I hate musicals, but I had a really good time with it. <laughs> I didn't even know it was a Christmas related film until like just a little while ago. I'm like, oh fuck, I probably have to see that. I like to torture I mean, myself least, with watching all these. At least they went for films. something original, you know? I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, Christmas, Christmas horror musical, horror musical, <laughs> a post-apocalyptic zombie film. No. Yeah, I mean that's that's quite the mashup there for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh number 8, the original Tales from the Crypt movie. That's uh, just one segment, right? All through yeah, the night. Yep. Uh all through the house. The the ori- okay. All through the house. Yeah, what I, what did I say all through the night? Whatever, all through the yeah. house. Yeah. Yeah. Uh cool. after that, we have number 7. I'm shocked that they put this this low on the list or high i don't never know how to say that high or low it's i guess depends well it's a countdown though but you're counting up to number one yeah so am i i I know we always get this fucked up man (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah it's jack frost oh 1997 what what number we have seven yeah, the, I'll be honest, man. This movie grew heavy on me. Like, I thought it was just atrociously bad the first time I seen it. Mm-hmm. But it is fun. It, I think Moon said it was fun. I was, like, hating on that back in the day. But I've I've grown to love it. It's fun. It's, it's fucking... It's just so cheesy. The one-liners are worth it, yeah. though, man. Just the dialogue is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, number six, Carly hates this film. Um... It's to me, it's not really a horror film, um, and that's Rare Exports: A Christmas Tale, which Ooh. I do love it. I just I don't think it's that much of a horror film. Ooh, that's well, a tough one. That's I I I don't know. I th- I think it solidly is. I actually think it's too low for this list too. That's a that's a top three Christmas horror for me. Really, yeah, you know what? I man? love that movie. So you you must know my thoughts. I'm a huge fucking Rare Exports. That was another film we're supposed to be reviewing on Derek's show tomorrow, along with. Uh, um, the new French one, but um, I've always loved that th- that fucking Krampus story, man. And it, you know what? You know what's actually really interesting. It, have you ever seen the shorts to it? Yes, the yep. two shorts, absolutely. Yeah, man, they tie yep. in so well to it and shit, and just really kind of like it just really elaborates. It just makes it so full to me, man. I, I think it's yeah. great, man. I think it's great for what it is. 
It's funny, like it's funny how they did the feature film after the shorts, but technically it's a prequel exactly. to the shorts. Yeah, so I, I I just found that great, but that one where it's the uh, the safety manual one, holy mm-hmm. shit, that is great. It's just so <laughs> it's so creative that they came it up really with all is. that, and like in just in like five minutes or whatever those shorts are, and then they they mm-hmm. pack so much into it, it kind of gets you thinking. It's pretty interesting. So, <laughs> uh, number five, Christmas Evil. It's a very good one. Yeah. That is actually like my favorite Christmas movie. Really? Believe it or not. I love Christmas Evil, man. I absolutely love just everything about that shit, man. It's crazy. I mean, this dude believed he was Santa Claus so much, he fucking flew at the end, man. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Number four, Krampus. Nice. Another one that's grown heavy on me. Um, I love it a lot now. I'm a, I'm a little bit surprised it's uh, that high on the list, to be honest. Yeah, I'm not. Michael Michael Doherty has such a way of u- of um, utilizing holiday aesthetics. I mean, I, I personally I think Trick or Treat is the best Halloween movie out there, and Krampus is by far my favorite modern horror uh, Christmas horror film. Oh, so, I, yeah. I get it. Too. Like you know, upon rewatch and stuff, I mean the fucking. <laughs> The gingerbread. gingerbread. I, always, I always say that scene because, like, you know, I didn't know anything. Obviously, going into it, like, there was no spoilers on it and shit. We're watching the cinema, and I was like, "What the fuck just happened? The hell was that?" <laughs> uh, it just like threw me for a loop, man. I was like, "Holy shit!" But then, upon rewatch, knowing what was coming, we're gonna get these full moon type characters and shit for a little bit and stuff. It, you know, I kind of realized what he's doing and shit, and it made a lot of sense. But man, that movie has some thick atmosphere. Like the aesthetic mm-hmm. of it is just oh, phenomenal, I love it. I was, man. It's phenomenal. I, I, mm-hmm. I made a compilation of trailers to throw on at work, like on YouTube, and that trailer came on. I was just like, "Wow, that that film is just so beautiful!" Like the yeah. dark, the dark, oh. like nighttime Christmassy stuff is just good. The outside <laughs> storm and shit, like just how it's brewing. Oh man, it looks so great. Just creepy, mm-hmm. man. So creepy. Yeah. Um, and then number three, um, another classic. Probably my second favorite, maybe. Yeah, probably second favorite christmas horror movie and that's silent night deadly night mm-hmm. <clears throat> yep yeah it's up there for i think a lot of people really it's fun i mean no. it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be in my top three but i understand why most people would put it up there it's a movie like i i liken it to sleepaway camp where when i saw it i just thought it was like kind of a bad cheesy 80s slasher mm-hmm. but the more that i watched it the more i noticed like quirky things and just became obsessed with it and like that's like sleepaway camp's one of my favorite horror movies ever uh and silent night deadly night's kind of right there with you know the more i see it the more i, I kind of fall in love with it but yeah. you know the more i watch the sleepaway camp films man the more i part three is the one i watch the most hands down but <laughs> part part one is my favorite definitely uh okay so number two uh, there's two spots left, um, two sort of films. Uh, actually, no. There's two films that are probably easy to guess, the last two, but that yep. it's not the last two. Uh, they did a swerve. Number two is Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys. What? There's no fucking way that's a number two. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I, I knew he was bullshit in there. Fuck that movie. That movie's in our fucking Hall of Pain, man. Fuck that shit. <laughs> I know, but I like it. Damn it's it, I so like it. bad, I dude. It it's bad in a bad way. Oh, man. Uh, okay, so number two is Gremlins 1984, which is, yeah, in fact, so. my favorite Christmas horror movie. Nice. 
Hold the fuck up. Wow. Ooh. There actually is a blatant hole in this Christmas list. Uh-oh. Because that was number two, but I feel like there's still two more Christmas movies that deserve to be on a top 30 list. And mm. this it, it immediately delegitimizes this list. <laughs> uh, number one, no surprise there, the Bob Clark classic, Black Christmas. Yeah. Mm. Did anybody notice a film that's missing? I, I did. I Well, I did notice one that I don't really care if it's on the list or not, but I, the remake I don't think was on there, but... It was not. But no, there is a more important film that is not on the list. I can't remember what's been said now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was a 30 list, man. Yeah. What is it? I mean, you guys both should know what it is. I probably do. I just don't remember what's been said. So, I'm trying to think. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's crazy. I don't know. Well, I mean, it should be extremely obvious. Uh, Silent Night, Death I, I, Night I, Part 2? No. <laughs> this is painful. Another one that... I mean, okay, just let me think what's been... Oh, fuck, dude. I don't know. All right. Let, let, me, let me give you a rundown really quick. I'll go really fast through them. Treevenge. Mercy Christmas, Holidays, Await Further Instructions, Dead of Night, Alien Raiders, Deadly Games, Red Christmas, Better Watch Out, Nightmare Before Christmas. Gotta wait for the page to load. Don't open till Christmas. Oh my god. Inside. Yes. (laughs) Oh Jesus. I didn't even think of that, man. Just I don't know. You you know what you know what actually I was actually even thinking, man, Home for the Holidays isn't on there either. That's a pretty good fucking T V movie. It's 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 decent. But for a top it's three decent. list? Oh, yeah. For a top 30 list, it definitely should be on there. Where's Night Train Murders? God damn it. Yeah. I, know. I feel Train. like that's one that, like... Where's Santa Claus, damn it? You know what? You know what's actually missing? And I really, really fucking love this movie, man. It's all through the house. Indie film. Oh, that came yeah. Out. That, well, I don't know if that was out yet. Was it out yet? That came out in 2015. So, yeah. Oh yeah, so it was definitely out. Yeah. That that was another one. I, I used to get Christmas screeners pretty early, like mm-hmm. not not pretty early, but there's a lot of Christmas films that I've seen through screener early, like like that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Have you anyway, seen that one, Jerry? Have you seen that one all through the house? Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. gory. It's a gory time. Yeah, Did you I like it? That. Oh, I loved it. it yeah, it was great, man. Hmm. The thing about Inside, though, Inside doesn't really have a gigantic Christmas aesthetic. No, it's just because... Most people probably yeah. don't even remember that it's a Christmas movie. There is a reason for that, though, too. Um, just so you guys know, uh, if we had chosen the Rotten Tomatoes list, Better Watch Out would have been number two. What? Wow. Oh, no number way. two? With a 89% fresh oh, rating because of the on Rotten Tomatoes? Ratings. yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, they're going by their fresh rating, then, okay. So basically yeah, all yes. the favorite movies are going to be rated at the bottom, then, because of the good ones. Actually, no, because Rare Art Exports is number one, with an 89% as well. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying something like Christmas Evil is probably rated at the bottom, because... Right, no uh, nope, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 with a 14%, and The Dorm That Drip, drip Blood with a 0%? What? How could that movie have 0%? Oh, no ratings, <laughs> that's why. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, at least that top thirty list is okay because at least the uh, the Black Christmas remake didn't make the top thirty. Thank the Lord. Yes. 
I, I, you guys are too hard on that film, dude. That movie no, it it has it, it, it has incest. <laughs> the mother rapes the son, and yeah. his sister is his daughter. Yeah. But what, but what about the five endings, though, dude? They made like five endings to the movie, and none of them are good. Dude, <laughs> you, you know your shit sucks cookies, when you make five endings and cookies. none of them work. I rest my case. They use cookie cutters of gingerbread, man, yeah. and they they cut flesh out and they bake it in the oven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I understand, on. but that gore is does awesome. not make a great horror movie necessarily. Gore no, in and of no. itself. You're right. Gore doesn't, <clears> but. Something original and creative like flesh cookies does. <laughs> it's flesh cookies, dude. Cookies made of flesh. Actually, no cookies at all. Just flesh shaped like cookies. <laughs> no, I understand. <laughs> it I was totally gummy. get your point. They were gummy I just don't cookies. Agree. <laughs> you know what, man? Honestly, elves should be making that list before that shit. I like elves too. Elves. That has yeah. incest as well. I haven't seen it in a long time, man. I haven't seen it in a long time. But okay, legitimately. One movie that's absolutely missing from the list right now, and it's probably because it hasn't been seen by a lot of people. It's from 1995, and it's called The Day of the Beast. I reviewed it here on the podcast. Oh, hell yeah. That movie, Actually, that one wasn't even on the second list that I had. Yeah, see, that's <laughs> that's unfortunate, man, because I think it's just a case of Oh, people... yeah, it is. Actually, number eight. Oh, okay. It is on. It is. Because honestly, dude, like when someone Patreon to me, I hadn't seen it before either. And that shit be- solely became like one of my favorites. It's so funny and like it's just good, it's really yeah. entertaining, man. Through the whole thing, it's just a highly underrated film from the '90s. And this is why I always stress this. You know, people always talk shit about that. I mean, yes, the '90s as a whole is not great, but there is gems in the '90s, like oh, the Day yeah. of the Beast. Man, it's crazy. So yeah, that was yeah. I I've never seen it, but when I heard Mr. Watson review it, I I, I was sold. So I, I sought it out, and yeah, I liked it as much as he did. It's really good, really, really good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Oh, speaking of fucking movies that aren't on there, where's the, where the hell is Ginger Dead Man? <laughs> uh, it was on the second list. <laughs> how now? How many of those are actually set on Christmas? Because I thought <clears throat> we could technically do that as a Christmas franchise, but is it only the first two? Uh, I think the first is the second one set on Christmas. I know the third one's not set on Christmas. Oh, uh, okay. So it ruins I, it. Damn it! I'm pretty sure it's not because it, that's the one in the roller don't in the roller rink, right? Yeah, I don't think that's Christmas. Saturday Night Cleaver. <laughs> Saturday Night Cleaver. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because number two is Passion of the Crust. <laughs> Jesus. You know, somebody came up with all these titles like we got to make sequels. We got to make sequels. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but the was first don't one... open till Christmas on either of those lists. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh, okay. Don't open till Christmas. Don't open till Christmas right. was like high up on that one, wasn't it? In, the, in like the top ten, some shit. So. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. Um, so that's it. Cool, man. That was fun. That was fun. That was fun. A little bit shocking that Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two wasn't on there, or at least Part Five with Mickey Rooney. That's the another guy. movie that fucking grew on me. I tweeted out the other day. I was like, man, is it weird that I like actually want Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Three to to get a Blu-ray release? Believe it or not, I, like, <laughs> I actually saw your tweet because I actually clicked on. Oh, to, really? I clicked on yeah. Twitter accidentally because I'm never on it. But your your tweet came up right away, and I was like reading. And I was like, "This motherfucker, what the hell is he talking about?" Every time I, I just want. Sometimes I just have random thoughts, and I'm like, "Oh, I should tweet that," and then I don't. But like sometimes <laughs> I do, and then I was like, "But even though I would kind of wish for a box set of three through five. I don't think I could handle all that at once. 
<laughs> like, I don't think I could handle four and five along with three at the same time. Nah, three and four are just like, they're almost like not even tolerable. Part five is okay, but part five is worth watching just to watch Mickey Rooney in it. Because if you know yeah, the history with him and Silent Night, Deadly Night, it's just, it's beyond funny that he's in one of those movies. It's crazy. <laughs> it, so. It's like, it's literally like impossible almost you would think that that would never happen right somebody who's so you know fucking appalled that this silent night deadly movie exists this respected actor writes in and is like you should be ashamed of yourselves and then he does the fifth one but he did what a lot of people do today in the world is just jump on bandwagons and shit and then but you know what happened by the time part five came out mickey rooney was broke as fuck and he's like man i need that silent night deadly night part five money right now (laughs) and he's and he and he was smart about it too because he knew that that shit might sell pretty well because like all this history with me jumping on the bandwagon bashing the first film and all of a sudden i appear in one no his mentality was probably not like that but could you only imagine if it was i didn't even realize it was the same thing yeah he probably forgot no <laughs> they probably told they probably gave him the working title and he's like the okay man maker. i'll do that shit and, yeah, then, the and then they maker. slapped on silent night deadline part five and he's like you motherfuckers <laughs> yeah that's like that's like the story of the guy who directed silent night deadly night part two yeah. uh he was um a, a company bought the rights to silent night deadly night and they were like hey can you like he was their editor he like cut their trailers and stuff yeah, and yeah. he's like, hey, can you re-edit this movie and make it into a different movie? And he's like, no. <laughs> like, how would that even work? And they're like, I don't know. Like, just change the scenes or something. And he's like, what? Uh, no, but if you give me like $100,000, I'll shoot a bunch of stuff. And then I'll reuse like some of the footage from the first one. And we'll make a sequel with flashbacks. And they're like, done. And then... Believe it or not, it was successful enough to warrant three more sequels, which just blows my mind to this day. <laughs> I know, right? Because I, but I love Silent Night, Deadly Night too, but in like an ironic way. But they're in like, like name only. Those films have no relation whatsoever. Silent they're Night, all Deadly over Night the Part place. Two does. No, I meant three, four, and five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. They're like totally different stories. They're just name only sequels, and they're they're cash grabs essentially. If you want to get technical about it, but. But really, mm-hmm. did those money, does movies make any type? Well, actually, they were all, and I know we talked about this before, but were any of them actually theatrical? The first one was. The first one. Well, I meant beside the first one. Well, obviously, I know uh, the first one was, but I meant no. like, like after part two? Like no. Three, four, they were all VHS made for the market, right? Yeah. Even so, yeah. the reboot wasn't theatrical, I don't think. Nope. Really? Oh, that's right. I remember. Yeah, that's right. They were afraid of the controversy, man. They knew about the PC-minded people, and they're like, no. That shit ain't cool, man. We can't have Santa Claus killing people. It's not right. <laughs> Still, <laughs> Still, at this point, we've Silent had... Night, Deadly Night, Part 2. <laughs> Joe Bob is showing it. Uh, <laughs> told you. <laughs> is that, what has he played so far tonight? I know Black Christmas and... Uh, Black Christmas, Jack Frost, and Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2. So how many films is he doing? Just three, or is he doing... I thought only three, but I could be wrong. So, all films we talked about tonight. Sweet! Cool. All right, so that's going to do it for knowledge. That's it? That's it. All right. That is knowledge. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. They will say that I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for, if not for shedding? I like to dissect girls. 
Did you know I'm utterly insane? Have you checked the children? children? What do we do? Why don't we just wait here for a little while? See what happens. All righty, so getting into the dub, dub, dub portion of the show, what we watched. Yeah, y'all know the routine. Who wants to start us off this week? Actually, let, let's let Venom do the honors of starting us off. All right, well, uh, the first movie I wanted to talk about is actually my favorite of the German splatter films of the late 80s and early 90s. It is the directorial debut of Olaf Eitenbach, who... Um, basically just stuck to, you know, German films. So, you know, he, he didn't really make a big splash in America. But uh, the movie I wanted to talk about is from 1992, and that is The Burning Moon. It is kind of... It is a film that we reviewed on here. We were, we were familiar with it. But... Oh, nice. Perfect, then. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean... You Which know, is basically... actually kind of ironic that he even says he's familiar with, because I actually made a comment when we were reviewing a couple of Ittenbach films or I think it was the Bernie Moon, and I was like, you know, like, you know, Olaf Ittenbach, man, you know, everyone kind of knows him, and Jeremy and JP were like, uh, what do you mean everybody knows Ittenbach? And I'm like, try to explain it. Of course, it became this big fucking joke, and I'm like, real horror fans know who Olaf Ittenbach is. Come no, on, man. I, nobody knows who Olaf Ittenbach is. That is bullshit, man. That is bullshit. I, at the time, though, keep in mind, I have seen, I, I had seen another of his films at yeah. the time, but I was just saying that general horror fans don't know who he is and also i gotta shout out episode 113 for the shot on video episode i really like what i did with that thumbnail i'm just saying it was pretty cool it was a good one <laughs> but i mean really if you're renting tapes back in those days and shit you probably rented an olaf Ittenbog film really oh guaranteed i mean i had a really cool like independent video store back in pittsburgh when i went to college in the early 90s and yeah he would get all the crazy japanese and german and australian stuff so absolutely loved it i, I believe their name was incredibly strange video but uh, <laughs> well, that, that worked so well That's oh awesome. yeah yeah but yeah, Burning Moon, I, I saw it right away. Um, I, I, I think I probably saw it the year after its German release, so I probably saw it sometime in 93. Um, but yeah, absolutely fell in love with it. At the time, it was probably the goriest movie I had ever seen. Um, you know, basically anthology film. I mean, your listeners know if you've reviewed it, you know, anthology film broken up into two stories with a wraparound of a drug using older brother, baby, you know, um, against his will, babysitting his younger sister. And as a way of getting back, he basically tells her two of the most fucked up stories that he can possibly think of. The first, of course, being about a serial killer going out on a blind date. And the second uh, uh, being about a murderous raping priest who goes to hell after his death. And that hell scene, man, that that left such an impression on me because I just did not think movies could get that gory. I was still, you know, I was, what, 22 at the time. So, you know, even though I had been a horror fan for over 10 years by that point, it just took me completely by surprise that something could be that gory um and just fell in love with it instantly um still to this day probably easily a top five cinematic death for me obviously i'm talking about the guy getting bisected at the end absolutely loved it very reminiscent of um what terrifier and a bone tomahawk but yeah loved it yeah <clears throat> yeah it's fucking it's such a oh man i i 
you know, honestly, even when you watch it to this day, you're like, damn, dude, like that is some gory ass fucking craziness. <laughs> that's no, going on it. Yeah, man, I mean, I love watching that shit, man. Um, rating? Yeah. Uh, rating, I would, I would probably, uh, I love the film, but I also understand being that it's a shot on video from the early 90s. It's, you know, a lot of people aren't going to look at it as a cinematic classic by any stretch. But of course, I personally, because of the gore factor, absolutely love it. Um, so I come in at about a seven and a half out of 10 for this one. Yeah, man. I don't remember what we rated. I was probably higher. I, I have like a shot on video scale Ooh. that I use. Oh, nice. Just a second. But I will uh, tell you what we rated it. It's, it's actually right up there, man. Um, the Burning Moon is one of my favorite shot on video films, along with uh, video violence and shit. Everyone knows my love for video you. Gave violence, it an but... eight. I gave it a six, and Jeremy gave it a six point five. <laughs> Jeremy gave that a six and a half. Wow. <laughs> what? If you remember correctly, he doesn't really not like. I mean, he's usually pretty high on the shot on videos, like even video violence. I think he was a little higher. We we really need to do a part two shot on video. There's like a that. lot of episodes we need to do a volume two. I would like to do another Aussie one too, man. Yeah, yeah so. Patreon. Get on that, guys. Give us <clears> another <throat> Aussie and another Burning Moon. You know you want to. Okay. I know Derek was talking about giving us a French episode, which is long overdue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, who's next? JP, you go. I don't know what I watched. Seriously, like I know, you know, I watched three. Oh, okay. Um, geez, my memory is horrible sometimes. Um, Silent Hill from two thousand and so unprepared. <laughs> yeah, I, I can hear you clicking um, away, Jeremy. Two thousand six labeled as a drama thriller it's funny uh it follows a woman who is having trouble with her sleepwalking daughter and seems to be linked to the place where they uh where she was from called silent hill so she against her husband's wishes decides to venture to silent hill and basically try to figure out what the connection is with silent hill and her daughter's disturbing uh situation upon getting there um she gets pulled over by the police um decides to run away um which was dumb get to the town and it's like sort of this like haunted type thing it's based on a video game as you can tell i don't sound very enthusiastic because i i just ain't with this movie I just am not. It's it's a movie that I feel like is super tedious and to watch. Uh, it drags, drags so long. It's two hours and five minutes, but it felt like two hours and six minutes. It was so long. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad if your film is two hours and it feels like two hours. I don't like that. That's enough. Um, but yeah, and come on, dude five minutes you couldn't cut five minutes out this film to get it at two hours or under get out of here um, well it actually is two hours it's probably five minutes of credits at least so true that. true uh but yeah i mean there's some cool stuff in this movie i'm not overly familiar with the silent hill games i have played a few of them but i i've never played them long i don't like them 
Um, I feel like the games are running away, and I, I hate running away in video games. Yeah. Uh, running away, like the the mystery and stuff is cool, but like I like Resident Evil, which you also run away in. But if you're good and conserve ammo, you can like shoot away. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm a much more of a Resident Evil guy than a Silent Hill guy. Um, but but this Silent Hill movie, it, I don't, I'm not familiar enough with the games to know like if it's an accurate adaptation. I know some of the characters, like the nurses and the um, pyramid head and stuff like that. They're represented in here, kind of cool looking. There's also these little things that are like have like this like fiery look to, to their face or something. Um, the aesthetic is cool at times. Uh, and I will give it credit for a very shocking and brutal death that I did not expect. I have seen this film before twice. This is my third time watching it. Um, the first ever time I saw this, I thought it was really decent. The second time I watched it, it just it just didn't do anything for me. Uh, this time watching it again did even less for me. It, I still that death scene though, uh, late in the movie, still is pretty strong though, honestly. Mm-hmm. So I will give it credit for that death scene. Um, I feel like this film <laughs> uh, might be, a, uh, you know, a, a decent adaptation in this aspect. It feels like the woman is just running away the whole time. Like, and that's what I don't <laughs> like about Silent Hill is like it doesn't, especially in movie form, is these ghosts or whatever they are feel very under, like, capable because like. I'm like, how does she get away from this stuff? They these ghosts suck, and that that's a problem with like ghost movies that aren't that don't have a body count, is because they don't seem threatening because nothing has happened to threaten. Like they haven't killed anybody, so it's just like they scare her and she runs away. Same same thing with some other, you know, Japanese style ghost movies. I have that same issue sometimes, but mm-hmm. um, overall. I just don't like it that much. I don't necessarily think it's a bad movie. It's just very slow and not a good movie on rewatch. Uh, I am coming down from my previous rating, which was a six. I'm going to give it a 5.5. I am so happy to hear you not blow this movie because every time I say negative things about this, movie, (laughs) I usually get 20 people in a forum just jumping on me. Talking about, oh, you obviously don't know, you know, you don't know the mythology. You just don't understand the movie. Listen, I played and 100% completed the first three Silent Hill uh, games. I am very (laughs) familiar with the mythology. This movie just didn't do it for me. Hmm. Uh, I will. I'm kind of I'm with JP in the sense that I'm more of a Resident Evil player because there's more action involved. But the atmosphere in the Silent Hill games is second to none. I believe I mean, that because even even the clips, you know, I've watched some playthroughs and I've I've played a little bit. It is very. It, I I would argue it's more scary too. It is it is more of a yeah. engulfing scare. So I agree with that. I just think that Resident Evil is also scary, but still very 
entertaining the whole time. Yeah, it's definitely more action oriented, whereas Silent Hill is a little bit more puzzle oriented, where you just have to figure out stuff and uh, you know find keys. I mean, I know you do that in Resident Evil too, but that that element is a lot heavier in Silent Hill. But I mean, yeah, with the Silent Hill games, you usually start out without a weapon of any kind, other than like maybe a radio and a flashlight. And the yeah. radio, the only thing the radio is good for is to let you know when there's a monster around. Because when you start hearing the white noise, you know there's something you know supernatural around. So, I mean, I I still love the first three Silent Hill games. I specifically the soundtrack. I absolutely love the soundtrack for Silent Hill two and three. I actually own both of them on vinyl and. I I listen to them fairly often. I love them. Um, but hmm. yeah, that movie, I don't know, man. I Like I said, I am so happy that JP actually feels the same way because he is literally the first person that I've spoken to that actually feels the same way about that movie that I do. And I thought the second one was even worse. But that's another story. <laughs> I actually own the second one. I haven't seen it. I thought I owned this. Well, I do own it. But I'm looking down at my collection and I'm like, where the fuck is my Blu-ray of Silent Hill? I don't own it on Blu-ray. It's a DVD. I own Is this the, the second Patreon one on pick? Blu-ray. Yeah, this was from Fan of okay. Eli, who okay. usually was, gives me good stuff. He gave gonna, Jeremy a good one with the collection. I was going to say it had to have been a Patreon pick for you to rewatch Silent Hill. You know, I actually was not a fan of Silent Hill at all uh, back when it came out. I remember watching it and shit like that. Just yeah, never... I saw it when it came out, too. Yeah. So, it's like, yeah. And... I wasn't a fan of it. I never even, I never bought the DVD, but then, you know, Screen Factory puts out the fucking Blu-ray and of course I'm like, well, I gotta have the fucking... Really? Yeah, I I still haven't watched Mm -hmm. it, so I haven't revisited it and it's been, well, probably since 2006, so like 13 going on 14 years since I've seen it, so I just wanted to rewatch it, plus I didn't own it, so it wasn't upgrading, I was just like, whatever, I'll just grab it, so... Yeah, um... I don't remember much from it. I, I just remember not really caring for it. And yeah. I was, I'd never played the games. So again, I was like completely green going into Silent Hill. I didn't know about anything that was really going on. So, but I mean, it doesn't really matter, right? So, yeah, that's too bad too, because that was one of the most anticipated movies of that year for me. I was, yeah. when they announced the Silent Hill movie, I, I definitely got a nerd boner. I mean, it was, <laughs> I, I was very excited. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I just, I don't know. Maybe, maybe my expectations were just a little bit too high because of how big a fan I was of the games, especially two and three. Um, yeah. And yeah, the movie just didn't do it for me. Though JP's right, that kill is pretty fucking epic. <laughs> yeah, because especially because I really didn't expect it to be that, you know, kind of brutal and, mm-hmm. and you know, isn't disturbing. the fucking effects like really shitty in that movie though too? Like the they're CG not and very stuff. Good. Yeah, they're, no. <laughs> they're not very good. Because I remember um, the CG being like even back in 2006, being like, man, this CG sucks. A little bit. <laughs> like that's not good when you're watching it in modern times and you're like, man, this sucks. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but so that, yeah. yeah, that's uh, five point five. I give it a little above passing. It honestly, I went from the last time I watched it because I, I do keep a document of all my ratings. Um, I believe it was like two thousand and like fourteen or something, and I had given it a six or a six and a half. So yeah, every time I watch it, it seems to go down. Well, moving along uh, from a movie based off a video game to a movie an animated film a video game based off a movie (laughs) yeah so the video game of dead space was out and then they made a movie um it's basically a prequel to the video game wait you actually reviewing that yeah yeah i know it's just kind of weird that as a patreon i did yeah um and of course it's called dead space 
downfall from 2008. Uh, I had actually seen this before. Have um, you played Dead Space? Well, that's the thing. I'd never actually played the game. I had a buddy that I used to work with that uh, was like obsessed with this shit. And he's like, dude, you got to see this fucking this animated prequel to this video game. It's like super crazy, bloody and violent and shit. And like, uh, I mean, and you know, in the middle, in you know, 2008 and stuff, I had not really seen a lot of animated you know, kind of rated R type things and stuff. And I, I remember kind of digging. I mean, it was one of those nights where we were at a buddy's house and we were having some drinks and watching it as we watched it kind of thing, not really fully paying attention, but remembering bits and pieces of it. But, uh, but yeah, I had nothing. I, I, I was watching it like it was just a movie to me. It wasn't a prequel to anything I knew kind of thing. Right. So, but he's like, yeah, man, this is so cool. It explains all this shit. And I'm like, dude, you're a geek. So, but yeah, Dead Space Downfall from 2008. It's, uh, you guys ever played uh, Dead Space games? All three of them beat the hell out of them. Uh, yeah, I actually, I love the second one. It's one of my favorite games ever. Have you seen this before? Uh, the movie, absolutely. I own it. <laughs> okay, yeah, cool. How, how was the uh, second I played one? The first one, the first Dead Space, um, but I, I never played it through completion. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it was good. Not, not that I didn't like it. It's just that I, it was one of those like um, where the Xbox would do the like games with gold like the free games yeah the free monthly games yep uh so it was years after it had come out and i just never i I would always download the stuff and play a little bit of it and just too busy to i always wanted to go back to it though because it was it was fun oh totally yeah yeah the bosses in that game were great they those were always fun and always satisfying when you finished a boss fight they always look cool, man. Like I, I would see them play them games. I was like kind of that dude that I would sit around and drink beers and you know listen to tunes while they were fucking playing games. And I mean, there'd be other people there too, you know, bullshit mm-hmm. and stuff. But I kind of watched. Like I was just never because they were so much more into it. I just didn't want to steal their time playing their games and shit. Sure, so. sure. But it always looked cool. I mean, yeah. dark, dark and hoary and stuff. And yeah, absolutely. So. It's hard for me to go back to the first one because the second one was where they added the run mechanic. So it actually the pace of the game is a lot. Uh, more brisk the f- and then when you go back to the first one and, and you're trying to run the whole fucking time and it's like shit there's no run god damn it <laughs> yeah yeah um so get into the uh the synopsis of the film um it's basically about is this okay is this set in the future or is it set in like modern times oh i'm pretty sure it's future yeah i don't think it ever says if it's actually set in, like what time it's set, but obviously it it just appears it's going to be sometime in the future but anyways it's about like this uh this mining ship that's obviously in space and uh what they do is they kind of like harvest um you know other planets and stuff essentially kind of looking for like alien forms and things like that uh they get this duress signal from this planet and uh they basically go there and it's actually kind of controlling them a little bit and stuff they end up picking up this marker which uh you learn that it's um or they bring this like big marker thing mm-hmm on board and you kind of learn that this marker actually may be the reason uh it, it may have created life and stuff like that and i think the captain actually has kind of a an idea of this and stuff and they're not really supposed to be there and shit um but he he kind of knows what it is where the rest of the ship kind of doesn't know and stuff like that so he's willing to like you know go through all the ups and downs of keeping this thing on there and stuff but anyways you know they get um or they start to realize that the colony like the people there and stuff are committing like crazy violent acts and shit like that uh they harvest a piece of this planet they bring it on because they're a mining ship and stuff like that and then shit just kind of goes fucking haywire man 
Um, essentially, you got like these little alien creatures. What the hell are they called? They're called necromorphs. Necromorphs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So essentially, what this marker, what, what this planet is doing to these people, is making them go insane and like actually like kill themselves and like kill other people and shit like that. And then basically, these necromorphs they they essentially kind of invade your body. It's like a invasion of the body snatchers type thing, really. Um, a little bit different. Very violent. Yeah. yeah. Like they they kind of take over these bodies and shit like that and turn into these huge fucking like creatures and shit and yeah it's just like an alien it's kind of like watching alien meets star wars in a sense Hmm. because and the reason why i say star wars is because the way they the way they fight these creatures off bullets don't do shit against these alien creatures they have to fight them off it's almost like with these life lifesavers (laughs) it's really fucking bizarre it's like really weird the laser cutter, yeah. Yeah, the laser cutter. It, but it looks like a lifesaver, right? So it's kind of interesting. Uh, so basically, yeah. So shit goes kind of goes fucking crazy, and it's basically just you know the the people that are upon you know on the ship that have to fight against all those creatures and shit like that. Um, man, it's like really well done. I mean, for what this is, like the animation I thought was pretty cool and stuff. The pacing's great though. It's really great. It's only mm-hmm. 75 minutes. It gets right into it. Like, I mean, there's a quick little, you know, story, you know, with them going to this thing and harvesting this thing and 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 everything just breaks out instantly and the whole movie is just non-stop action. It's fucking bloody and it's gory. Uh it's it's like a hard R, so there's like, you know, lots of swearing in it and shit like that, but it's just super entertaining, man. It's really really great. And the whole time I was thinking, I was just thinking alien versus fucking star wars the whole time and i'm like that's pretty cool man it's like a really good version of star wars <laughs> like a really bloody violent version of star wars but it's just only because of the way they were killing off these creatures and shit but it's crazy man i was like watching this thing and i was like when it ended i was like holy fuck this thing's like already done like that's how entertaining this thing was man really really highly entertaining uh, i thought the animation is pretty good i mean i don't really have a lot to base it on i'm not like overly familiar with a lot of these type of things how would you say the animation is for this because i think it's pretty um, good no i like it it's very reminiscent of the second vampire hunter d movie Blood oh, okay okay so i haven't seen that one. i've seen the first one mm-hmm. uh, like i said i i've seen you know my f- uh, minor share of animated type films and stuff like ninja scroll and and, and mm-hmm. things like that so but I mean, the animation seems good to me, man. I think the voice acting in is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, the story is good. I think the ending's great in it too. I love the ending to it too. The ending's fantastic in this. Yep. So everything just kind of kind of works for what it is, man. It's just really fucking entertaining. So how is the second part, or how is the second movie? The second movie? Uh, the second Dead Space. Was there a second movie? Yes. Oh, then I missed it. Hmm. Uh, it is called Aftermath. Oh yeah! Oh, that's right. No, yeah, you're right. I uh, I did not see it. Oh, okay. I do remember vaguely hearing about it when it came out, but for some whatever reason, I never went out and watched it. Okay, so somebody has played the games. How is this prequel to the video game? Does it just explain a lot? Does it really work for the video game? Because not being a player I mean, of the get... game, I don't really know if this works for the video game. I mean, for me, going into the Super Green, it's really entertaining. I think it's it works yeah. on all levels as an animated horror film. It's it's fantastic. I love the thing I love about this is that it's ba- it's based in space. You know, I yeah. love spaceship like space and horror horror. You know, like alien kind of thing is sure. fucking awesome to me, man. I love this, but it's it's different though. It's not like your typical like Martian aliens and shit. It has like a force and it has these like these necromorphs and I just like the idea of them being controlled and like how they have this whole created creation of life and shit. Like, there's a lot of elements going on here, and I like the internal struggles too with like how the captain is really like selling like not really selling the soul but he's like willing to bring this thing back you know for money and shit like that but you know at the Mm -hmm. same time like Mm -hmm. you can't 
you can't bring this shit back to Earth because, I mean, it's going to end Earth kind of thing. Pretty much, yeah. So there's, um, like, this whole internal struggle that's going on with all these characters and stuff, and it's really well done. Like, for 75 minutes, they pack a lot of story into this. They pack a lot of action, blood and gore. It's just really well done. Highly recommend it. Yeah. I think they ripped through the story on the animated movie because... Um, anybody who um, the movie came out after the second game, so it came out between the second and third game. Okay. Um, and if you played the first two to completion, um, the movie doesn't really give you any new information. That's probably why they ripped through it because they figured most people watching it are going to be people who played the game. They already know the basic storyline. Um, you know, they we've seen the marker. We see the marker in part two. You actually touch it in part two, okay. which sets off all the whole chain of bullshit after that but um yeah it's um like i said uh gamers probably aren't going to learn a lot but they probably threw the little bit the little bits of exposition that they put in there is probably just for the few people who would watch it that haven't played the game but um it's still i mean it it works perfectly as far as a prequel goes like i said you're not really learning much you're just kind of seeing um, the stories that you hear about in the first two games, because in the first two games, there's audio files uh, that you'll find oh, little okay. collectibles and they give you little pieces of the story, whereas the animated prequel kind of fleshes it all out and you kind of see how it all came to be. Yeah, that that's that's awesome, man. That's cool. Yeah. yeah I mean, for me, like I said, you know, going into a super green, I just I just took it as a film, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> it's it's nothing. It's it's not a story leading up to anything that I know. So I think it really worked, and it works as a as a film itself. You know, like yeah. the way I'm perceiving it. Like like I said, for you, it's totally different. But the way I'm seeing it, even the way it ends, it's like it it doesn't come off as a prequel. It comes off as a fucking story. It has a beginning and ending to it, kind of thing. And you know, and obviously they leave it open for more story and shit like that too. But. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, yeah, that was a Patreon pick. I don't know if I said that. I'm actually not 100% sure who that actually was from. I don't know. JP, do you know who that was from? I always hate not saying the names. I always feel shitty when I don't say them. Uh, um, it was from... I want to say that was from the same person that... Uh, Jellybane. Jellybane. Okay. Thank you, Jellybane. That was uh, really fun. That was a fun watch. So, But... Uh, if I had to rate it, I'm going to come in super, super high because I really enjoyed this shit. And all I wanted to do was watch this, uh, the sequel to it, like right after. It's kind of like what happened with Vampire Hunter D, too. After checking out that shit, I loved the shit out of that. And I was like, I got to see the second one, too. So, um, <laughs> But I've really become a huge fan of animated films, you know, anime, animated films in general. Uh, I've gotten so much into DC animated films. When can I get you to watch Dragon Ball Z? <laughs> I don't, we, well, see, the problem is with that is that it's t like it's you know it's like a TV show kind of thing. And uh, it's so it's good. I know, but it's too much for me. Like the movies are kind of one and dones to me a little bit. So I'm really digging. Your that kid part. would probably love it. He would. No, the thing is, like he's watched more of the DC animated films than I have because I used to throw them on every morning when we were camping. You know, so I could sleep a little bit longer. <laughs> Watch a DC film, but he loves them, dude. And like, I was, I didn't really tell the wife that they're kind of hard R's and shit like that, but he, he's cool about it. He doesn't He'll repeat the shit. So, but anyways, yeah, between the DC animated films and all these animes and shit that we've done, you know, even this year, I've just become such a big fan. And, and the more I discover these things, the more I just want to watch them. I love them, man. They're great. Uh, but nine out of 10, man, I think it's a really, really worthy watch, man. If you love space and Star Wars, that's just the way I chalk it up. It's just only because of the way they kill the fucking necromorphs and shit. So, but mm-hmm. it's cool, man. It's fun. Fun. If you had to rate it, Venom, what would you actually give that one? Oh, same thing. Nine out of 10. Loved yeah. it. Yeah, it's good. 
back to you. All right. Uh, the next uh, movie on my list here is another gore fest, if you will. This time out of Italy. Uh, this is a first time watch for me. I just found, I finally found the DVD online for under $50. So I went ahead and grabbed it. Um, it was a mo- It's a movie that I've seen the trailer for for years now. And Moods, you and I actually had a short conversation about it online because I posted online uh, the night I was watching it. And that is 2011's Adam Chaplin. Oh, this, nice. this movie is I, I've reviewed batshit. that on this show as well. Oh, did you? Oh, my God. This movie is batshit insane. Necrostorm. It, the, the fucking trailer, which the trailer in and of itself is a gore fest, and it doesn't do the movie justice. Mm-hmm. I mean... You're, you're basically talking about uh, a character who lost his wife to a mob boss named Denny, and, and he we we get we actually get the scene where he kills his wife and he basically sets her on fire, which also looks amazing. But right from the start, you've got your main character just decimating a group of cops, and when I say decimating, I, I I'm <laughs> using that in the exact proper sense. He's punching people's jaws off. <laughs> I, he, he rapid fire punches people until their head is just a mound of fucking flesh i mean uh, as far as the quality of the film i mean you know you can kind of go either way with it i can see how a lot of people may not enjoy it once again shot on video um but yeah i mean if you're a gore hound this thing is an absolute must watch like i said i just picked it up this year because every time i found it on dvd it would always be ridiculous like 30 40 50 bucks and finally i found someone who sold me one on ebay for under 20 so i i I jumped at it and absolutely fell in love with this movie um the main character um I actually, the first time I watched it, I actually watched it in Italian because I like to think that I understand Italian. And I think I caught like three quarters of it. Um, you know, this guy, he, he lost his wife to a mob boss, sold his, it, it seems like he sold his soul to some, you know, th- Satan or a demon or whatever. Yeah. And he actually has a demon living inside of his right shoulder, like on his back, that'll mm. pop out and, you know, every now and again, make like a witty line. He's like the comic relief of the movie, if you will. And whenever the demon pops out, Adam, uh, the main character's eyes go white and he just turns into super violent, you know, fucker number one. It is amazing. I, I, I don't think I could give this movie justice as far as just how violent and gory it really is. So, I mean, if you're a gore hound, this thing is an absolute must watch. It's only an hour and 20 minutes or so. It's a quick watch. It was actually released on Halloween night in 2011. So, man, that must have been a fun night in Italy for well, certain people anyway. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, uh, this movie is directed, written, and stars Emmanuel DeSanti. Uh, I'm not sure what else he's done, but he's definitely eye candy for the ladies because, I mean, this dude is ripped like a motherfucker. I mean, he's an absolute bodybuilder. He's got the long hair. He kind of looks like Peter Steele from Typo Negative a little bit. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, if you're a gore hound, I cannot recommend this one enough. The story, eh, it's okay. It's your basic revenge plot story. You know, it's almost like a video game because, you know, our, our protagonist has to go through a series of like underlings before he finally gets to the boss so it definitely has like a violent video game feel to it almost like a splatterhouse if you guys remember that game um but yeah yeah. 
I love this movie. I, this is definitely going to be at least an annual watch for me going forward. So yeah, this was 20 bucks. Very well spent. So, um, as far as a rating goes, um, man, I, I enjoyed this one so much, but I can't bring myself to give it a higher rating than, um, burning moon, which is literally still one of my favorite, just gore fests ever. So I would probably come in at about a seven out of 10 for Adam Chaplin. Yeah, right. dude. I mean, if you're if you're a fan of uh, you know that style of film, you know where it's kind of they kind of put a little bit of graphics into the uh, into the gore and shit like that. Like mm-hmm. there's there's it's like it's the studio. These guys make games and shit like that too. You can tell it's like a whole animation type thing. Um, but he also went on to do a movie called Judy. It's it's a really it's a totally different type of film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty good. But are you familiar with Necrostorm, the the studio out of Italy? Uh, they. Uh- they not yeah. not as much. I mean, now mm-hmm. I am after buying this movie. But yeah, I mean, I had heard the name before, but I don't think I had ever seen any of their films. They okay, did so, those uh, Inferno movies, right? Uh, yeah, like Hotel, Hotel Inferno. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they got the third one should be coming out soon, I think, too. But uh, yeah, they went on to do like um, one of my favorite movies. I actually have a shirt for this and everything. But I own like all the Necrostorm stuff. I'm a huge fan of this, these type of films. But Tater City is actually like my favorite one. Um, maybe this is the reason why I keep getting flagged on fucking youtube because i use clips from adam chaplin and and uh, tater city so right there, <laughs> the but tater city man it's it's very much on the same type of line it's got that like real symphonic soundtrack and it's just over the top gore ridiculous uh hotel inferno is really interesting because it's like a pov it, it almost feels like you're watching a video game hmm. right it the, the main character is it's all pov you never get to see him and he's literally going through this hotel inferno and fighting or blasting away demons and shit. It's fucking cool. It's a POV gore fest. Just ridiculousness. It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Sweet 313, I think, is like a prequel to those. And then they do have a hotel part two. And there's a part three, I think, coming out. I'm not sure if it's come out. And they just released another movie called Necro Red, I believe, or it's coming out or something like that. So I got to get on those ones. But, yeah, if you're a fan of Adam Chaplin, man, you got to check out Tater City, man, hands down. And then check out Hotel Inferno. I think you might become a massive fan because if you like these type of style films and gore, there's definitely uh, – you're not at a loss in any of these movies. So Nice. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely a fan. And I'm going to – yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely going to look out for more Necrostorm stuff. Yep. <clears throat> cool jp uh yeah um adam chaplin uh was reviewed also on the show by jeremy uh episode 10 and me he gave it a 9 out of 10 uh i gave it a 7 out of 10 same as venom on episode 154 nice so if you want to hear wow, more, jeremy gave it a 9 out of 10 yeah i'm, I'm still like wow. shocked i couldn't even say anything about that <laughs> Jer- there's different eras of jeremy <laughs> the eras of jeremy interesting that's very um so yeah my next film is uh coming from tyler tadio uh we have prince of darkness uh john carpenter film from the year 1987 i had mentioned that i was not a big fan of this film um and that i actually fell asleep while or went to sleep watching it in the theater if you've learned anything uh, from listening to the show over the years if you ever mention that you're not a fan of something bam next month you have it on as a patreon page. i know right uh so i've seen this film this is probably like the fourth time i've seen it uh it follows a priest played by donald pleasance who is uh gets a, a group of 
students and a professor to join him at a uh abandoned maybe church i'm not sure if it's abandoned or not it's a church uh where there's this mysterious cylinder in the basements with swirling green liquid uh that supposedly houses some sort of demonic force possibly satan possibly something worse than satan um and it's up to this group to kind of study it figure out what it is and uh eventually stop it uh, after watching it this time, I've come to the conclusion that this is one of John Carpenter's worst films. Uh, I I truly feel that way, man. This movie, I, dude, it's sh- let me get this out of the way. It is shot well. It it looks like classic Carpenter. Like like I I actually love the the cinematography in this film as well as the music. But that's like it, dude. This movie is poor in story it does not make fucking any sense um the the whole fact that this well, it's this about liquid an evil force is brewing up for fucking until it until it needs to do what it needs to do it's uh this an, it's an evil this force liquid is explained as being found in like ancient <clears throat> times and like kept under wraps by um the vatican and shit and I'm just like, okay, well, how did they find... Okay, how did they know it was evil? Like, how did they know it was, like, the canister? It's sealed from the inside? Like, what? This is... Like, none of that makes sense. They don't go into it too deep. Uh, Then the fact that you have um, the liquid coming out and sort of possessing people, yet all the homeless hobos around the area are somehow under either mind control or are violent towards the, the people. No, no, no. He's just stating that all homeless people are violent criminals. Exactly. <laughs> but, no, so these, these, these homeless people are attacking and won't let the people leave. And I'm like, why? Because Alice Cooper's leading them and he says, fucking let's get them. But why? Because he's Alice Cooper. He can do what he wants. Okay, and then, but then the, on the inside, which is closer to the jar, so it's not a proximity thing. The people have to be like touched by the liquid. Um, it it doesn't make sense. It is horrible. It it this movie is horrible, and it's I didn't realize it was this bad until I really, really looked at it. This movie just does not make sense. There's nothing in it that feels like it was flushed out or thought about. And I'm actually shocked that Carpenter did this film um, because it just doesn't – it has no purpose. It, it, it Yeah, okay. But it's like the most black and white basic like bad versus good. Like the the whole jar thing is kind of dumb. Uh, the, the way that it's the, – the whole thing with the mirror is stupid. It's just – I don't know, man. This this is sad. That's, that's to the, me. That's the – the fucking entrance to the other side. I mean, that's pretty prevalent in, like, every fucking movie, to be honest. Like, demonic forces and shit like that. It's the doorway. It's the window. Dude, if... I just don't understand. Like, okay, if it has the power to change all the homeless people into these lunatics, why why is it not... Do- and you can make the argument, oh, well, the faith, that's, you know, saves them from being taken over, but these fucking scientists aren't, like... Uh, these students aren't fucking you know holier holy people or anything you know what i mean it i just don't get the movie it just it's stupid well they start getting <laughs> taken over once 
how does it happen? I think somebody the, actually the gets liquid, exposed the to it. The girl yeah. goes down to the basement and the liquid squirts on her that's face. That's right. That's right. She like gets she exposed from the, from the liquor. Yeah, exactly. Right. She gets exposed and then it kind of. But th- I mean, that's the start of the plague. That's the sp- that's the no, start of the demonic plague. Because the, the other people are already acting a fool and I believe even kill people already outside. So well, it's, it's fucking. It, it's it's a force. Sense. It's kind. It's kind of like. It's kind of like well, what okay, I was just talking why, about in Dead Space. If the force can take over the people outside, why don't they just get shit done and take over them inside? It's not like the force needs them for anything. At least that I've noticed. What does the force need them for? And how is the force growing stronger? And why is it happening well, now? What they need them for is they need to change them over to because it's it's a demonic evil story, man. It's about taking over the world, making everything fuck evil. Bullshit. Right? So, it's fuck bullshit. Well, that's what it. That's what the whole point is. That's the point of everybody kind of changing is to. It's it's just like a. It's basically Satan in a fucking bottle, and demonic force. I mean, they demonic forces only have one goal. Demonic forces only have one goal is to take over the world, make it all evil, make it their world now. Right? They're well, trapped this in there. is the anti-god. It's the anti-matter, and it wants to anti everything. I but, mean, but the, but the but the Vatican covering it up makes sense because I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe the Vatican. Maybe they're smarter than everybody else. They realize what it was. They built the church over it to protect the the people and stuff. They covered it up for that long and stuff. How they knew about it, who fucking knows? I don't know if that's explained <laughs> away. But you know what? It's all religious based, though. I mean, it's good versus evil. The good people just that know what the hell's going on, right? So they they covered it up. I mean, really, I mean, it's don't the Vatican cover up everything as it is anyway. Yeah, but that's not even the main <laughs> plot line. That's just like what that's just a, a fucking exposition. On no, why. I'm just I'm just explaining it away. Why? I mean, they knew that it was evil. So they did something about it and they knew yeah, what, they what it was going to do. do with it. So they're just like, we'll just well, that's, hold because, it here until something happens. Because in this ex- explanation, they knew what it could become, which is, you know, take over the yeah, entire world. Yeah, how did shit, they so. know that? Well, I don't think it really matters matters to me how do they know and how do they know all the shit about god and stuff and all the shit that they believe because in man? i mean jesus told them man right damn it i mean it's, it's the same way really i mean it's 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 all part and, of that religious like fairy oh tales. and another fucking major problem with this film is the fucking techno babble bullshit dialogue that's throughout the entire film Come this on, is the Asian guy's entertaining, man. He's entertaining. He actually is. He's the best character. I like how he's um, like he'll, he'll say some jokes and everyone's just like offended by him and shit. <laughs> I just expect so better funny. from Carpenter, man. I don't know, dude. It's like I I am. I don't being understand why everything has to be explained in this film. For I mean, you're taking well, it everything like it's, doesn't like it have to, but nothing is. There's a difference. Everything doesn't have to be, but some stuff needs to be. Because <laughs> it, it, it's fucking boring, too, man. It's fucking boring. That, like, there's one good scene. What, like, not, There's more than one, but, I mean, there's one notable scene that I like where the guy goes to leave the church, and he's walking down the road, and then he sees Alice Cooper with a fucking bicycle. He gets killed by a fucking bicycle frame. And uh, he goes to turn around, and he walks up the steps, and there's, like, fucking 30 homeless people just staring at him and that's actually kind of creepy but i don't think this is why john carpenter used an alias when he wrote this film he wrote this movie under martin quatermass probably after the quatermass films yeah probably (laughs) pretty fucking funny this film fucking sucks i don't want to put my name on it it's probably because it was done from a different studio and he had no choice that's probably (sighs) dude i don't know man i i'm just i think like to me carpenter's worst that i've seen is um, Village of the Damned, and this is only well, it's a good bit better than it because that movie really does suck. But um, 
I think yeah, this is Yeah, but it. you know what? This Those is my da- least favorite I don't even film. count it because it's like a fucking remake. I mean, yeah. I guess that I wouldn't be able to really count the thing. But I mean, whatever. It, it was it was just a movie to make cash and stuff. But I think, honestly, his worst film is probably, for me, is The Ward. I have never seen it, so I can't call Oh, it. I didn't hate The Ward. I thought The Ward was decent. I didn't really care for it. It man. was slow, but I mean, better I know that. I know that was a higher director type movie i think he just directed the fucking script and stuff so yeah but but it is what it is man i I, honestly i think i think i remember that movie being like okay this is the most predictable shit in the world and it like went exactly where i was thinking i'm like fuck off really (laughs) there's no twist in it i mean there was a twist but it was like i saw that coming a mile away Mm -hmm. yeah but you know i just i just really don't care for this movie at all it's it's one that I almost like tricked myself into liking the first time I watched it because it was Carpenter and it was shot good and the music was good. I know what's good. happening here. I know what's happening here. It's because you're such a huge Wes Craven fanboy that you just have to disrespect the fucking Carpenter. <laughs> He's like, John- man, if Wes Craven had made this movie, would have made it so much more believable. <laughs> We're talking about demonic forces Probably here, man. Have. It's satanic takeover. Come on. Um, no, I don't know, dude. It's 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 pretty weak for me. Uh, it's one that I really just don't want to watch again. Like I've watched it maybe like four or five times now. Um, you gave it an eight. I see when you watched. I it like last. it, man. I you know what? I the one thing I will say about this movie that bugs me. I wish they had used Alice Cooper more because he just like fits. yeah, he's cool. Yeah, it's kind mm-hmm. of a shame, but uh, I'm coming in at a six. They probably only had Alice Cooper for a day of shooting. They shot all his scenes in a day, probably. What'd you say? Six? Six. Yeah. Okay. It's really... Oh, you're going to get blasted on this one, buddy. Probably. <laughs> oh, man. You're going to get blasted. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather watch Deadly Blessing. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Yeah, Fuck would. off. No. Okay. Seriously. Deadly... <laughs> Deadly Blessing over Prince of Darkness. Yep, I never. I don't want to watch Prince of Darkness for a long time. Because Deadly Blessing has a great performance from Sharon Stone. It's really the only reason to watch it. <laughs> uh, Michael Berryman. Michael Berryman. Yeah, Deadly Blessing's okay. Yeah, it's all right. I, it's not Craven's best. All right, you're way. up. Am I okay? What am I doing? What the fuck am I reviewing here? Oh my god, I'm unorganized too. Oh yeah. Okay, so I know this one's coming from Tone Joker. Uh, from 1974, we have Five Women for the Killer. Is that the last Giallo you needed to do? Yeah, I know. I did these over like three months span. It was kind of ridiculous. Uh, this is a an Italian slash French co-production. Um, yeah. Five Women for the Killer. Uh, this one is basically about this reporter dude. Uh, beginning of the movie, he's obviously on a, an assignment, and he gets word that his wife is going into labor, so he rushes home, back to the, the old country, and um, she actually ends up dying in labor. And, of course, he's, like, totally distraught. The baby lives. And uh, he finds out later, like, right after that, that um, the baby actually isn't his. He finds this out from his doctor by accident. He's in the doctor's office doing whatever, and he's looking at his uh, his report and stuff, and it says that he is sterile. So he's like, well, what the fuck, man? What the hell's going on? So he has a big fucking hissy fit about this shit. And he's like, how could this be and shit like that? 
Um, so then he kind of sparks up like his, it's kind of, it's like the movie is so choppy in storytelling. It's so strange because his wife dies. He finds out that this child is not his because he's sterile. And <laughs> then he starts dating this fucking doctor. Like right away. I'm like, wow, that guy didn't really care for his wife. No, too much city. It's just really, really strange storytelling. Anyways. So he starts dating this doctor and shit like that. And then, um, when pregnant women start, getting picked off one by one all over the place and that's the big mystery so he's trying to figure out what the hell exactly is going on with this and because it seems like every woman that he gets involved like he gets involved with this pregnant woman at one point too and stuff while he's dating this chick like I said the story is just all over the fucking place in this one and these pregnant women start getting picked off one by one so that's the mystery police investigation he's trying to investigate it's very very kind of typical giallo stuff i will say man um man the women in this movie a lot of the victims are so hot like super super hot a lot of tits a lot of muff in this like real good 1974 huge muff it's amazing (laughs) um but man like it's just it's like an awkward film because the storytelling is just all over the place it's one of those type of movies where it goes from character to character like there's no introduction to him at all all of a sudden this character is just on screen and then they're being killed by this pov killer wearing gloves i might add but the funny thing about this giallo is is that they're not black it's so fucking weird i've seen a million giallos of pov killers and shit and they're always dressed in the black coat and you know the black gloves and shit i think the gloves in this are like this kind of weird creamy cream color it's just odd i guess it goes with the very bizarre storytelling to this um but yeah man like this one right here it kind of plays itself out very very choppy like i said introduces characters and it jumps into the next scene this woman dies next scene and it goes in a little bit investigation you're like who the fuck was that like where are they coming from <laughs> like it's not even because it was subtitled i'm just like what the fuck this has got the messiest fucking storytelling ever um but i did like the music in it though it's it's very awkward too because you don't really see a lot of gels with like jazzy soundtracks it's got like this really elegant jazzy soundtrack to it while you're watching this you're like okay yeah i can kind of dig this shit man it's kind of cool um i will say that i did not see the ending coming in this at all because where it goes, it actually kind of does it, it, it does a little special thing at the end here. It, it gives you, you know, the reveal is pretty decent in it. And then it has like another twist. And the reason for the second twist is because along this ride of all these pregnant women being killed, one of the women that's murdered in this film actually isn't pregnant. So, and they, they don't even disclose it at all. It just kind of comes out in the end. Like, yeah, by the way, there was this one woman that wasn't killed or that wasn't pregnant. So, uh, she, or, you know, this person or this person could have been responsible for the, for the killings and stuff like that. I'm like, okay. So it kind of gives you this, like the second twist ending and shit. And it's like, Oh, what the fuck, man? But all in all, pretty standard stuff, man. It was, it's decent for what it is. I didn't hate it by any means. A little hard to follow at times. Like I said, just not great storytelling, but. I'm going to come in about a six and a half out of 10. Definitely not one of the better giallos I've seen out there. I can see why maybe it doesn't have release, but you know, I wouldn't actually mind seeing this one get a, get a release because it's uh, one I've really never heard anyone talk about, but um, it's okay. It's, it's just, it's, it feels like an awkward giallo. It's really strange. So yeah, but I, I will say, man, the, the reveal in this movie is absolutely hilarious. I'm just like, are you serious? This is why all these pregnant women are dying. <laughs> like it's, it's fucking crazy, man. And then they throw in this like really odd twist, and it's just okay. So I'll give them props for that for pulling that shit out. But yeah, five women for the killer. 1974. All 
All right. So the last one I'm going to talk about tonight is actually the newest film on my list. And when I say new, I mean very new, as in it dropped a week ago today. It is the latest of Hulu's and uh, Blumhouse's Into the Dark series. It is the Christmas episode, and it is called A Nasty Piece of Work. Um, This is by far my favorite of the Into the Dark movies I've seen. I haven't seen all of them, admittedly. I've probably only seen like maybe half of them. But this one blows away last year's Christmas movie, which was uh, called Puka. But yeah, nasty piece of work for people who enjoy movies like Would You Rather or The Invitation. I I think this movie is going to speak to you guys. Um, Basically, a a couple are invited to a Christmas night dinner at the the CEO of the company that the husband works at. Uh, It's basically at his mansion. And, you know, basically a lot of weird stuff starts happening. And uh, at one point in the movie, uh, the husband actually shoots his wife. Um, Excuse me, the host. So the CEO actually shoots his wife in the middle of the Christmas party, the little dinner party that they're having uh, with about two other couples. And it basically goes from there. It turns into a big old, you know, cat and mouse game. And uh, basically the whole thing is surrounded around a um, an executive promotion that's available at the company. And this is basically a test. So basically the CEO is testing these uh, two candidates for the job to see what they're willing to do for the company and for him. Um, you know, the movie kind of goes through a downward spiral of more perceived violence and um, a lot of revelations from every character in the movie. Some characters are, you know, infidel, um, are, you know, not faithful to their wives. Um, others, you know, maybe like one character kind of treats his wife like a trophy wife in the sense that he's very kind to her when she's around, but then when she's not around, he talks about her like she's basically just a piece of ass that, you know, is hanging from his arm. Um, But like I said, this is absolutely my favorite of the Into the Dark movies. It's a quick watch. It's about an hour and 25 minutes. Um, It's a fairly predictable film. I mean, like I said, anybody who's seen movies like that where somebody's invited to someone's house and, you know, for a nefarious reason. So... You know, like I said, if you've seen stuff like Would You Rather and The Invitation, you kind of know what you're getting into, except that this one definitely has a lot more comedy in it. Um, There's some legitimately funny scenes in it, and it actually stars Julian Sands, yes, the warlock himself, as the CEO, and... um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to. I, I don't want to talk too much about it because I've probably already given away more than I should. Because I went into this completely dark. Anybody who listens to my shows knows that I don't. Li- I don't watch trailers. I don't read reviews That's until right. I see a film. So yeah, I go. I went in completely blind to this, and I had an ear to ear grin from beginning to end. I absolutely love this film. It's not a perfect film by any stretch. It's a horror comedy, of course. It's not very violent, as opposed to the first two movies I talked about tonight. Not very gory, um, but it's definitely a solid psychological thriller with a few horror elements thrown in. The Christmas aesthetic 
isn't really in your face. I mean, the, the, the movie kind of starts out at a company Christmas party. And then, of course, the invitation to go to the CEO's mansion is on Christmas Eve. And, and that's pretty much it as far as Christmas stuff. I mean, you'll see some decorations. You'll see a Christmas tree in the background and whatnot. Um, so it doesn't really, you know, it, it's a movie that easily could have been set on any date. But they went ahead and just went with Christmas. Um because there is a little bit of anger with some of the employees because the CEO announces that no one is going to be getting Christmas bonuses that year, including people at the executive level. So, you know, it, it kind of, you know, creates a little bit of animosity between some of the underlings uh, in the company. But like I said, um, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Um, the Into the Dark movies aren't always great. I mean, they pretty much average at around middle of the road to just okay. Um, only really two or three of them that I've ever seen would I consider good to great. And uh, this one, like I said, it just worked for me. It had just enough comedy. It had just enough mystery. And the end is actually very satisfying. I was very happy with the end. Um, it's a little bit of a twist, but it's a twist that if you've seen movies like this before, you it, it's pretty telegraphed. So um, as far as that aspect of it, you know, it, it, it's not really – it's not like a jaw-dropping twist by any stretch. But – I really enjoyed this one, and I recommend this one. Are these full-length movies? Yes. Yes. Uh, they they average, are full-length movies. Yeah, okay. they're usually about an hour and 20 to an hour and 30 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I like this one. I, it's on Hulu. If you have access to a Hulu account, I would suggest checking this and some of the other Into the Dark movies. Um, the, the July episode was called Culture Shock. That was another one that I really enjoyed. And then the April uh, movie from this year is called I'm Just Fucking With You. Yes, that is the title of the movie, and that one kind of leans a little bit more towards comedy, but it's still solidly grounded in horror because it is a slasher. So, um, I was actually going to watch that one, but it, it's it, I thought it was like really short. I thought it was like an hour long or so. I thought it was like a TV episode or some shit like that. Well, they it's technically it. a TV yeah. series. like it, yeah. They're episodic format, but it is feature-length films. Exactly. So they actually it's like masters like, okay. of horror if they added a little bit more time onto them essentially mm-hmm. yep. and not directed by masters yeah 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 i think the shortest one's like an hour and 15 minutes and hmm. the longest one's like maybe an hour and 40 oh interesting but yeah julian sands no he's not the warlock anymore man he's known as the fucking phantom yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, i'm God. old so <laughs> so I love Warlock, but so yeah, uh, I watched the Thanksgiving one and it was it was pretty good. Yeah, Pilgrim. I liked Pilgrim on my first watch, but then I I made the mistake of watching yeah, it again. Don't do that. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I don't know why I do that because it, it's just I'll get bored and I'll think of something that I watched recently that I liked, and if it's available on streaming, I'll just throw it on. But Pilgrim, yeah, when I watched it the second time there was just too many plot holes in it for me it was just such a fantastical concept of yeah. how they how that couple you know patience and uh ethan ethan and patience um how they were able to you know think that they could get away with that on top of the fact that they obviously hadn't done that th- that wasn't the first time they did that they obviously had some kind of experience with what they were doing in that film and you know th- there was a few problems i had with it overall the performances were good it's got some decent gore um 
but it's definitely not one of my favorites of the Into the Dark series. Hmm. Gotcha. Um, all right. Cool. Moving on. Um, my last one here. Uh, it is from 1995 from the homie James Cox, or should I say ex-homie James Cox, because um, he gave me Proteus from the year 1995. Have you seen? Has, have either of y'all seen this? No. Heroin smugglers hop on an abandoned boat. Yeah, I actually have the uh, VHS of this. <laughs> uh, yeah, so cool cover, by the way. Um, cool VHS cover, but yeah, it follows a group of heroin smugglers who are, um, you know, on a, a raft. Their their um, yacht or boat or whatever sinks, and they're on a raft, um, and they are floating in the ocean. They just so happen to come across a like oil freight thing or something. Like, you know, I don't know if it's like a like an oil rig or what it is. Anyway, they get on, it's seemingly abandoned, and they uh, notice like a laboratory, and in the laboratory it looks like there's some like genetic research going on. It doesn't look like what, it looks like this oil rig or whatever the hell it was is a cover for some kind of uh, genetic research. Um, You find out they're doing these experiments, and there's um, basically... uh, the the heroin dealers and and or yeah the heroin dealers are being attacked by something and that's basically your story um dude i fucking hated this movie (laughs) (laughs) um i watched it we were supposed to do three what we watched last week but the show went a little long this was the one that i had watched for it so it, it was already already a slog to get through and i completely forgot a lot about this movie so i threw it on again before we recorded and just had it in the background but then i was in a, a deep text um earlier <laughs> and i, I wasn't happened? able to <laughs> nothing <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I, I just kind of had it on in the background, caught a little bit more plot points and stuff like that. Um, basically this thing like consumes the other people and, um, can like kind of mimic them or something. Yeah. Um, it's fucking just one. It's fucking boring. It is so boring for being on a boat, which I know moods loves. Um, you, you can't even barely tell it's on a boat because everything's like interior. Uh, could, it's probably just like a set. Um, yeah. And then also, like, there's this horrible like monster vision that where where it's like going down the corridors of the boat, and it's like all this shitty like colorized tone shit that like vision that you see. Um, and then it's like attacking people. <clears throat> Uh, some stuff's off screen. It's just, it's just like feels like it could have been a cool creature feature, and it just like kind of shits the bed. And um, there's like a a character twist like later in the movie that was stupid. I'd say, yeah, definitely stupid. Um, I just, man, this one was just fucking painful for me. I don't, I don't know if James gave me this because he thought I would like it or or what. But I just I just couldn't get into this one, dude. It's it's a bad '90s sci-fi kind of creature movie thing. But yeah, um, 
Oh, another thing. Characters bland, boring, super fucking lame as fuck. So, um, I'm coming in at a solid 2.5 out of 10. <laughs> solid. <laughs> so, I don't remember the last time this happened, but all three of your movies you shit on this week. <clears throat> did I? Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess I did. Silent Hill, <laughs> Prince of Darkness. I don't know what the fuck was up with that, but... And then this pro me to shittiness or whatever the fuck you said. Yeah. Well, I, the other choices I had was M, which is not necessarily a horror film. Um, but it's but fucking it, it was, good though. It's like two hours, so I was like, ah, I'll save that one for next time. It's a, it's a Night of though. Horror, which is the I I tried watching that one instead of fucking um, Prince of Darkness, but the fucking transfer that I have, it's on YouTube, is goddamn awful. And it's a, a like shitty looking. So I was like, it's a short movie though. So I will get to it. I was just like, I don't feel like watching this. And that is the French one from like eighty one. No, it's I showed you. It was, a, it was not the French one. Oh, okay. From so 81. same year, same year with the same name. Yeah, it's called Night of Horror from nineteen eighty one. It has an average of one point three stars out of ten on IMDb. Okay. Well, it sucks you didn't get the other with the French one because that movie's well, it's got a release from Synapse Films and it's actually pretty good. Yeah, it says Steve's buddy Chris can't understand why he's reluctant to play in their band. So one night, Steve's oh, house. Yeah. It's Steve, yeah, so yeah. Um, Definitely not. Yeah, not a single one of the actors have a fucking picture next to their name. That's <laughs> <laughs> the, the, fucking, the fucking huge tell, right? Yeah. Uh, that's uh, awesome. Fuck, dude. I mean, it's one, like reviews here on IMDb. One out of ten. One out of ten. One out of ten. Two out of ten. Oh, very nice of you. One out of ten. One out of ten. One out of ten. One out of ten. Three out of ten. Wow. One out of ten. One out of ten. This guy gave it a six. Somebody accidentally hit the wrong One out of ten. Ten out of ten. What the hell? This guy's trolling. He said, okay, here's his review. Titled, Wicked, Wicked, Wicked. Three exclamation points. Wicked? Comma wicked, 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 comma wicked. Four exclamation points. Watch it for the for a night of sheer dot 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 horror. Untouchable in the script and screenplay. This film makes a mockery out of a so-called classic such as Star Wars. F K Mag states, and I quote: "Wicked, wicked, wicked." What the okay, fuck does okay. that? Mean? People should not be writing reviews when they're having seizures. That's that review ridiculous. was published October thirty first in the year two thousand. This motherfucker named Daniel Sun, go figure, sat at home on Halloween night and wrote this review out. Wow! In two thousand. What a fucking geek boy! The new millennium on the cusp of the new. <clears throat> Millennium, just just right there in the new millennium. All kind of st- technology's changing, all kind of cool shits happening, and this guy's sitting on IMDb on his fucking dial-up internet writing a review for. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Fuck. Probably why he kept putting all those wickeds with the exclamation points in there, man, because his internet kept cutting out. Somebody kept picking up the phone. <laughs> Wait a minute. Where's, where's yeah? Where? He'd be like, where the fuck is searching? You didn't do searching. Uh, I'm doing that right now. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. I was going to say, how the fuck did you know I was doing that? But yeah, no, that's weird that you, because I do have other Patreon picks, but uh, yeah. yeah I so just, I was just hoping for that one. Yeah, so next film up here, uh, for, or last for me tonight, is actually uh, from 2018. I don't really get a lot of newer films to review. It's kind of weird. Uh, called Searching, um, starring Harold from Harold and Kumar, uh, <laughs> a.k.a. John Cho. Um, you know, it's funny, like, I... I remember seeing the trailer for this film actually in the cinema because I don't watch trailers, but I don't also leave the cinema when trailers come on. And I was like, that movie looks like shit. <laughs> That's the first thing I fucking said. I was like, that movie looks like shit. It's another one of these stupid fucking technological fucking all shot on computer shit. And I'm going to fucking hate this thing. Um, basically the synopsis of the film is, um, John Cho is a single father. Uh, he's got a 16-year-old daughter. His wife has passed away from cancer. Uh, it takes place about a couple years after his wife passes away from cancer. And um, he thinks that he's got, like, a, you know, like a perfect daughter kind of thing and stuff. And, you know, she seems to be. You know, she's, uh, you know, at these study sessions, she seems to be going places and stuff. And he's very in touch with his daughter. Very, very much in touch with his daughter. It appears that they have, like, this really great relationship and stuff. And one day she just kind of stops texting. And uh, so he starts freaking out, obviously, and then um, realizes that she's actually fucking missing. And that's pretty much the the plot of the movie. Um, This was a great movie, man. This was a really, really well done film. Um the aspect that I was, I thought was going to be torture for myself is this movie's all shot on computers and cell phones and uses the footage from TVs and stuff. And it's, it's all done like that, all technology, uh, technology and stuff. And at first I was like, okay, is this going to change? And then it doesn't, it continues through the whole film, but you actually don't even realize it's being done like that throughout the film. I really enjoyed it, man. It was really great. But one thing I enjoyed about this film a lot was the setup between the father and the daughter they set this shit up, man, to, like, they really, really bond this relationship so well to the viewer, man. Like, you really fucking feel his pain that she's gone missing, and, like, he really loved his daughter and really thought that he knew everything about her and stuff. And that's one thing, a great a big aspect of the film is that he starts to learn things about her, and he's like, well, where, like, did she run away kind of thing and stuff? It all starts with, you know, he finds out that he, she was taking um, the piano lessons uh, money and basically deposited into another account and stuff. And, and it's kind of cool how the story develops. He, he starts to learn things about his uh, his daughter that he never knew and shit. And then, and then of course, there's this angle with uh, this detective that's in you know investigating her disappearance and stuff. And that's done really kind of interestingly too because you know at first like it just seems so strange that she's like talking to him like through FaceTime and Skype and things like that. And you're like, what the fuck? But it, it all kind of plays into the narrative like quite well and stuff. But this one kind of goes into a, a, a place where I didn't really expect to go. And I thought it was just fantastically acted. I thought John T- Cho was fantastic in this. Um, the girl from Will and Grace, what the fuck's her name? Uh, Melissa. Was that what her name? Melissa. No, what the fuck is who? What, what's the chick from Will and Grace? Anybody know? <laughs> I'm heterosexual. Sorry, Deborah Messing. Deborah Messing. She plays a detective in this movie. <laughs> that was so. underrated joke right there. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually kind of funny, man. Uh, I've never seen it. I don't know. But yeah, I had I had had females that watched that shit before. So, anyways, I digress. Uh, Deborah Messing plays the um, the cop in this, which I'd never actually really seen her in too many movies before. I only recognize her from like TV and shit like that. But she does a really good job in this role, actually. 
But uh, the selling point to this is actually the way the movie shot, you know, through the computers and all that type of stuff. And it's got a really, really great developing story and shit. And, uh, oh, man, like it goes into a place too. I'm like, I don't know if it's like fully, fully believable exactly what happens in the end of this film. But I mean, on two different levels, I mean, I don't want to give anything away, obviously, but, uh, I mean, whatever it works for what it is. I mean, you got to kind of separate yourself sometimes from these type of stories, but, um, all in all, man, I think it's a really, really awesome film. Like I said, acted John, I was having a hard time at first taking him serious. Cause again, I haven't seen him in a lot of different movies besides like Her- Harold and Kumar, one and two <laughs> so he's just not a guy that appears in the movies that i watch a lot so it was i was having a couple minutes of trying to separate separate myself from that stoner type thing to wow this guy's actually not a bad actor but um very emotional film very emotional i think it's uh um just works on all levels man i'm gonna come in at about a nine out of ten on this one i don't want to really give anything else away from it but uh it's really solid man it's really heartfelt it's you know they took time with the script and shit and I respect, you know, trying these type of films and making them work because a lot of these technological type films really don't work for me. It's things that are all shot on computers and things like that. I just find so many problems with them. I mean, there's the, there's the odd occasion in this film where I'm just like, ah, really, it doesn't really need to be on this and stuff. But, um, there is kind of one minor subplot in this film that I thought maybe was going to go into like this, uh, you know, daddy's little girl type area and shit like that. And I was like, man, if it fucking goes into that area, this shit is going to be crazy, man. So, uh, but, um, yeah, great film. Great film. Did you, you see this one JP? Yeah. Um, I, I debated putting it on my top 10 last year. Mm-hmm. Um, or whatever year it was. I, mean, I think it was last year. It's, it's not a horror um, film though. It's not a horror I, film. That's why I didn't put it on my top 10. No, it's, it's a great thriller and it's a really, really well done thriller too. So, but there's no real horror elements at all to this. I mean, there isn't, I there's mean, just, it horror of losing a child, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, that's, I guess, subject, I mean, I, it's not subjective, but I mean, I guess in, in this case, I mean, like I've, I said, I've the bond it. that they build, the bond that the, the script is fantastic, man. Like they really do a good job of like, man, it's so, it, it's just so brutal, man. Like all the flashbacks with the wife and stuff and she's, how she's dying. Like the opening credits are so emotional in this film because it tells a whole story. It tells a 90 minute movie in five minutes and it's basically how he would log everything. Like he would film his daughter everything that he did you know he loved his daughter so much he filmed his first day of piano lessons to first day of kindergarten to all the way up until she was 16 felt filmed everything and stuff and it just shows his love between his wife and his daughter so much that's why when she goes missing you really fucking get involved in these in his emotion and and his character himself he's just like dying he's like this doesn't seem right there's and then you learn these things and it's like holy fuck man this is really well done it's you know but if it actually had been like a straight up horror movie with that same type of emotional effect, holy shit balls, this would have been incredible. I'm not saying yeah. it, it doesn't work as a thriller too, but I mean, if it had been straight up horror and it had that kind of emotional um, element to it, that's crazy, man. Really, really crazy. Yeah. But yeah, I, uh, I dug it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry, you seen this way before? I have not. I know uh, I saw the trailer. I know what you're talking about, but um, I don't usually seek out crime dramas uh, for the most part. I, I, you know, the few that I've seen, I enjoy, but it's not really a genre that I seek out. But it, it did seem moderately interesting, and I remember it getting good reviews when it came out. So I'm, I'm sure I'll cross paths with it someday. 
Yeah, I see it on horror lists last year, so I, I checked it out. Um, Carly actually, it played. It was in the cinema around here for a little while, and I was supposed to go, but I don't remember why I didn't. She went with another friend, um, and they watched it, and she really liked it. But she told me that it's probably not horror, and then I watched it anyway and loved it. And I, I did debate on putting it like number ten on my list or something like that, but I overall I went against it and just felt like it wasn't horror so yeah yeah i'm confused to i'm confused why people would put this on horror list because it's completely not a horror movie like mm-hmm. I, like how did that even get lumped into the horror conversation genre like i don't get it they must be parents maybe it's the type of film <laughs> it was maybe it was like that technological because there's been a few of those films the last few years like we all know like unfriended and Mm-hmm. The damn well, stuff think like that. Like films like are all the done thriller like thriller and horror genre sometimes are. Close yeah, I mean they are definitely kind of related and stuff. I mean for yeah. sure, for sure. But yeah. it is a great film. I do highly recommend it, man. I mean it surprised the shit out of me when I saw it. I was like, ah, or as a Patreon pick, I was like, I don't fucking know. And speaking of that, I'm not sure who actually gave me this one. You got the good shit. Yeah, Jeremy actually erased it off here, so I don't know who actually gave this one, so I apologize for not saying your name, but uh, thank you for making me watch Searching because I didn't think it looked good when I first saw the trailer. So, But, you know, these things happen on this show sometimes. So, yeah, we get very, very surprised. and It's definitely, I'm, I'm re- with you, Venom, too. But it's something that I wouldn't have seeked out because I generally don't try to seek out, like, you know, crime thrillers, unless they're Italian. Like I'll watch crime, Euro crime sure. films and shit like that all mm. the time. Like all day I'll watch those things, but I like that style of filmmaking, but like American thriller and crime. I'm not really, although I do like the, the early nineties kind of thrillers and shit for some odd reason. Mish- it's labeled as thriller drama mystery, which I think is uh pretty accurate. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. So yeah, but uh, yeah, searching from 2018, check it out. Uh, it's definitely worth your time. So that is going to conclude uh, the dub 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 portion of the show. All right, man. Yeah. And now, our feature presentation. Alrighty, so moving on to the featured reviews here on episode 172, picked by you loyal listeners out there. Listener Choice Volume 10. Volume 10. That's right, that's right. So, um, yeah, so Christmas episode, this is the sixth one we've done, did, done, whatever. Uh, Six Christmas. Yeah, sixth annual Christmas show. Yeah, sixth annual Christmas show. So, um, I mean, this was kind of inevitable that uh, a couple of these were going to get picked. I think these have been, well, one of them wasn't available the last couple of years because we were going to do it on a French Extreme show, which we decided to allow it this year because we've already done Martyrs on a different podcast and it's like, it's just never going to happen. So, yeah. um, So we got like Dead End inside in P2 this year that were picked and I dead end I believe in P2 were like runners up even last year like super close to being picked so you yeah, can almost dead end kept getting closer and closer every year because it's always the one I vote on yeah um this year I voted on elves dead end and P2 actually so uh two out of the three that I voted on got in which normally around two out of the three get in that I vote on so 
it seems to be the mold that these things have kind of fallen into because I'm pretty sure Elves is going to get picked next year because it was like right at the cusp, <laughs> right? So it seems Which to be... surprised me because normally it doesn't do good. I think it so. was also the choice. I mean, the ones I voted for were like so... They got like two votes. I'm like, mother... <laughs> what the fuck is going on, you guys? Uh, but yeah, I, I, I knew right going into this inside was going to get picked and dead end. I didn't really know P2 too much, so... But and in the fucking apocalypse almost got picked. Yeah, see that was crazy. And I would have been I I would have been excited because I'm like oh I haven't seen this one and then I realized after it's a fucking musical I'm like oh come on. But that would have been that just would have thrown me for a loop. But all right, so starting us off here, uh, we'll do them in chronological order as we usually always do. Um, from 2003 with Dead End. Uh, this one's actually starring Ray Wise, of course. Ray Wise has been in like 5,000 fucking movies, like mm-hmm. Robocop and just name a movie he's been in. And his wife actually in the film is played by Lynn Shea. Of course, she's from absolutely everything too for you. Uh, very new horror fans. She's Lynn the Shea lady. is truly a scream queen. She's from insidious films. So the, a lot of newer horror fans will recognize her from there. But I was thinking Lynn Shea from like, I mean, one iconic role for me is not even a horror film, but it's from Detroit Rock City. She plays Jam. Hell mom. yeah. She sounds the same. I always like, like in this movie when she's because she's playing a mom and the stuff she says, I picture her as that character. I know. Sometimes it's like well, weird. She, she plays that religious nut so well in Detroit Rock City. It's just amazing. <laughs> just Every time like, I hear her name, I think of Kingpin. Of King, of course. Of course. So as much man. horror as she's done, that's the first thing that pops into my head. <laughs> oh, and then just Woody Harrelson puking his guts out and shit. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, yeah, Lynn Shay is really fun. I always appreciate her in in horror. Um, I I think that she's like unheralded when it comes. She's starting to get recognition now, but she really is in terms of like female performers, like character actors and stuff, and and people like who even like dude she was in elm street you know what i mean like the first one she's in critters like she's in so many movies as like just a side character and then she started getting like bigger roles recently in the past like 10 or so years but um you just see her pop up so often and when you think about female like you you know other people like that like dick miller right like um but female wise not really. So it's really cool that that she's so popular now and and has sort of uh you know yeah got her d- that is true though man that is true. Um, one thing I forgot to mention right off the top of uh, introducing all three of these films is that they have three things in common. They're all set on Christmas. All three of these movies <laughs> are set on Christmas Eve, not Christmas Day. They're all set mm-hmm. on Christmas Eve. Uh, they're all from the 2000s era, which is very fucking rare for us to be reviewing like three movies from this era. And this is so close, like 2003, 2007 type four year span. And uh, they're is- all, none of them are on fucking region one Blu-ray. It's very <laughs> odd. Yep. It's I think just very- Inside has a region two. Um- I, I, I think it does too. But it's just funny because when I was pulling out the movies and I was like, I can't remember the last time we did a, f- a featured show. Uh, like all the feature reviews and none of them were on Blu-ray. Like I've watched three DVDs. Just yeah. fucking rare, dude. Just never yeah, happened. And, so. um, also the uh, P2 is technically in HD on HD DVD. That is correct. Yes. <clears throat> 
So, yeah, so uh, Dead End from 2003, quick little synopsis. Christmas Eve. What? Why does it start with Christmas? Christmas Eve, period. On his way to his in-laws with his family, okay, (laughs) Frank Harrington (laughs) decides to try a shortcut for the first time in 20 years. It turns out to be the biggest mistake of his life. So yeah, the majority of this. Are movie, we? Di- we're let's say. Sto- let's honestly stay spoiler free on on these for the most part. Okay, so the majority of this film, I would even say this movie is more or less a confined horror film to a point because most of this film actually takes place. Yeah, in- I actually tagged it on my letterbox review as a contained horror film, really? which I I do. And it's interesting because you don't see a lot of movies that are solely based like inside a vehicle. There is lots of scenes outside the vehicle, but uh, this one, for the most part, has a lot of scenes inside this vehicle. And of course, they're driving to the in-laws, which is uh, the parents of Lin Shea's character. And um, quite obviously, nobody really wants to be there too much. Well, it's Uh, classic, classic, you know, like disgruntled family trip. You know, it's, it's fucking it's Christmas. Christmas it's something, it's you know exactly. I mean? It's Christmas, and they, I'm the same way when I go to the in-laws too. Even though I like them, I'm just like, "Why, well, really? Like, fuck." Yeah, everything's you know? <laughs> annoying you. Everybody's getting on each other's nerves, but you you gotta act happy to be around each other because it's Christmas. Damn it! Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I, I love that aspect about the film. It, I, I've let me let me get into this really quickly. So, in probably 2004 2005, I was living with my friend named Marty. Um, his dad was a trucker, so I was still in school at this point, you know, but, um, he, uh, his dad was a trucker. So his dad would leave for like two weeks and then come home for one or something like that. So I would, I would like practically live at his house cause he was home alone. His, his mom and dad were divorced. So he was just home by himself and we would just kick it, you know, and, and, you know, go skateboarding or, you know, get beer or something, just do stuff we're not supposed to do. And I was a nut. I've always been a night owl my whole life. I, th- I think I, I don't have it diagnosed, but I'm pretty sure that I have like some sort of insomnia. Um, and I was just flipping through the channels and it was showtime. And I, I'm, you know, I love horror. So I, I stopped on this, this movie that you can, sometimes you can instantly tell like a horror film just from the fact that it's dark, you know, it just, just looked like horror film. So I stopped on it, and it, it had only started. I think they had just got to that first cabin. Um, and I was just so into this movie. It was creepy. It was, like, cool. I was constantly wondering what would happen next. It, it was just very unique in, sim- in, in a simple way. And I fucking loved it, and I didn't know what it was called. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it yeah. took me a long time to figure out what this film was called, and the only thing I remembered was it was set on Christmas. So I would always, um, you know, buy Christmas movies on DVD and stuff. I eventually I found this uh, probably shortly whenever I would probably say when I started YouTube around there, when I started really collecting and I found it and I revisited it, loved it. And I've watched it, you know, three or four times since then um, in the past, you know, eight years or so. And dude, I, I just think this movie is so cool. Yeah, man, it is good, man. When you watch this movie, do you do you play it with uh, your Marilyn Bronson CD? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, dude, I love the bickering. There's some great dialogue in this film. Um, you have such a cool, uh, simple story. This this always goes to show, like you don't need a ton of money 
to have a fun cool creepy horror movie that's just you know it's neat i love the aspect that you don't know what's going on you might have an idea uh, of how it's going to end um which i think i actually did kind of feel like it might be going in the territory ends up going in uh but whenever the uh you know the fact that this road just keeps going right it just they it's a strict because they do a really good job of only filming on like straight that you can see straight stretches of road um and it just it it feels like it's a straight line like there's no turns at all it's just a straight shot and you're you know it's very eerie because you're like what kind of road would just go on straight forever like this and you know it's all in the woods and you have like some great camera shots where the uh you know the, the the camera goes up over the woods and it has sort of that um really cool music i don't know what that would be considered but it's like huh huh like i don't know what the n- noise is making but it's it's really cool it reminds me of, like candy man or something hmm. Hmm. so I, I you guys better go because i'll just keep going <laughs> yeah i know jerry well let's hear All your right. thoughts on it because it was your first time watch i want to hear time watch for me yeah, yeah. um I don't know. I, I feel like I would have liked this movie a little bit more had I seen it when it was new, because at this point I've seen this story told in multiple movies and they almost always do it better in the other movies. Not to say this movie's bad, not to say that I didn't enjoy it. Obviously, as soon as I see Ray Wise and Lynn Shay, instantly my interest is peaked. I love both of them greatly. And um, I'm always down to watch anything that either of them are in. So, and, you know, you had your basic dysfunctional family, you know, driving to the in-laws. And, you know, the, the, the little bits of comedy there was, you know, pretty basic. You know, older sister, younger brother bickering back and forth. Very immature younger brother, too. Um, <laughs> Who doesn't you know, get along with the sister's boyfriend kind of exactly, thing. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like I said, and and the funny thing is, is this movie is kind of a send up or I don't want to say rip off. That's kind of an incorrect term, but it's let's say homage. It's kind of an homage to one of my favorite movies ever. Unfortunately, I don't think I can tell you what it is because it would probably give away. Yeah, uh, this movie's and- really hard to talk about without spoiling, to be honest. Exactly, like you can't even yeah. talk about scene. Like, I think. <sighs> I don't. OK, continue. I, I just mainly mean don't spoil the fucking end for anybody like you could talk about what happens to characters and stuff but i know what you mean you can't say the movie you're talking about because it is going to spoil the end yeah yeah i mean if i say it but honestly Uh that story has been done even after the movie you're talking about a bunch more times before this movie too it's actually it's a pretty common story but i think that it fits because of the christmas and the history of christmas stories right christmas stories that were told uh you know around fires and stuff like that i I think that it fits with that cool little christmas narrative of of old oh absolutely i mean in in you know in olden times if you will christmas was a night to tell ghost stories you know it was it was more halloween than halloween um, so I, I could see a story like this being told, you know, by a campfire on Christmas Eve. Yeah, um, this is like a movie of a ghost, uh, like a Christmas ghost story. Well, it tries I, to I play itself it's... off, yeah, like that, you know, the the lady in white, urban legend type thing, right? On the, exactly. like the, girl on the yeah. side of the road. It tries to. Play, I mean, that's the, the the focus point, kind of, of it, you know, for a long time in the film. But um, 
which exactly. is cool, man. Which is cool because I like I like that urban legend. I mean, they tell the story and things like that. And uh, I've always been a really big fan of that and stuff. But yeah, yeah. they tried to elude you one way. So yeah, it's cool. I exactly. like. I like how each character pretty much has their own breaking point and goes a little crazy. Like, um, it's, it, it starts with the daughter, right? She's all like fucking in a daze. And, uh, then, it, then it's Lynn Shay and she's <laughs> fucking nuts, dude. <laughs> Her, what, like, dude, like that scene where she's like, you know, talking and gives this little speech about her, um, the fact that the daughter or the son wasn't, Richard wasn't uh, actually Ray Wise's, and then oh, right. she's yeah. like, they go into yeah. that whole thing. She's like, now who's all these people in the woods? And I'm like, what the fuck is she? Like, it was just like, she's like, who's all these people standing in the woods? I know like, they, they they throw this really odd comedy into this, right? Because it's it seems like it's playing itself pretty straightforward, and then just the way some of the jokes are hitting, you're like, what the fuck, dude? It's, like, super, <laughs> it's super not like that serious, but it still comes across as being pretty serious. I mean, considering what the story actually is and where it goes and stuff, it's yeah. like well, yeah, the, the comedy are completely serious. Well, it's the funny just thing the about the comedy that happened, yeah, the funny, funny thing about the comedy is. Like by the end of the movie, you're, and then you think back on your like, okay, so all that comedic shit was going on, like, you know, within the story, it's like it's kind of fucking weird, right? Yeah, a little I bit. Don't know. I like a when bit, the, the fucking little brother's like, he's such a dumb fuck, like, but he reminds me of like just a a pothead, you know, fucking you know, seventeen well, year old, whatever. Yeah. And uh, he's like just standing there, like in the woods, like smoking a joint, and he's like, he's like. I'm your uncle dick. You're going to have to show me respect or something talking about like, <laughs> like basically like daydreaming about him being an uncle to this fucking nephew that he's going to have. And he's just going to be, he's like, I'm your uncle dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, one, of the, one of the things though, that was frustrating me and it's probably because it was a first watch because it probably won't bother me as much on subsequent watches. But one of the things that really bothered me was the fact that they withheld shots from the audience, like uh, specifically, you know, when the very first death occurs and, you know, the family is like surrounding the body and talking about how mangled it looks and everything else. But then they never fucking show it to us. Um, Well, they don't even show you. Yeah, they don't show the aftermath or what happens to him either. Exactly. No, it's just it's just in dialogue because it's actually kind of crazy because, yeah, like it's the. Yeah, I, I don't even want to say the person I, that I dies. But anyways, yeah, like, the character dies, but it's off screen. And then it's like, well, how the fuck did that even happen? <laughs> like, exactly. it is kind of confusing because he dies in a way where it's not just like he got his throat slit. He dies in a really crazy fucking way. Yeah, yeah. I think that it's supposed to be like otherworldly to where it's like the, the it's so fucked up that it, well, to where it's like know. your imagination's better. See, I don't know if they're trying to allude to that because, I mean, that would kind of be giving away a little bit of what the core narrative is here. Oh, right? sure. Because at this point in the film, because you got to remember, this is the first death in the film. Like, we're not really supposed to know what yeah, exactly is going on th- here. So if you're thinking otherworldly, you're already, you know, maybe going to the right direction kind of thing, maybe. But I don't well, know, I just, man. I just think by the way that the per the person the girl you know shows it like it feels the, like the girl's walking down the road with a baby in the middle of the, like it just and she says it's dead right i mean she's like well i mean that's where i said it's going back because they try to play off that urban legend the lady in white and that seems to be the mystery at that point 
Yeah, I, right. Even when I first watched this, I don't think I ever thought that it wasn't supernatural. Like from the very moment well, that they picked the Well, the thing is, if you watch this movie closely, I mean, the whole movie tells you what's going on in in the car. There's a yeah. scene where, you know, it happens and then you know right away where this is going. It has to be. We've seen this movie. We've seen the story before. We've seen all this type of stuff. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and the way things kind of play out and stuff. And like it does it, it, because it makes you think the whole movie, right? All these things are happening for a reason. There's there's things in the in um like on the road that are representing certain things like, you know, death and, and representing this and that and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, like you you clue into these things. We've seen this a million times. It's like nothing new to us. But, you know, it's it's more about the ride and stuff. And it, and it is about the characters and like you are right there there is a common bond between all the characters because essentially they all go insane at one point in this film of course the daughter you know she goes insane first and but then she gets it, back to normal i think it's just different and um be, well, there's you, no rules like, there's there's no rules yes, where they exactly. are at this point that's why it can be like that yeah yeah it's it's just it's almost like a dream it's kind of it's dream some, it literally it's dream logic but apparently it's pretty funny in that state because man the one the one fucking scene in this movie that really cracked me up is when they stop off at this uh, this cabin thing on the side or whatever and, and the fucking Ray Wise goes in there picks up the fucking phone and he's like and uh, he fucking puts it he slams it down and she's like oh the phone's not working he's like no I just fucking forgot the number to 911 <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the, I'm like fuck that's such a funny line man uh, the shotgun <laughs> stuff is really funny with Lynn um, yes. the uh the the fucking the uh the Marilyn fucking Manson thing is hilarious. Marilyn he, Bronson. He's like maybe I'll get some of those Marilyn Bronson CDs. <laughs> he's like he's like what's that girl you listen to Marilyn? And he's like it's a guy. And he's like it isn't it's a guy named Marilyn. Yeah. <laughs> he's like genuinely puzzled by that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, part of the problem, I, uh, one issue that I had with the movie is that. I mean, you're right. It's fairly predictable, but I, I literally predicted the exact ending of this movie within, I'd say, 20 minutes. I want to say that I I did, too. Yeah. I did the first time I watched it, yeah. Because I mean, what you're seeing just doesn't make sense. No. So you have to go to somewhere else. And I even the first very first time I watched it, I, I thought that I knew where it was going. But – Again, it never bothered me for some reason. I yes, almost was hoping it went that way. Well, because it's a yeah. fun ride. It's a fun I mean, the ride is fun. I mean, pun intended, I guess. <laughs> but the ride is fun throughout the whole film. So, even though it is predictable, it it's, you know, getting there was still enjoyable, right? It's Well, not I think like, it's re- also the case that if it didn't end like that, you would feel like, hey, this is bullshit. No, it, like, you feel cheated I for 100%. 100%, yeah. You feel See, cheated. I don't agree with that because I like when movies make me feel like I'm an idiot. Like uh, that I got, the, you know, what the ending that I predicted was nothing near what the... What Sometimes we it depends what, what the narrative is. There, yeah. yeah, I get what you're saying there. Like I like, to, I like to be fucking proven wrong too, but I'm saying that the stuff that happens in the film couldn't have made sense in certain other endings and then you would have felt like the movie was a bunch of bullshit because it cheated the whole time See uh, that potentially you- yeah depending on where you're thinking it might have gone but i don't know like i said and and potentially because i'm such a fan of that you know 60s movie that i absolutely love that basically is 
the same movie basically um other with uh, otherwise I, I mean it has a little bit of a different ending but uh, aside from that i mean it, as soon as that perceived car accident occurs it's like oh i know where we're going and i even said the title of the movie and i'm like oh my god because i don't try to figure movies out that's the thing I, i'm not a detective when i watch these movies i like to turn my brain off and just enjoy the ride like you guys are saying but when the ending is that telegraphed it tends to take me out of it i felt mm -hmm. the same way with the prowler from 1981 i predicted the end of that movie literally 10 minutes in the first time i watched it and that mm -hmm. bothers me yeah. you know it's what I, I like to be surprised i could see, I, I could see that i mean yeah, it's it's just one of those things where when I'm not even trying to figure out the ending, but the ending is slapping me in the face 20 minutes into the movie, it it kind of takes me out of it. I, I enjoyed the comedy. Don't get me wrong. Um, Ray Ray and Lynn working off each other was absolutely brilliant. Um, there's some really good writing in the movie. Um, for the most part, cinematography, score, all of that is you know average to good. Um, but man, like I said, when I'm 20 minutes into an hour and a half movie and I already know where it's going, it makes that last hour kind of drag because it's like, all right, get to it. I know where you're going. Just get to it. See, and I feel I feel you, man. I totally feel you on that mm -hmm. because I've, I've said pretty much the exact same thing that you're saying right now like a couple times on this show. And it's funny that JP's agreeing with you because he usually disagrees <laughs> when I say that. But but uh, it, it depends on the narrative for me. I'm like, not agreeing with him. I just if, said I can if see I'm watching coming. if I'm yeah. watching a slasher film and I pick out who the killer is, like whatever it is, what it is, it's like ugh, okay. But if I'm when I'm watching this film and I pick it up for some odd reason, just the change of narrative and it just I don't know, it just seems to be that's the way it needs to go. I feel like if it changes up from where it's supposed to go and where it does, I don't know, man. I think that's when it affects me the most. Like it's it's kind of weird. It just depends on what type of movie it is for me. Because I've picked out things. So, I think I, sometimes the ending that you feel is going to happen is the right ending. But you ever watch a movie when you're like, okay, you picked it out and you're like, I really fucking hope it's not that damn ending. I really hope yeah. it's not that. Ending. See that? See, <laughs> I, I don't get that. that <laughs> see, that's, but that's funny because when I'm watching this movie, even though it is very predictable, for some odd reason, I want it to end like that. I don't so know do why. I. That's what I'm saying. I don't know that's why. But I'm like saying. when I'm watching slasher films, I pick it out and I'm like, man, it better not be this fucking dude. I do that every time in slasher films. I'm like, it better not be fucking Carl. Like, fuck Carl, man. He can't be the fucking killer. And it turns out to be fucking Carl. Yeah. Like, what the fuck, man? I'm like, and that just, that's disappointing well, to me because I'm, Carl, because, because I'm hoping, different. I'm hoping that they're not fucking, you know, they're not, you know, you I'm not predicting this shit like that. And, mm -hmm. you know, and then it turns out to be fucking Alfred. You know, yeah. it's like, well, that's fucking so much better. I don't know where I'm coming up with these names, Alfred and Carl. No one in slasher <laughs> films name are Alfred and Carl. It's ridiculous. Right. Now, you guys know I'm making up shit now because no one's, no one ever has named those. Yeah. Um, but you, but you get what I'm saying? Like change of narrative. Sometimes it just kind of, I don't know, man. It just works in this sense, man. Like everything in this is so damn predictable. And I will say the one thing about this movie upon rewatch a couple times, it still annoys predictable me except for what's actually happening. Like, I don't know where it's going to go from one scene to the next. I'm like, well, no, okay, no, not scene to scene, but you know, like from, you know, the first five minutes in the film, to the last where, five yeah you know but everything in between of course and that's what i said that's what separates these type of movies is the ride there like how you get there i mean if it's very very bland and blah 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 i don't really let 
the idea of me knowing what's going to happen really intrude my my overall enjoyment for the film. Um, the one thing about this movie that really does kind of bother me, though, I, I think where they it's kind of a big, huge missed opportunity is I think that they really should have had. I don't even want to fucking go there. I'm just going to start spoiling the shit out of things. <laughs> you, you Never mind. Scratch that, that. I'm just going to start spoiling shit like crazy. Do you, do you know what's a, another common theme of these three films? Mm, what? They all have French ties. So Dead End was written and directed by Frenchmen. Oh, and, yeah. And on IMDb, it actually is from the country of France, the production company. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. I, actually, um, I checked that. P2, directed by a Frenchman and written by Alexander Aja and a mm-hmm. and Frenchman. Um, and then, of course, Inside. Is P2 a French-Canadian film, though, or is it actually France? No, P2 is a, is a United States film, yeah, but it's American, it was yeah. written and directed by um, French directors and Oh, I, th- I thought it had a Canadian tie. Oh, I know why I'm thinking Canadian ties, because it was all filmed in Toronto, hence Canada. Yeah, but, That's right. But dead end is actually a french horror film yeah yeah for sure yeah the full i production. did not know yeah. that yeah that is crazy yeah i actually did um, know but i've checked it out before and then yeah also written and directed by by french people um yeah. the budget on this film was nine hundred thousand dollars and i feel like a lot of that went to the acting um but it made it didn't get released theatrically um but it made 77 million in dvd sales it was a smash hit jesus um which if you think about when this came out that is prime dvd time right from you know 2003 to like 2008 was just prime dvd um that's why so many of these fuckers are on dvd and not (laughs) blu-ray uh but yeah, yeah this this was like this was like king of like you know like remember the dimension extreme line which inside is part of mm-hmm. that line i read online that that line absolutely fucking killed it like it just sold so much in walmart yeah, i believe, I believe it. it i mean yeah. that's when dvds were selling like massive massive quantities right so it makes, it makes sense plus i mean they actually had some pretty interesting titles on that line too so that helps oh there's yeah. some great films on that title yeah. dude teeth Bl- black sheep fucking inside of course um storm warning uh mm-hmm. the, the the killer uh, owl, uh crocodile one is pretty good diary of the dead was even on that too wasn't it diary of the dead's on there oh the feast um, movies the Fe- feast one is super awesome yeah uh i actually like all three feasts yeah there's some gr- there's some uh fucking eden lake dude that movie yeah eden lake is fucking brutal man i love yep. that movie yeah that, that Dimension Extreme line Great is ending. one of my favorite lines of movies ever. It, it is a pretty good one, actually, and it's kind of a shame that those movies don't get... Uh, someone needs to snatch up that line and just put them out. Well, I, they, I assume that they're kind of probably up in the air now that um, the Weinstein Company is like kind of folded. Yeah, that sucks. It does suck. Those properties all get picked up by other companies, though. They're not, they're not going to go in limbo by any stretch. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Quentin Tarantino movies. Come on, <laughs> those are those are some of the most popular movies in the world. So yeah, yeah. Weinstein is going to be gone as a name, but all those properties are going to get picked up. There were some shit dog ones in there too, though, oh, man. Sure. Like Automaton Transfusion. Oh my god, I was just about to say that, <laughs> dude. I was actually thinking the same fucking thing too. That low budget zombie film. Oh lordy, it's 
bad. It didn't make sense. Oh, I'm trying to think, man. I actually have them separated in my collection, too. Um, I do, but I want to... I'm actually meant to, like, get the rest of them that I don't have. There's actually, like, weird ones that aren't horror at all. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. But I wanted to get the whole line and put it put it together in, in one section. Um, Back to that end, though. There was... um, You guys made a comment about how um you could predict the ending but you can't really predict the journey see that's a problem that i had because i did predict uh certain scenes in this movie the black car i absolutely predicted that because that is also in the 1962 movie that i'm talking about that i won't mention the name of that reminds (laughs) me of this movie i mean that that character which is actually in my top 50 favorite movies of all time (laughs) oh mine too actually i absolutely love that movie but um yeah, like I said, I predicted the black car. I predicted what the black car was doing. I, I just everything about it. I'm like, oh my god, this reminds me so much of you know, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. That I, it just, I don't know. It um, it was the comedy that actually saved it for me because if that comedy wasn't there, it really would have felt like a drag. But you know, like I said, the writing was crisp. Uh, the interactions were cool. And by the way, did anybody else get Twin Peaks vibes when Ray Wise is out outside of the car yelling, Laura, Laura? Oh, yeah. dude, I didn't even think of that until you oh mentioned it. But fuck yeah, dude. That's I mean, funny. He was even using the exact like tone that he was using in the show when he was calling out for his daughter. That is TV. so I could not get over it. fucking <laughs> crazy. They totally put that in purposely because of that. That's I, I cra- believe it because this they pro- been 10 years after the show. So, yeah. Yeah, rewise is yeah. awesome in, in Twin not, Peaks, man. Not That's to mention, awesome. Yeah. Um, Marilyn Manson actually wrote a song called "Wrapped in Plastic," which is inspired by uh, a line in the show Twin Peaks, in which yeah. Ray Wise Jack, uh, Jack Nance says that line. She's yeah. dead, wrapped in plastic. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I, 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 I could Jack Nance, but <laughs> the fucking scene, man. I know it was already brought up, but. <laughs> When Lynn Shay fucking shoots Ray Wise in the leg, it's like, it's so fucking stupid that scene though. Because if you look where she's pointing the gun, like how he got shot in the fucking leg is like beyond me, man. I thought she like, shot him in the dick for some reason. But because it seems like she's pointing the gun way higher, like it probably should have hit him in the chest. But like it's like in his like just above his knee. <laughs> like what the fuck? It doesn't even make sense. It's like I guess it's supposed to be funny too, but it's ridiculous. Uh, oh, and one thing that I actually really enjoyed, um, I won't say what character it happens to, but uh, if you guys remember from The Simpsons, that one Halloween episode where Homer's brain is exposed, I'm like, they did the Homer exposed brain gag. Holy yep. shit. I couldn't get uh, over it. I'm like, I've never seen that in live action. That's great. <laughs> so that, uh, that, that was, I mean, like I said, it, it, it was little homages like that that kept mm-hmm. me in this movie. And obviously the comedy for the most part, the comedy hit for me. So it definitely worked. Like I said, for the most part, I enjoyed this movie, but like I said, the predictability of it for me brought it down a little bit because I mean, I mean, this is a 2003 movie. I would have liked to have thought that they could have done a little bit of, um, something different than, you know, the 62 movie. But, uh, you know, like I said, it, it doesn't take away from my enjoyment necessarily. It, it, it brought it down just a tad, not much. It's still it's still going to get a high rating from me because, um, you know, like I said, I I did still enjoy it. And I have a really funny feeling that I'm going to enjoy the rewatch more now that I you know, now that I've gotten through 
you know, the whole twist, if you will. Um, and I, I think I'm going to be able to enjoy, like, especially the first half of the film. I'm probably going to enjoy it much more on my second watch. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, that's the only thing. I just wish it wasn't as predictable as it was. But, you know, what can you do? All right. With that said, do um, you guys have anything else you want to go into ratings? Um, yeah, yeah. The only other thing that I had written down in my notes was that. I was worried for a second that it was going to go the route of the endless. Did you guys see the endless from last year? The whole, oh yeah, the I, I, love, I love the endless. Yeah, you know what? I, I still haven't. I actually picked up the Arrow release that has the first film on it, or the one that came before that. Yeah, the the first one. Um, well, yeah. Resolution, Resolution. Yeah, yeah. So I I didn't get around to watching Endless last year because I I needed to watch the first. Well, I didn't need to. Apparently, people tell, but they say to watch it, and I just didn't get around to seeing it so i didn't check out the endless so yeah you know what's funny i never seen resolution but i seen the trailer to resolution so when i was watching endless i was like dude i that's that one movie that i wanted to see (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. um uh, what else but yeah no like i said overall i enjoyed it um the performances saved it for me the writing saved it for me um you know, unfor- I would have liked to have seen a little bit more gore. But like I said, um, with the whole thing of them keeping certain shots away, you know, from us as the audience, it was bothering me on the first watch. But once I finished the movie, I realized what the point of all of that was. And, you know, there's I, still I, a major missed opportunity there, though, in the resolute, like when the twist comes and it kind of reveals what exactly is going on kind of thing. Yeah. I think Did you guys a moment- watch the stinger? The what? There's there's a credit scene. Uh, I don't think a, I, I don't know. No, I didn't watch I, a, the end. I could have sworn scene? I let the the credits roll. I don't remember one. Yeah, with the guys cleaning up the wreck. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I did see that. That's right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Be the best grandpa ever, or yeah. the coolest. When, the when, coolest I, when, when they reached down and grabbed that fucking. You know what, what he wrote on the piece of paper and shit. I thought it was going to be the label from the fucking the whiskey that was thrown out the the fucking <laughs> because he was because he was cleaning up glass, right? I just for some re- yeah. weird reason my mind went to the whiskey bottle because I was like, I would have been so fucking pissed off at my at my kid if she threw my bottle out the window while I was drinking. I'm like, in that you, scenario, man. yes, absolutely, right? Like, come on, man, like let me have this. Like everyone's fucking pretty much dead. Like let me fucking drink, <laughs> kind of thing, right? So, yeah. Anyways. All right. Ratings. Uh, Venom, you can go. Um, like I said, um, this was a first time watch for me. And because of the first time watch, um, I feel like if I would have seen this when it came out and then rewatched it for this show, I probably would have come in a little bit higher, maybe like a half point to a point. But, uh, yeah, I, I still, like I said, I still enjoyed the movie. The, the, um, the technical aspects of the film were solid. Um, you know, the filmmaking, the shot selection, cinematography, all of that was fine. Um, I do wish that they would have, like all the shots that they prevented us from seeing, I wish that they would have done something like at the end after the reveal and actually have like maybe just some quick flashes of the, the boyfriend's body and then the son and, you know, so on and so forth. Um, but... Um, I'm probably going to give this a solid Jason Lloyd and say 7.5 out of 10. That's actually, that's actually higher than I expected. 
So I'm happy oh, yeah. with that. Yeah, like I said, I still enjoy it. I mean, that's the thing is that a lot of people that listen to my other shows say that uh, they say the same thing, that I, I tend to harp on the negative. But ultimately, like, you know, when, when I watch a movie, it starts at a 10. You know, some people watch it the the opposite way where it starts at a zero and they add points to it. Every movie I watch starts at a 10 and I start deducting stuff for things I don't like. And for the most part, I, you know, most of my review was harping on the negative, but I really did enjoy this movie and I will return to it someday. I do that too, man. I, I sometimes do that too. Like I'll start at a 10 and go down, you know, some neg- negatives that I've noted and shit will take points off and stuff. I think that maybe that's why a lot of people's ratings are so low because they go the opposite way. They add things and they just don't get enough by the end of the film. And they're like, oh, this motherfucker's only a 5.5. See, <laughs> you know, I it's start like, at a- why do you rate everything between a 5 and a 6? Because you can't find enough good points in anything? <laughs> what the fuck? I start at a solid jason lloyd and work my way down or up <laughs> you started like i love how the seven and a half has become synopsis with jason lloyd <laughs> no one i know has ever given know. more movies that you could just see it on his tombstone right now known for the 7.5 rating yeah hey <laughs> if, if derek b is known as 10 out of 10 derek then yeah. jason lloyd is 7.5 jason yeah <laughs> all right so um i love this movie it's one of my it's one of my it almost made my top 50 um of all time i i did consider or did i have it i don't even remember i I definitely considered it if i didn't have it um but it had been a while since i had watched it and um watching it this time it it, again solidified my love for the movie it just is one that works for me on every single level there's actually not a single thing that i don't like about the movie there's not one um i like everything uh and i just think that it's fucking cool it's creepy people who have never seen it um i don't think that it matters that you might know where it goes at least to me i think that uh i like i said i wanted it to go the way that it goes like so it it was refreshing it was it was uh reassuring uh, but the the overall like mix of comedy and creepiness, I actually find this movie scary. Uh, the first time I seen it, it scared me, and I still find things that are scary about it. Uh, and that's that's always a plus for me in a horror film. Uh, I'm coming in all the way up at an eight and a half out of ten. Yeah, I really enjoyed this film too, man. Like I said before, you know, just kind of recognizing what the story is and stuff and going where I wanted to. It's just, like I said, depending on what narratives are being used. Um, I don't know, man. I just kind of, I just have a different system in my mind on, on how I'm going to perceive it and how it's going to end up in a rating. But yeah, to me, man, it's it's a fun film. Um, I really, like, it's weird. I hadn't seen this movie in a long time and I didn't remember it being this comedic. But oddly enough, the movie had a lot of shit that actually made me laugh and like actually kind of like laugh in a good way, you know, and it's twisted. It is man. twisted humor in there. But it's funny because knowing exactly where the movie's going, knowing what the twist is, blah, blah, blah. And then watching it from this angle, it's funny to me that all this shit is happening in this state. (laughs) It's like, what the fuck? (laughs) It's just it's just odd. Like I look at it from that perspective and it's like even funnier to me. It's weird. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good stuff going on here. Um, I mean, really, 
I mean, at the beginning of the film, there's a little bit of shoddy cinematography. It comes off as being like really cheap. Maybe it's because I popped it in and I was like 2003, and it just like full. The transfer is not the best. No, it's not. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe it's something to do with the transfer or something. But I don't know. Like just the way thing. Like there was a couple shots right in the beginning. I was like, whoa, wow, that's really low budget kind of thing. And it could be the transfer too. I don't know. I wonder what they shot on. I don't really weigh it too much. It's definitely not shot on film. It's probably shot digitally somehow. That's weird because the one that I watched, I thought actually looked pretty good. Yeah, it, it could like, yeah, who knows? I don't yeah, know. Was, the, it, the DVD. Uh, no, it was. Um, I mean, it looked better it than was DVD. Thirty-five quality. millimeter. They shot. They on shot 35. Why the fuck is it transferred into full screen? Then there's no way they shot this movie fucking full screen. There's no way. Nah, no movie like, on film. But what is, is one point eight five by one? That's the standard uh, letterbox ratio. There's yeah, that's, that's so. Why the le- fuck is it in full screen? I forgot that it was, but yeah. So the DVDs, why... the DVDs in four point three. But that was back at the time where like most of America was like, I can't see the fucking movie or whatever. You know, nobody had to widescreen TVs. So they're like, right. they're like I know my grandfather doesn't understand. I'll explain it to him. They're not make they're not fitting it to the screen they're cutting off the edges and yeah. he's like how are they cutting off the edges if it's all on the screen i'm like it's not <laughs> he doesn't understand yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to explain it to him uh using the theatrical experience because yeah. when you go to the movies the screen is never a square so yeah. that that would probably be the easiest well, way that's, to explain it that's exactly yeah they're shot like that they're presented but then they're probably transferred still. and stuff i mean that's you know like everything in, you try to explain it with tv and stuff like why are all these old shows like they can't put it in a widescreen? I'm like, no, it was shot in fucking full screen, man. But again, was, the one that I watched it was not four screen? by three. The, the one that I watched was 16 by nine. I mean, yeah, it, we'll see. See, that makes sense. Cause if they shot it in, you know, on 35 millimeter, they definitely shot it in widescreen. So yeah. I don't so know. I don't know why you, they transferred you, it. I have a where DVD. Where was it at? For you? Well, you have a DVD? Who me? No, I watched it on IMDb. Oh, that's fucking yeah. crazy. So I wonder, I wonder where the transfer came from. Yeah, because oh, I always wondered. Oh shit! You literally can watch this on IMDb. Yeah, absolutely. The play button's right there. <laughs> yeah, and it crazy. looked good. I mean, that's what I mean. It didn't look like DVD quality. It looked- I had the. D- I have the fucking old ass DVD. I don't know see who that. Put it out. See, I never think of that because, like, when I own these movies, I never think twice to like go and find a different, you know, version of it or something. Dang. I never even thought to look for the widescreen because I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, yeah, full screen, whatever. Like, I mean, the DVD is so muddy; it doesn't even look like it was shot on 35 millimeter because of the full screen transfer, right? Yeah, just odd that they would even. F- I don't get it though. Why the fuck would you transfer it to 4.3? No idea. Because well, in that 2000, was a DVD thing. I mean, early- yeah, but. The- but this in 2003, there was widescreen TVs available at that time. Bro, like, but not most of look, look, the 77 million people that bought copies of that probably still had the square, the right. Yeah, I, I guess. I guess I the, did. I did. This, this also came at a time when you could actually buy. Do you remember when you could actually get the regular pan and scan, but then there would be a letterbox version available as well? Yeah. 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 Th- I, this that was the late 90s, early 2000s when th- that I was kind of popular. I specifically remember, like, I have a collection of full screen DVDs out in my living room that are like, my pap would not buy he would look for the ones that said full screen because there would always be two like i remember there would be like full screen and widescreen yeah he always bought that was in that transitional period yep yeah exactly um i don't remember where i was but i do enjoy this movie um and i'm coming in at a solid eight i think it's a fun movie it's actually really fun to me so like i love it it is it's good 
Yeah. And All right. right. So that's Dead End from 2003. <laughs> Okay, so moving along into 2007 with one of the uh, big, most notable uh, French extreme films uh, called Inside, directed by Alexander Bustillo and Julian What's the Martin. French title? Uh, not even trying to go into that territory right there. Uh, it's bad enough yeah. even saying the director's names, for Christ's sake. Um but yeah, I know this is this was uh, you know pretty famous for when it came out as being part of that exclusive French extreme wave of films that came out, um, which I do include them. We just had a big debate about this the other day. Oh my god, he Jeremy did not understand what we were saying. No, he just so didn't, annoying. He did not understand. But yeah, so inside, quick synopsis here. Four months after the death of her husband, a woman on the brink of motherhood is tormented in her home by a strange woman who wants her unborn baby. Um, yeah, so this one, <laughs> we just kind of found another link to all these movies. All these movies have cards to do with cars in some form or, or another. Yeah, there's a some lot, capacity there's, of cars. There's a lot of fucking connections. There, with these there's movies. other connections so that weird. we yeah. There's other connections that we can't even like disclose. But it's kind of interesting how three uh, all these movies were picked together, considering how many connections there is. Is really fucking strange. Um, <laughs> yeah. So this movie essentially starts out with a car accident. Our main character here. Um, we learn very fast that her husband did not survive that car accident. Uh, jumps forward four months into the into the future, you know, kind of thing. She was pregnant in her car accident. She's still pregnant. And it's now Christmas Eve. Uh, she's a, I, I don't want to say freelance photographer, but she works for some type of, she's a photographer and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so she's, you know, it's Christmas Eve. She's at the hospital and they've basically told her that this is the last day she's going to be pregnant. They're going to induce her after the night. They're going to wait one more day if it can come natural, but uh she's going to be induced basically Christmas day kind of thing. So it's her last night. They send her home for one last sleep and she's going to be having her baby in the morning. Hence somebody showing up at her house and, uh, making her way inside. <laughs> and I'll, I'll leave it there. Yeah. Inside means more than just, it does have a dual meaning. Thing. It definitely <laughs> does have a dual meaning. And if you're very clever with your with your mind, you can probably figure what that out. More, what I, that is. I would say more than dual. I would say there's yeah. like a three or four connotations to that, to that word. Yeah. 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 It, it really was the perfect title. No, yeah. it, it is. It is a really great title. It is mm. a really great title. Um, I actually love that opening credit sequence. I mean, it's just like a, a mass of blood and water and flesh. I, I, I think it's the perfect sequence that kind of sets you up for what you're about to get because, I mean, yeah, this movie's very, very juicy. <laughs> it is a fucking blood fest, man. Like, yeah. they just went to te- – like, there was no holding back on – blood and gore they just they were given no fucks when they were doing this and like in some of the kills and and just the way they go down and shit is like it still gets me man there's one scene in this film 
which again I don't really want to get into specifics but man holy shit dude it, it gets me every fucking time dude mm-hmm. <laughs> it's brutal what happens I, I reviewed this film on here before and I said that the whole film is encapsulated in into the term beautiful violence because every every violent thing in this movie is done so beautifully in terms of filmmaking mm-hmm. um, and it's impactful and powerful it well it, f- it, you f- it feels heavy and raw it does man and like the way the story is told man it's like i don't know what it is about this but the first time i watched this film i was like who the fuck is this person right like i have no idea who the fuck is trying to get into this house and who's fucking with her and shit like that i don't know man it was just me but my brain was not leading towards where it does go and what the reveal is and shit. I don't know about you guys, but I never predicted this. I oh no, I had no fucking clue. Once I again, I the second that um, our killer first shows her face, I called it. I'm like, that's it. She's it. I, I just I I don't know why. Um, it was just a feeling I had the first time I watched it. Um, again, you know, it, it reminded me of the Prowler yet again because the very first time that the killer shows his face, instantly I'm like, oh, there he is. That's the guy. Mm-hmm. Especially because of the story that he's telling in that particular movie. In this one, yeah, I mean, literally, as soon as she sits down and lights that cigarette, I'm like, oh, there's our cast. I already knew it. Um, mm-hmm. Especially when she talks about how she lost her first child. I'm like, oh boy, yep, <laughs> we're setting this up. So, mm-hmm. I, but but the funny thing is, is that I had less problems with uh, the predictability of this one because ultimately we get confirmation of what you know I already knew not too long into the film. It's not like they you know waited till the third act to reveal who the killer was, but um, it, it, it definitely bothered me a lot less here because of the ride that we went on. Um, you know, like I said, for whatever reason, this one just spoke to me on first watch much more than, uh, uh, our last film. So, you know what this one did to me on this watch. So when I reviewed it before, I said I had a problem with like just some of the things that felt impossible or unlikely or like intentionally, um, you know, intentionally ignored to further the plot. Or like, you know, just bad decisions, things like that. I just don't give a fuck this time. Like this time watching it, I was just like, I just don't care. I don't care to think about the, why, why did you lay on the bed instead of leaving the house? Or like, the, like I just, they, I do not care anymore. I, I kind of feel I kind of feel you with that, man, because I've said in a lot of films, you know, like when you're watching a slasher film and there's like a core group of characters and then other characters just come into the film just to die right yeah. they, they just like randomly show up at a place and then then they die and then someone else shows up and then just they're oh, only yeah, yeah. there just to die well this movie does that too mm-hmm. they introduce a lot of characters i mean this movie essentially could have one death or two but mm-hmm. no it has like seven you know but and I'm like glad, i'm glad that that like but, especially the the first two yeah so what i'm saying so what i'm saying is that generally that type of stuff bugs me but in this movie i don't know what it is but it just it seems like it's just so fuck i think it's because the violence is so amazing and it's just so out of control and so fucking vicious and just uncalculated too because this wasn't the plan kind of thing right and i think it just but it does kind of make sense i mean for a couple of the characters like it does feel like the violence is a little bit haywire like you can't 100 percent like predict 
how everything, how all the violence is going. You might know that yeah, violence I'm more talking about, you know, the characters that come into play. I mean, the first two with the mom and the editor, those kind of make sense that they would show up at the house because of yeah, yeah. Give, given her state. Like, she's pregnant, and the mom explains that, hey, I know my daughter's going into, well, she doesn't say in those words, but anyway, she's saying, you know, she's coming to check on her daughter because she's obviously going into labor in the morning, and her editor said he was going to come by anyway, so that kind of made sense and things like that, but... But, you know, but they are essentially there just to fucking die. But th- there is a really cool scene with the mom, like, and how that goes down. But I, that's the cool mm-hmm. thing about this movie is that the the element of shock is there, like, right through the film. And, and even on rewatches, the element of shock is still fucking there. Dude, and this th- movie You know scary, your shit's effective. Bro. You know your shit's effective when you can pull that off on rewatches and shit. Did, but let me, let, me, let me ask you guys this. There's really a good. scene where the uh, she goes to lay down in bed and the the woman comes into her room, you know, it's like mm-hmm. right about before everything goes down. Mm-hmm. The first time I watched that, I was fucking sure that it was going to be a dream sequence. Hmm. Did anybody ever get that feeling? Not really, because they, they very clearly showed us, or, you know, they showed they, the audience, the, the star taking a sedative before she went to bed. So instantly I was just like, you know, that it, it doesn't really come off like a dream, especially as dark as they made it. I mean, that scene is very dark. I actually had to turn the lights off in my living room at one point because the movie is so dark in some scenes. And I almost missed the very first shot that we get of her inside the house. Remember uh, when she's sitting on her couch? It's and my you can favorite. Your- it's my favorite scene in the whole movie, actually, is that is that shot because it's so like, honestly, the focus is on her. Yep. falling asleep and then she appears through the background and just kind of fades out of it in this mm-hmm. one swooping motion and it's like I love shit like that like I live for cinema like that because oh my god that is the creepiest goddamn moment ever because they don't oh, fully yeah. expose her but they expose her face enough that you're like okay I see a face but my only question is how the fuck did she get in the house doesn't matter I'm sure nope. she had some I mean, she obviously planned this out. Well, so no, she it does. It does. It's yeah. actually. Here, here's the thing about getting in houses, right? Like where you live, it might be hard. Where I live, it's like it would just be so easy. Like you could get into my house easy if you want. Yeah, credit card. Don't do it. Don't do, it. do not do it though, because you could get shot. <clears throat> but I'm just saying. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm. I'm well, just in saying. California, like you're different areas have different levels of security that people care about. Like that, like people leave their doors open around here and stuff like that. You know no, what I, I mean? I, it I, just I know, you can, I know you can try and explain that away and shit like that, but this is, she also gets in the house after she's like, you know, had a problem with her. Yeah. Well, she's came I, to the I, door I and stuff, right? Because like, I mean, if you had somebody show up at your house and they're trying to get in there and you shoo them away, you think you shoo them away. And like, you're really going to be very conscious about keeping your door locked and your windows and just checking shit, right? Because you're home alone, dude. Like, I mean, I it's just like natural to protect yourself. I had access to the house before that. Like, I feel like Maybe. she's had access to the house. Like, this seems very premeditated to me. But, well, it's very premeditated. I mean, well, especially it's... once you get the reveal of who she is. You realize she's been planning this for months. Like she could have fucking got a key, like <coughs> copied one of the keys or something. And I, I know that they don't show it that, so it's assumptions. I, I get mm-hmm. that. But 
I think that the mystery level to this film is actually beneficial to it instead of hurtful to it. Well, no, it's um, not, it's not really a big you know plot hole. It's just I've always yeah. been curious on how just because that they show her have that altercation with her, and you're like, well, you know, she's pre- like she's very defenseless, so she's very pregnant and and very yeah. vulnerable, like, and she knows this too. Like, you just think consciously as a human, you would totally one hundred percent make sure that your house is fucking secure See, like on every level i mean it's just natural right i mean those are natural things you're gonna do especially as a woman right here's another thing about this movie that i i thought of the last time that i watched the, the first time that i watched it i'm not a hundred percent sold that there isn't a supernatural undertone to this movie no there's no supernatural i i tried i was i took that into effect when i was watching because i know you mentioned this before and like there's just there's things that you can question like how she okay the supernatural element could be you know you know going to like how the fuck she got into the house maybe that's supernatural right because you know supernatural shit they can do whatever kind of thing but at the same time if you're going to supernatural element why the fuck would she be talking to her and also mm-hmm. taking pictures of her. I mean, you can explain away because supernatural shit generally is not going to be um, shown up on film. Um, I just, mean, there's like, things like I that. mean, like more of like a witchcraft type of supernatural, not like a uh, she's mm. like a demon or something like a like. Well, just because she's so shit. just because she's so fucking like evil and nasty and shit. But then yeah, again, and you know, she looks like a witch, like the garb she's in with the with the like uh, 1600s dress thing she has when she shows up mm-hmm. uh, and just like the, the certain things that happen that are like pretty much impossible um i just i like okay when she's when they're in the in the room with the flashlight right and um there's literally like a wit like where she almost vanishes on screen literally so it's like I, just stuff like that that's just weird to me i don't know man it's 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 i think that it's i don't think that it's intentional to say like this is this is super natural or this is like witchcraft i just think that it's like um like not saying that it's not or something well it's inter- it's in- it's it's interesting too because another point that could support the whole supernatural thing that i thought of too is that they never do tell or it's not stated to us until the very end when she actually literally says it out loud um that uh you know the state of you know the the other driver in the car accident right and i mean don't forget this woman works at the hospital that th- that you know the pregnant woman has been going to mm-hmm. um, for you know probably the, her whole pregnancy and then probably after the accident I would imagine she probably went to the same hospital so I mean mm-hmm. this woman could have had access to her keys uh, you know during one of the appointments mm-hmm. you know maybe she dropped because if she was getting an ultrasound she can't have her keys near there that's that's metal so they have to so she probably has to keep her purse in another room and all you need is a piece of clay to make an imprint of a house key and then get the key made later so i mean there there's real world explanations now, for all well, yeah, yeah, for okay, sure. but can you so, can you explain how um she sneaks up on the the two people and steals the gun or whatever the fuck it was like literally right next to them and then because they were d- preoccupied they, with the bath the way that it's shot it just doesn't make it's just impossible no it makes sense because no, no, no. It because makes sense. he notices it's gone and she but it's like not enough time like because he is turning around and, and flashing the light it would literally be impossible for her to run up there and then unless it's edited to where there's missing scenes of time or something like that but the still shot of them turning around and stuff it just doesn't seem like that it would be possible 
I don't know. I think I, I think that they were so preoccupied with getting her out of the bathroom yeah. that they're just not going to notice it. She obviously didn't run up the stairs because they were hardwood, so you would have heard the footsteps. No, 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 no. Oh. She. I'm talking about in the where they're at the electricity box in the in the kitchen where oh. they're at the, at the box. You know what I mean? They're they're the he, they, he sits the gun or whatever the fuck that thing is on the table, right? Literally in hands reach from them like they're touching it practically and they're looking at the, he's telling him to shine the light on the like the breaker box and he's like he keeps turning around to look and the dude's like getting pissed because he's like shine it on here and then all of a sudden he looks to his right and the thing's gone and then they turn around and it's like there's this oh there's this weird sound effect and like this whoo, like thing like I, I, <clears throat> it's very weird how that sh- whole sh- scene was shot it seems impossible but I don't think, I mean, I'm not going to say impossible. Once again, I'm going to use the same kind of justification that I was using for the other scene that they were so preoccupied with turning on the lights in that box that they probably just didn't hear her stepping see, forward. I would agree with you, but the one that's guy the way is I would clearly see it too. not preoccupied with just the thing because he keeps looking away from it to check and make sure they're not being snuck up on. You know what I mean? Because the guy, the the cop is actually getting mad that he won't shine the light, and he tells him to shine the light because he keeps turning away and looking elsewhere. Right, but ultimately, it's not a. Very but isn't that big adding room. to the preoccupied at, though? At right? no point in that room is she more than three steps away from them. It's not a very big living room that they're. Exactly in. my point. She's in that vicinity, right? It only takes a second to do something, right? Yeah, that's I mean, I think it's really fucking explained away that she's so close to what is about to happen that really, I mean, it's not like she has to trot across a room kind of thing. Yeah. There's no time I'm to react. To the Plus, fact. you're in the dark too, right? Like, I mean, you can't see as well in the priff with the light. And stuff. There's certain ways I don't to know, actually. Man. She just she just appears next to him, like right. whenever they're looking, or they're like actively looking for her in open space, and she just appears behind them. On top of the fact that this woman is so proficient at killing that I don't think this is the first time she's done this. <laughs> See, I have a I get, funny feeling. That I get the probably, impression. I get uh-huh. that impression too, man, because the style, like what she does to those cops, man, like dude goes yeah. up and he fucking takes her out and takes the gun. And like, it, it just seems also like, I mean, obviously that couldn't be calculated, but it seems like something that she possibly have, what a, has done what about She's just too good with, at it. What about the, what, what about the dude with the nightstick? What about uh, the him? cop? The the cop that comes back in. What well, the the one that gets stabbed in the forehead. Oh no, that was the that was the the perp that got stabbed in the forehead. Yeah, that's but, the criminal. Isn't that who gets up swinging the nightstick? No, that's the cop because he's not in handcuffs. Did, oh. did you notice that he's not in handcuffs? The perp oh. is in handcuffs. Yeah, the perp. That's the perp, man. Oh. Okay, and well that cop, that that helps with a big explanation oh, yeah. of something that I thought was bullshit. Because when he turns um, on the lights too, you could see the tether connected what, to the back of his what, pants. What yeah. happened to him? What do you mean? What happened to him? Like what? What is wrong with him? What did she do to him the first? There time? was they picked up. She picked up something that whatever that thing that they sat on the table was. I don't know. It's fucking. They don't have shit like that in America. I don't think. Um. But like what, she, like what she stabbed him with? No, it was like a gun or something. Like oh, that was a, gun oh, the, the the gun that the, that he gave to the perp. That was a flare gun. No, no, no. The the guy they they sit something on the thing. It's like a, I don't know what it is, and then she gets it. 
Hmm. I don't and know. That, what, how, does she, let, how does she dispatch of the cop? That's what I'm asking. Uh, the first time you mean, or the se- well, because the second time it's obvious. It's the 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 the, the nice. He, he, sta- he stabs the or she stabs the cop, like through the neck. Um, she stabs him yeah, multiple times in the uh, in the abdomen, I believe, with that. Yeah, with the extended pole with the knife on the end. No, no, that, no. way before that, when he first goes down. When he first goes down, um, I think it's in the dark. I don't think we actually it, see it. No, it's the thing that she picked up off of the thing. Remember, he shines the light on the on the table next to him, and he's like, "This is gone." And then that's when they're like, "Oh shit, she's in here." Type thing. <clears throat> That's what I'm talking about. And then yeah, I know, she I, sneaks yeah, up I behind him and does something to him, but I don't know what it is. That's what I mean. Wasn't it in the dark? Like it's it's just it kind was, of implied. It, whatever she did to him was that thing that she picked up because she, you could see it in the dark. I don't know how you light your it is. I don't even think scene. I even realized what she even picked She's up. She's holding though. something and then like bah and then he's like falls. Or, or it cuts I away. Thought she, man, She's I thought she hit him with the flare gun. It. Maybe it's the flare gun. I don't know. Because that flare gun was like what a little fuck? Why do they have a flare gun? Well, you're not going to give the perp an actual gun. He might kill the don't cop. Don't give him an actual flare gun. You still kill a cop. No, you're just going to burn him. I mean, the, the, the point of the flare gun is to blind the woman. If, if he sees her, he shoots the flare That's at her. That's another thing that would never happen in America. You're not oh, giving him anything. No. <laughs> yeah, but this isn't America film though this is a no French i know film. i'm just saying it, it's, it's just i can't believe it even happened there i mean when when do you ever see a cop take a that's what i'm saying i don't know if it's bullshit or if like that would happen in france or whatever I you know what matter. i mean I, I have a strong feeling it they wouldn't do that i mean they would just leave him in the car handcuffed in the back well seat. i mean i i actually thought the exact same thing before too because why would you ever take a perp with you when they can't get yeah. out of the car the doors are locked yeah. <laughs> right that so. makes sense, but but, I mean, uh, but anyway, is he, is he not handcuffed to him in the back though? What's that? Is the is the other cop not handcuffed to him? They're tethered. Remember, he had that tether on the back of his pants. That's right. So like yeah. the guy, so he had the guy handcuffed with his hands in front of him, and then he had like a tether connected from the handcuffs to like maybe one of the belt loops on the back of his pants because yeah, when yeah. when he turns on the lights, you can still see the tether hanging mm-hmm. from the back of him. That's, so that's, what's that's the what I was explanation to him just wildly swinging the thing at the you mean after he turns the light on? Yeah. Um, I think he just doesn't recognize the girl. I mean, well, technically, he never saw the girl. It was the first two cops that saw her. That's a they, fucking different cop? No, that's the same cop. Oh, no, you're right. They did go up to the bathroom. My bad. Um, I think, well, did you notice how bloodshot his eyes were? I think he just didn't know who he was swinging at. I mean, I, I can't imagine. I mean, I, I, see, that's the that's just the one thing that I think is a little sloppy. That's that's really the one thing where I'm like, man, that just feels wrong. It doesn't feel right because he was like coherent enough to go turn the fucking fix a fuse box. Right. You I mean, he turned I mean? the circuit breaker back on. Yeah. Yeah. But um, they, it took him forever to do it with a flashlight and then he does it in the dark. Right. But like I said, I mean, she obviously hit him with something earlier. So he's probably still dazed. Maybe he's not seeing straight. And he just all he sees is a female. So he another thing. Another thing. It seems unlikely of her to just daze him and not 
kill him considering that, how that she also is. makes sense yeah I mean, the only thing I could figure is that she noticed that he had a perp with him, tethered to him. So, you know, she probably figured, I'll knock out the cop. I'll, I'll kill the this perp. dude in the fucking forehead brutally. Yeah. Holy shit. Um, um, but yeah. you know what? I don't even like picking this apart because it really does not matter that much to me in this film. Honestly, just no. because I love so much about this movie that it's like I'm willing to I think to that's more of a just an editing stuff. thing though too. I think it's just the way it's edited too. That's true. I mean, there could have been scenes cut out that would make that scene, you know, make more sense or flow a little bit better. So, you know, there's always scenes that hit the cutting room floor ultimately. Yeah, and as, as I kind of replay in my mind, I'm like, it, it just, it seems like it just could be an editing thing. Maybe the editing's throwing you off a little bit too. Cause I mean, that does happen in, in shit like this, especially in dark scenes, right? Dude, this movie came out June, Friday the 13th of 2007. How about that? Well, nice. all these connections are just very, very strange. <laughs> recording on Friday the 13th today. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I get where you're coming from. I mean, sometimes when you're watching kind of dark films and you see shit happen like that, you're like, how the fuck did this? Especially if you are th- if you have it in the back of your mind that there's a supernatural element to this too, you start to question everything that doesn't possibly make 100% sense. But at the end of the day, it doesn't skew my, um, my enjoyment for this whatsoever, man. I think it's just, it's fucking badass the way everything goes down, man. It's crazy. Absolutely. Oh, apparently it's a riot gun that he gets shot with. So it's one of those shotguns with the pellet bags in them. Oh, the bean bags, yeah. Oh, Ma- so sense. maybe she just thought it was a real gun. Well, probably. Why wouldn't she? You know what I moment, mean? So she, moment, maybe she, she thought she killed him. That's true. See, I'm Absolutely. fixing my own problems here. <laughs> yeah, I mean that could be it. <clears throat> um. Man, I'll tell you what. I never really thought too hard about that before. Now I'm trying to replay <clears throat> yeah, it in my mind. I'm just, me. I'm really trying to like p- piece it back together after Jamie just like annihilated the whole scene. So, but I don't know. I you just, know what, I, though, I just man. didn't notice any issues myself. So I'm like trying to think about it, and I'm like, I don't really see. Yeah. So I don't know. So, well, dude, I, I'll tell you what, man. When she first, and the reason to go back to why I thought that it was a dream sequence is she gets on the bed lifts up her stomach rubs it and then actually penetrates her and i was like in my head i'm like she's gonna wake up screaming thinking that somebody and because like i just couldn't believe that they would open the film with that you know what i mean Mm -hmm. in my head i was like there's no way that they're gonna start the movie by that (laughs) but fuck they do and that's Mm -hmm. what i love about it Mm -hmm. like i thought she was gonna have like a bad dream about that woman that was you know there or whatever and you know Sure. But yeah, so uh, I, I mean, dude, I, I love when she's in the bathroom and like she sticks her hand out and it gets fucking brutally stabbed. And the, the woman outside the door is so mad, dude. She's like hitting the wall and stuff that her performance is fantastic. Whoever that lady is, she I, I, she is just a wonderful I love the design in this film, man. The way they design the blood. Like, it's just, it's fucking almost, it's insane how much blood is everywhere after, like, a kill here and there. It's like, it's just crazy the amount of blood. Speaking, that bathroom scene's insane, dude, too. Like, but you know, the thing about that bathroom scene that uh, kind of bugs me a little bit is the scene where she obviously throws that dresser in front of the, the door handle and locks. I mean, she's doing that obviously to fucking, you know, to make her freak out and, you know, obviously 
do what she did, right? Do exactly what she did. Well, Until yeah, she worked. has to deal with the cops at the door, so she didn't want her getting out of the bathroom. Well, yeah, but doesn't the door open from the inside? No, but she puts but the you have dress. To, you have to hit the knob. You have to pull the knob all the way down. It's oh, I got you. So it yeah, can't so turn. She, so she blocks her in, kind of thing, right? But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, she obviously doesn't want her to get out, kind of thing, too. But I mean, at most, the same most time, of those knobs you can also turn upward. Just saying. Uh, some you can't. Some you uh, yeah. can't. Definitely yeah. you can't. Definitely you can't. But it's also a it's also a way to get her out of there too because she knows that she's probably like if she's locked in there, it's like she can't I, get out kind of thing, right? Thing so she she does out. exactly what's expected, put a hole through the door and then reach out and then that's how she fucking pulls her through kind of thing. You right? might so. want to put a spoiler warning before this one on the edit. <laughs> we pretty much spoiled the whole damn movie, but um, dude, and you mentioned design. One of my favorite. What's that? You just can't say anything about it without spoiling it. It's like I know, but I just don't want people to think that we're not, and then all of a sudden they walk into it. Because um, I hate that as a listener. But uh, one thing about design, dude, I love the design of this apartment and how claustrophobic it is. And you know every spot. like You know that down this hall is the bedroom. This is the bathroom. Down these steps is the front door. Then the living room. Then the kitchen. It's just like you see all of it and you know exactly how the uh, landscape of it is. It's in the, the that hallway between the bathroom and like just the, her bedroom and the downstairs is just so unsettling because it's so claustrophobic in this situation where you even feel if she does have to like dip out or like you know make it. It's just like you you you're stuck. It's it's hard to maneuver through that with a woman trying to attack you with damn scissors. Mm-hmm. Man, it's an scissors, intense movie. Those scissors are scary as fuck, too, man. Yeah, they definitely show. Like, see, if this was real life, they would just end up getting like the one with the plastic handle, like green plastic handle or something you got in your kitchen. But you know, <laughs> because this is a horror movie, the scissors have to look extra scary. Of course. Which I'm totally down with because they, those scissors look like like tools and not just like scissors. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I can go into ratings if you guys are ready. Um. Yeah. Oh God. There's so much I want to talk about, but it kind of falls under spoilers. I mean, I I verbally cheered out loud when. Well, she, you might as well just say what you have. I'll just put it. Yeah, he, he's gonna put a spoiler warning. <laughs> when, when she burns her face, I I literally the first time I saw this, I fucking cheered out loud. <clears throat> I I love that so much. Right as she's going to light her cigarette. And just boom with the aerosol can, fucking loved it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's an awesome scene, but it just looks so terrible, man. Like the CG on that just looks some, atrocious. Some of, I think and on, the worst part is when the camera's facing towards her and the fire's coming up at the camera, and her face is behind it. I think that's the worst part. But yeah. like the actual like burn effect, I don't think is that bad. Well, it, yeah, the the fire. Yeah, the after just, effect looks fine. Yeah, the after it all looks fine, but I mean, you know, the actual flame is—it's really, really from either side looks bad. Yeah, it's really bad. That, and actually, that's another, one of two horrible CGIs. <clears throat> the other is the baby. I think that's just awful. Um, well, really, I, I was actually going to say I like those scenes. See, I mean, they're actually, very obviously CG, but I enjoyed them. It's actually it one of my like one of my complaints. Out of fucking Stendhal syndrome or something. It's it's one of my complaints about this movie, man. Is that the effects do not hold up well? I don't like. I, I honestly wish that they hadn't have you know done the baby scenes over and over. I mean, how many times do they show the baby inside? Like, 
five or six times throughout the film. I think it's just a little overdone with that. Like we get the fucking point. I mean, there's, there's obviously times where it's really needed say in the beginning of the film and stuff makes kind of sense, but you don't really have to keep doing it. I, mean, I, just I, I just think it looks I, bad. I, I just think it looks bad. I prefer to not have them at all, personally. I don't I mean, need them I mean, all. the original, I think, you know, in the beginning of the film with the car accident and stuff, I think would make perfect sense to have that. I mean, it's, you know. Maybe that and, one. Maybe I'll take but, that one. But, that's but I mean, one. to keep showing it throughout the film, I think it's it's always been a complaint of mine. I've seen this movie three or four times now and maybe more. And I've always thought the same thing. But, um, you know, even back in 2007, I remember being like, again, with the C- with the CG effects, I was like, they look terrible, man. <laughs> like, okay, uh, JP, yeah. JP, to answer your question, I just watched <clears throat> the scene that you were talking about. Uh, we don't see what happens to the cop. Um, they're they're looking it cuts downstairs. To the upstairs and yeah, they're looking, yeah, they're looking downstairs. But you goes, do see before it cuts, though, her hold that gun up to his head, right? No. No, no, you, no, you definitely yes, don't see that do. scene. I'm telling you, I seen it. I mean, I'm I'm watching it right now. Is I your don't... brightness too low to see her hold that thing up? Because I saw it. I mean, the only thing I see them looking around. Uh, they're looking for the fuse box. He's getting mad at yeah, the it's guy. It's a little bit later. It's a little bit later. There's nobody here. Okay, then they find the fuse box. Yeah, it's way after that. Are we talking about the cop downstairs before she yes. goes upstairs? Yes. So she holds, yeah. They're talking about, okay, the cop draws his gun. He's pointing it around the room. There, yeah. He's looking around. Okay. It's a quick shot She's where, where you first notice she's next to him. Let's see. They're still looking around. <laughs> <laughs> this is a lot of calm. <laughs> <clears throat> but, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, it, my brightness must not be turned up because all I can see is the cop um, pointing the gun around the room while the perp mm-hmm. is holding the flashlight. Uh-huh. And then the camera goes up to the bathroom. You hear two gunshots. And then the camera. Yeah, yeah, it's right. It's right before that. It's on his right side. I want to say, like, when you're not his right side, but our right side of the screen, and it's her silhouette. It's not like it's not very visible, but I. That's what I seen. Unless I I just literally thought I saw it. I don't remember that at all. It's like I have no idea unless I missed it, but I don't think I missed it. I don't ever remember seeing that. So. Um, but yeah, so, uh, what else? I mean, it's inside. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, the gore effects in this movie are second to none. I absolutely love them. Um, you know, the big gore effect at the end, which I won't spoil, just spectacular. Absolutely loved and I loved how it was a single shot too. Like they show the they show mom struggling, and then the camera pans down, and then you get you know the, the shot, and it's all in one shot. So it just it just adds to the realism of it that there's no cut there. Um, yeah, I totally Dude, loved it. You know, it's such a haunting part, man. Is like when the camera pans down at the at the steps, and the blood is just flowing like a river. Yeah. Oh my God. Insane. Dude, that shit is fucking insane, man. I, what one thing about this movie I've always loved is that they didn't cop out in the narrative whatsoever. 
they nope. totally did and they went the they went the opposite way and it's just it's fucking amazing you know i mean this is the type of shit that i i love these type of endings i think they're fantastic and it, it just works for this this uh story it really mm-hmm. does no definitely that, the final shot of this film is so goddamn creepy man Mm-hmm. Uh yeah no absolutely even mm-hmm. even though the lights are off yeah it's it's still a pretty intense little shot there ah so many haunting scenes man I mean I think the cinematography in this movie is fantastic the lighting is just awesome it's oh, hard yeah. to do it's super it's super hard to do it it right. almost it's, looks smoky at times yeah it, it's just a really hard thing to do when you're when you're making when you're doing films is is shoot obviously shoot it in the dark like that but light it properly where it's not overlit. But just lit enough that you can still see shit. It's a really, it's a fucking hard thing to do, man. And a lot of this is shot like just fucking so yeah. good, man. It really adds to just the the hauntiness of it. Yeah. And I really, really wanted to point out the score for this movie. This score mm-hmm. is fucking spectacular. It's um the com- the composer's yeah. name is Francois Audet Jeanfro. Um, unfortunately, he's no longer with us. He passed away in 2016, but he also did the soundtrack for High Tension, which is another one um, where the high point of that movie, again, is its score. So um, th- this guy was absolutely brilliant. Um, oh, he also did the Hills Have Eyes remake. Um, so, yeah, uh, I just wanted to point that out because, I mean, on, on my rewatch today, it was the soundtrack that stuck out to me just the the way that they utilize the the musical stings and then just like the the low kind of synth sound that's um going through a lot of it i just i can't say enough about this score probably one of my favorite next to the effects probably one of my favorite parts of the film i couldn't agree more man the music plays out so well the beginning of the movie has got to be the most somber fucking feel ever like when yeah. she's getting dropped off, like just the music that's playing and shit like that, and and then how it kind of changes throughout the, you know, obviously the, you know, mm-hmm. the second and third acts and shit. It's crazy. It it works and, so well. It really does. Yeah. And just the way that he cuts the score, um, you know, when the, when a camera shot changes, like when the camera goes from downstairs to up, upstairs, especially right after a kill's been performed, and how uh, the the score j- will just just cut the, out. just to chime in here, it it's hard to see. You don't see her but you see the gun at the back of his head um the the beanbag gun um right before it cuts back up to her and then you hear the guy yell yeah okay that makes sense so yeah it's very hard to see though if you're if 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 your brightness is very low you you probably wouldn't even see it because it blends with the black it's black you know what i mean exactly Mm -hmm. And that but would explain- you can see him get a look on his face, like it touch. He backs into it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I'd have to see it again. Shit, I don't know, but um, yeah, it would it would explain too why his eyes were so red when he got back up because he just took a couple of bean bags to the back of the head. So <laughs> yeah, oh god, that's got to yeah. be painful. Who the fuck has a deadbolt in their fucking bathroom? Uh huh. A smart uh, person. A lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah, think I've ever been in a bathroom, common, man. Dude, I've never seen a bathroom with a deadbolt. I think like, just, I, I, like hand I, I, locks or just I think like I've only lived locks. in one place that had a deadbolt in the bathroom, but uh, only one, and it was I a guess really it's old not built. pretty common. But I've definitely had. Dude, seen I've literally that. been in like millions of houses in my life. I've never seen a dead <laughs> like that. Like in that, maybe it's a European thing. I don't know, but I've never seen one before. That's just it. Seems like an odd thing to have in your bathroom. Like, why? Like your the lock on your know. handle should be enough. Like people aren't usually trying to fucking break in when you're taking a poop. 
Like no, but when a, a good-looking girl's taking a shower, I could kind of well, see her feeling safer with a deadbolt. Yeah, but apparently she she's got better lockage in her bathroom than she does in her house because <laughs> you know what I'm saying. She can't get into the bathroom, but she can get right. in the house pretty fucking easy. <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, let's do ratings here on this one. All right, uh, I guess I'm first. So uh, I I've pretty much fallen in love with this film, man. It, it's so good. I. It took me years to see it because I always was saving it for when we did the Fab Five show. And then somebody gave it to me for Patreon last year, and I finally watched it. I had a little bit of issues with it. Uh, I gave it a nine. Um, now watching it, I have cleared up a lot of those issues, honestly. Uh, just talking through the film and finding out that that was a beanbag gun. Like, I never knew that. Um, and that makes sense how he would be she wouldn't know that necessarily. I doubt she's a gun expert. You know what I mean? So she might have thought she killed him, So which means she would, of course, leave him alone. So it would make sense that he would get up surprised. Mm -hmm. um, and I, that's one issue that cleared up. There was a few more that was cleared up during the thing. And uh, I love, 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 love like the, the just crazy violence level of this film. It, it's just a, an endless... It just feels endless. It's just going to keep going and keep getting crazier and worse. Um, the, the literally the only thing I don't like in this movie is the um, CGI fire and the CGI baby. I could have done without the baby so much. The beginning, fine, I'll take it. But I, I didn't need it intercut in the in the uh, parts of the film. If it had been done better, I might have thought it could be beneficial to the film but it was done so poorly that it, it reminded me that i was watching a movie and that's never good uh so but with that said i'm coming in almost at the top i'm giving it a nine and a half so i did bump up a half point yeah i'm pretty much on the same level man um this whole movie is just haunting it's just brilliantly shot scored uh, it's acted really well, man. There's just, the blood and gore is obviously off the charts. It makes it just so appealing to watch, man. Um, but yeah, the CG, like I just don't think it holds up, man. The fire is horrible. Uh, the baby's just overused and stuff. Um, you know, the one scene in this film that always kind of like, kind of, kind of makes me shake my head a little bit too, man, is right towards the end there when she has this kind of fucking battle and stuff, and then, and then. The uh, the criminal dude, I think it's a criminal with the fucking uh, with the nightstick. He fucking starts beating her in the fucking stomach with it. That's you the guys, cop, yeah. Or the cop, yeah, yep. the cop. And uh, couldn't remember who it was, but uh, he fucking looks like a goddamn zombie in that picture or in that scene. <laughs> right, because of his eyes. When I saw his eyes, I'm like, what the hell did she do to this guy? Like, I didn't, I didn't realize that she hit him with that riot gun either, because his eyes <laughs> looked way too red to be normal i mean it literally looked like someone yeah know, like they like actually tried, like they tried to poke his eyes out but they didn't quite finish the job but i th but i think there's cg on his face because it's like altered it like the way he turns around and kind of screams it's like holy shit did he turn into a zombie because his face doesn't even look right right it's weird man it's like such an odd scene i don't, I don't really understand what they were trying to go there because if he was shot in the back of the head like i don't understand why his fucking face was looking like he was something straight well, out of a george a romero film because he, he he probably fell forward flat on his face but like the way he the way he turns and rounds and acts and shit it's like so weird he's acting like a fucking like crazy 
Well, that's like what I was Zoll. saying earlier, that I don't think he realizes which woman that is. He just realizes there's a woman standing in front of him. So it's a coin flip on if it's the right one. So fuck it. So I and guess like, so. Like, I guess that is the way to explain that away, too, because I, it just got me thinking, because he would have never actually seen. The, the, but, the, the, but, why, but why would he go straight for the pregnant stomach, though? Yeah, yeah that, he that, he doesn't see anything. I think I think he's just swinging. Yeah, he's probably just swinging blindly. He just happened to hit her in the. In is the that stuff. is that the way you explain that away? Because I've always wondered why. It just seems like he's directing his swings right at her stomach, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like I've always wondered why the fuck it seems so calculated at her stomach, and I'm like, you would think that I just think she that would not be the perpetrator if she's the pregnant one. No, yeah. no, very true. Right, like it doesn't but, like seem I like said, she would I, be the per- even if he hadn't seen. If he hasn't actually seen the real perpetrator or the woman that's actually in the house, because that 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 could be possible, right? Because she was upstairs, kind of thing, right? So if he hasn't seen her, why why does it seem so calculated at her stomach? Yeah, I, I think I it was just a wild sloppy, thing. Man. Yeah. So plus, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. They're usually going to go for either the midsection or the head with their baton. If they're going for the kill, if, they're if going this for film the head. does anything, actually technically cops go for the knees in that situation, suck. they fucking hit you in the knee. That's true. Yeah, they might even go lower. They're actually told. They, yeah, you take you, one knee with a fucking hit of a baton, like you're you're dropping, dude. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that shit ain't fucking keep, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. But, so I mean, whatever. I mean that that is a little bit sloppy and shit, but I guess it's forgivable because the rest of the shit is pretty damn yeah. impressive. And I, I just love the way the shit ends, man. It's just such a fucking fantastic ending. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh man, you're like, yep. That totally works. But, I mean, the movie itself actually has really good pacing. Like, it's not overly long. It only runs, what, 80 minutes or something like that? Like, it just just fucking flies by. It really does, man. And it's just, it's almost an exhausting film because it's so graphic. You're like, holy fuck, There's not a lot of downtime. No, there really isn't, man. There really isn't. And just, it works, man. Um, Nine nine and a half out of ten. Um, I just watched the car accident scene again. Are they trying to imply that she got into that accident on purpose? Did you see how she swung the wheel? Yeah. They definitely do. And I think that's the reason that's how you explain her just being like insane about it. I mean, if it was an accident, do you really react like that after? Who knows? Maybe if you lose your baby, I don't fucking know. Right. But, but yeah, I I, yeah, but I know she's... it is totally implied that she does it per- because she even mentions it in dialogue too. Like she's implying that she fucking you took my baby on purpose and shit like that. Yeah. Kind of fucked up. It is fucked yeah. up. What she you, literally what mentions you, that. So yeah. What do you got, Jerry? Um, I'm right there with you, man. This movie is almost perfect. I actually have less problems with the CG than you guys do. I actually enjoyed the shots of the baby, especially when the baby would change expression, like when mom would get hit or when she would start to get tense. Um, You know, obviously it's CG. It's really the only way that you're going to be able to put that, you know, you're not going to stick a camera inside of a pregnant woman's womb. So it's probably the only way that you're going to get a shot like that. Um, And then I just rewatched the fire kill or the fire scene. And it it does look bad. I will admit, but in the heat, (laughs) In the heat of the moment, like especially the first time you're watching it, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the first time you're watching it, I, I, I just don't think you notice it. I think it's with subsequent rewatches that you start to really, you know, pinpoint the fire and, um, you know, the baby scenes as well. But yeah. like I said, for whatever it's worth, um, 
I, I think this movie's almost perfect. Um, I mean, if I could, I'd give it a 9.75. But, yeah, I'm going to go right there with you guys, 9.5 out of 10. All right. So with three 9.5s out of 10, that is a 28.5, which does, in fact, Ooh, this guy can do make the Hall math. of Fame. Awesome. Nice. <laughs> wow, another Hall of Famer. This is we're on a roll here. So. I like yeah. it. Okay. So that is uh, Inside from 2007. All right, so moving into the last featured review here on episode 172, also from 2007, simply titled P2. Synopsis. A businesswoman is pursued by a psychopath after being locked in a parking garage on Christmas Eve. There's our third connection of Christmas Eve. Yeah. Um... Thoughts on P2? Um, this was a first time watch for me. It's a movie that I've been told over the years is really good. I've, I had always been told about an infamous kill scene that was just very, very intense and gory. Um, but it was just one of those things I never really got around to, especially over the last few years with me being, you know, on 118 different podcasts. It, it, sometimes I just don't find the time to watch everything I want to watch. So, like I said, with this being a first-time watch, um, I did enjoy it. I really enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed this one a little bit more than Dead End. Uh, but once again, um, th- this movie is equal parts thrill ride and frustration for me. In yeah. the sense, yeah. in the sense that every time our heroine would do something cool, and I would yell out, "Oh, good girl." she would then turn around and do something that would leave me scratching my head. Like why, why would you drop your phone there? Why would you, there's a few things that there's one scene where she goes back down into the uh, security office there where, you know, a, a large part of the movie takes place and I'm screaming at her. Don't forget about the dog. Don't forget. And she's just not paying attention. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm, I'm expecting any second. The dog is going to jump out from like behind the desk or whatever. Um, but then as soon as the video started, uh, I'm, I'm literally screaming. He's right behind you. He has to be right fucking behind you. And guess where he was. So yeah, <clears throat> that's what I mean when I say this thing is equal parts, thrill ride and frustration. Um, but still it's more thrill ride than frustration because ultimately, you know, this is an upscale white woman working in a, you know, at park place. Um, uh, you know, this definitely isn't a situation that she's used to. It's not like she's an ex Marine or anything stupid like that. So I can see how, you know, your heart's racing, your adrenaline is pumping. You're thinking about your family. Am I ever going to see my family again? Mm -hmm. Blah, blah, blah. So I'll, I'll forgive her for most of the questionable things that she did. I'm not going to say that she did anything stupid, just questionable. That's all. Um, well, but yeah, overall, I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah. I mean, this one I've, I've actually ever watched once. I, I picked it up when it first came out and I hadn't seen it in years. And I mean, some of the gore, some of the scenes in this, you can tell that Alexander Aja wrote this movie. Um, mm-hmm. Because, I mean, that shit right there is just, it's, like, inside level. One of the kills in this film is pretty fucking nasty, like, how it goes down and shit. But I don't know, man. The setup to the film, I mean, we've seen this type of shit before, like, an obsessed person 
that is obsessing with somebody and the whole setup is a little bit different considering you know the location of it and stuff it's so far-fetched though i mean is it just me or in a huge ass upscale building like that why is he the only fucking person that is like working in that building it's christmas eve buddy well technically he's not there was one more (laughs) what what okay where was the fucking front end person you know like when she called i think he took well, he, he obviously had been working there for a while, so I think he probably took Carl out first, like before anything, like before, literally as soon as they locked down the building, I got a funny feeling that he went, he found the, the, the real security guard, not to say that he wasn't the real one, but you know what I mean, the main one, Carl. Um, I, I think he dispatched Carl before anything started, just to give him the the, the peace of mind that, okay... I'm locked in a building. It's going to be locked for the next few days because it's the Christmas break. Mm-hmm. And now I'm the only other person here besides this woman. So. so so, like the front entrance guy, are you talking about? Like he takes him out? Yeah. Right? Carl, that was his name? The black dude? Yeah. No, he no, he wasn't. I think he was actually the, the elevator attendant. Like I don't think that's the guy that works the front desk. Like there would be a different guy for that. Well, no, because right. she she even says uh, when she goes up there after she calls the cab, she's even like, where the hell are you? Like, I, I could have sworn she said his name. Mm-hmm. And, and didn't he walk her? Didn't he walk her out there? Like, he, uh, not, he yeah, didn't yeah, walk yeah. to the car, but he well, walked no, her to like the like, elevator. Like, we're talking about the black guy. Yeah, that's the elevator, the elevator attendant. Like, he's just like in those upscale buildings. They just have guys that sit in there and fucking press that's buttons. The elevator and shit. attendant? I yeah. could, man, for some reason, I thought that was the security guard because he was even talking about um, going to his post. I, I, I could have sworn that he had a line like that there. That's um, weird because they they introduce him as the guy that's like in the fucking elevator. It's weird because usually front end guys will be going up and down in elevators and shit like that, right? It's like two separate jobs. Um, I mean, yeah, that makes sense, but at the same time, why would he still be there if he's the elevator attendant? I think it's because the party was still going on. He was probably still there because of that. Was he not like a maintenance dude? <sighs> No, I thought the party was over because the last two guys. Yeah, I know. You know. That, that's the weird thing, right? Because there should be two separate, like there's an elevator dude and then there's a front end guy and then there's like the parking lot guy kind of thing, which would make sense. He's a like, security guard. I just looked it up. That's what I thought. Yeah, I thought he was like the main so security why the fuck, guard. So why the fuck was the security guard fucking in the elevator and shit? Was he just doing rounds in the elevator? I think he was Probably clearing the building floors, because, because he was his... talking about how the building was going to be locked down for the Christmas break. Yeah, and I yeah. think he was just clearing the building before he locked it all down. He yeah, was just, just making sure nobody was left in the building. Yeah, it's so weird how they set up that character, man, because he comes across as he's like the fucking elevator dude. He wasn't dressed like an elevator dude, too, because those guys are usually better dressed. Yeah, they're like, like, but, they're like. Swath. But he also didn't look like the front end guy either, because usually those guys are pretty well dressed, too. <laughs> no, but know, those man. guys usually are dressed like security guards, though. They don't have like suits on. I mean, no. I, 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 I no. have seen examples where they are wearing suits, but for the most part, mm-hmm. you know, they're wearing their standard security garb, whereas the elevator attendant would be dressed like an old time usher, you know, with the little hat and everything. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, true. I mean, I guess so. But yeah, and usually they're trying to sell you like cologne or something. <laughs> That's the bathroom attendant. Oh yeah. 
So he, yeah, so he takes him out at some point because yeah, because he gets fucking all flooded out in the elevator and shit like that too. Yeah, Again, I, I assume back. that he took him out first, like before she like like so, literally as soon as he because uh, he because he went down the elevator with her. See, that's why I was always confused level. about this. I was like, this is so fucking weird because he was in the elevator and then all of a sudden he's like. Well, he obviously disappears while all the shit's going on, and then he ends up dead. It's like, when the fuck did he do this? <laughs> like, it's, it's yeah, so he, it, uh, it is kind of crazy. Tom was getting all his ducks in a row before he made his move. Yeah, um, I'm sure. This it, film, mm-hmm. So, so this film for me, um, I've seen it one other time uh, when mm-hmm. I bought it on DVD, probably 2011. Uh, and my biggest issue was with the film was just that it was fucking super convenient. Like everything was convenient yes. either for the character or for, for against the character. Yeah. And it was just fucking repetitive after a while. It's just like, okay, like how many more like lucky things or unlucky things can happen or like purposely ignored things. Um, and it was very frustrating watch, but I still thought it was kind of cool. It was kind of, kind of, uh, a dope movie. This yeah. time watching it, I knew all that stuff was going to happen, and it seemed <clears throat> way less um, impactful and annoying. Mm. And I think I literally think it's just because I knew it was coming, and before it was like frustrating me because I wanted it to not happen. But I already knew it was happening this time, so mm-hmm. it didn't bother me as much. It really didn't. This film is a giant cat and mouse uh, film. It reminds mm. me of fucking Tom and Jerry or something. Uh, like <laughs> like how ridiculous some of the things that happened to like tom while he's i wonder if that's why they named him tom um <laughs> but uh-huh. yeah uh you know she uh she um you know is uh where the fuck was i going with this tom and jay shit uh she <laughs> fuck <laughs> fuck i'm getting tired sorry um the Back hold on to- oh go, go ahead. ahead no good uh, back to your point about <clears throat> convenient uh, things happening. The only time that it really bothered me was when she was smashing the cameras with the axe. And every time a camera would go out, Tom would be looking the other way or petting his dog. She smashed <laughs> like six or seven cameras. And every yeah. single time it went out, he would conveniently be looking away. And I'm like, really? That just seems. You know what the one thing. One thing that bugged me about this movie, man, is when the fucking, you know, when she loses her cell phone on the other side of the, the gate. Yeah. And, of course, she's reaching through and her hands get stuck and blah, blah, blah. And, of course, when he comes around the corner, she's fucking miraculously got out of that somehow after she couldn't get out of it for, like, ten minutes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But, actually, it's when the cops pull up. So, the cops, um, she ends up calling the cops. They they respond to a distress call there and stuff like that. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's the typical fucking cop shoot where they don't even go into the actual office. Right, like, what the mm-hmm. fuck's up with that shit? Because he like yeah, tasers, just, her. yeah, he tasers yeah. her, and like they don't even check inside the office because they they figure like something's got to be going on here, right? But they don't even go into the office. It's like typical convenient shit for our, um, you know, our fucking bad guy here. Yeah, but it's actually it, when they pull so up, much when they pull, stuff. yeah, that move that like that scene is just ridiculous with the cops. But it, it starts out right when the cops pull up. Her fucking cell phone is right in front of the gate. Like when you pull, you would have seen that yep. fucking cell phone sitting there. And, Absolutely. And, to, and to make things worse, after they, you know, they do their rounds and they, they obviously question them and shit, they don't really 
do a thorough job. They don't go into the office and shit, which is complete See, bullshit. It's I complete bullshit say... because this is protocol. You would check out everything. If there's a distress call and this guy doesn't know about it, there's something going on in there. This yep. doesn't fucking make sense. And it makes things worse. They do the rounds. They say, okay, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then they drive out and then they drive over the cell phone. What What does she what say on the phone? the fuck phone is that? It's the, like ridiculous. When she gets a hold of the police. What's up? What does she say on the phone? She gets. She just says. She just says. uh, I'm being kidnapped. I'm at whatever part. I'm locked in the parking. Yeah, you would definitely investigate that. Yeah, she said like I'm locked in the park. This guy's trying to get me. Whatever. But then when they drive out, you know, you would see the. I mean, obviously, you now you're on the very lit side. (laughs) The cell phone sitting there, and then they drive over it. I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, Here's the thing. It's just bad. That's bad driving. Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. You might think that you could see your cell phone, but see a cell phone. I lose my cell phone in front of my face in a, in an office, and I'm like, "Where the fuck did I put Dude, this thing?" And I can't that, find. That was it. a white phone, though, on a, on a concrete floor. That's fairly obvious. That but the, how do you know my cell phone's black? But JP, you have to remember what are you these. To say? But these are also police officers <laughs> that you know generally aren't looking for cell phones on grounds all the time, but they are very attentive people, and they are looking for shit because they're uh, responding. Can, I, they're responding the, the, to a duress call, so you you have to keep your eyes open for everything. The, yeah, the, okay. The fucking obvious I, thing was I just right in front of their face. The cell phone thing is like the like one of the more excusable things versus like the not investigating. I mean, that, like, that was, I would be okay with the cell phone. I don't know. That, that was the no, one part where I kind of threw my arms up. No, I'm like, bad. really? Dude, that yeah, whole scene is the, them driving in and driving out, not investigating. That the whole shit is just fucking bullshit, man. It's just so bad. Like, the, and how just, did they not? How did they not find the truck that had all the tires blown out on it? You'd think if they found a pickup truck where all four tires were blown out, that yeah. it would have maybe a red light would have gone off. Like, what the hell is this truck doing here? Uh, I don't know. It just I don't know about a red light. Maybe like a red flag, though. <laughs> light bulb, whatever. I'm just joking. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I yeah. mean. See, okay. I, look, this film is full of shit like that. It, it really is. Sure. And no, it is. <clears throat> I've always hated that about it, but I just – I just like I remember I don't know if you remembered that stuff moods but I remembered when before I hit play that that shit was going to be prevalent throughout the whole entire film I you know honestly I didn't really remember it too much like it's been a while since it made it easier to fucking choke down man because I ended up not caring about that so much and having fun with like the other shit like how weird and fucking crazy tom yeah. is where he's getting all mad that she keeps calling him tom he starts flipping out and and of course the two center stage items of our young angela that i kept saying um if you know what i mean mm-hmm. <laughs> um but uh yeah so and like just i don't know man i i just had a lot more fun with it than i did the first time it is i will not excuse the problematic bullshit that happens in it it just didn't bother me as much as. So what I'm about actually, the dude? Okay, what about explain this away? What about the dude that obviously gets fucking rammed up against the wall? The dude that was hit on her before, and and Tom's mm-hmm. like, you know, loses his shit and stuff. So he abducts this guy, mm-hmm. who's at the party, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and nobody comes looking for him. Well, he was leaving. They probably all assumed that he left. But I mean, everybody was leaving. The party was over. Everybody yeah, the party was, was over. Everybody. He just kind of snatched that dude on his way out. Probably, yeah, uh, that's what but I was. But he thinking. was so he was there completely by himself and like no one noticed this and shit. Like, went like where the fuck? Well, I mean, you get? you're there, oh, aren't you always at work by yourself? 
he probably grabbed them after he got out of the elevator on whatever floor he was parked on because there were so few people left there by that point. Yeah, he probably, you know, waited for him to go to his car. Yeah. I could see that. Absolutely. Well, see, the interesting thing about that is that, like, you know, if you're in a parking garage and you have, you know, you have appointed parking, you know, for your company that's in that building, you guys are going to be parking uh, over no, in one, se- not, in one like, section. Not a lot. Like, not. I well, that's, that's saying if you do, but there's a lot of them are just you park wherever. Well, no, you have certain sections because there has to be some type of order to where you're parking and shit. So people aren't parking like everywhere all the time and shit. Why? So like so if you work for it's the way it is, man. Just the way no, it is. I don't, I don't right. see why though. We share cuz I work at DirecTV, AT&T, but we share our park our parking lot with Ravion and a and a couple and um shit. Uh I, some other airplane uh parts company and we actually do have sectioned off parking. I mean, I don't have yeah. an assigned spot. No, no, no. I'm not talking about a signed yeah, spot. Like spot. Level, I'm talking yeah, a signed levels. area like, and level. Yeah, what if he's that's... on P3 or something? You know what I mean? Well, exactly. I'm just... No, I'm, no. generally, like your business would be kind of in one spot. That's what I'm saying. Because there's different companies in there. Yeah, right? that building's too big to have just one company in there. Absolutely. Well, that's what I'm saying, right? So, like, say there's another business in there, and they're probably in this part of the parking lot. They keep everyone kind of together. It's just like an organization thing in parking garages. So you're saying garages. he couldn't have been by himself? Probably not. Probably not. Most Unlikely, likely. Unlikely? Yes. Unlikely. And that's that's the thing but that bugged me, too, about where her no. car See, was. The, the, I'm more <clears> worried about, like, the impossible things. Like, unlikely doesn't bother me. Impossible bothers me. Like, going there and not doing an investigation that's yeah. impossible that's not going to happen no I know, I know that's the, completely the chances I'm just, of someone going out there alone yeah unlikely but possible yeah sure definitely possible yeah. um so you would have so, to assume that he was coming out very late too i mean elevator i mean there, you got to remember was, the Christmas wasn't he party. not because the girl and they the were Christmas all party say, was happening. saying there that, was other people there right so but she was saying that she's staying late and stuff so mm-hmm he was still there, which means he would have been later as well. True. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. But we don't, but we don't have a de- definitive timeline on when he snagged him though, too. Exactly. Yeah. We're not a hundred percent sure. Like we don't maybe, know when maybe these events he are was happening. sticking around to talk to her when she left because he liked <laughs> potentially. Well, yeah, that's true. Which yeah, I mean, is kind of interesting because she even tries to explain it away, you know, later in the film, like, no, he was a good guy and shit like that. And it's just like, yeah. okay. but anyways, like, like there's a time, like there's a, it's kind of problematic in that whole kind of situation because even where she's parked, I mean, yeah, she comes out later and everyone's kind of gone, but his vehicle's nowhere around. And I was like, okay, yeah. the, the only, the only thing really that sense. truly, I mean, the only impossible, if you will, thing that really bothered me here and most people probably won't, it probably won't bother them because they probably don't know as much about elevators as i do because uh um, the water thing that's yes, bullshit you cannot flood an elevator car it's an absolute impossibility yeah yeah um, I, I i'm in an elevator every single day multiple exactly. times a day that's some fucking bullshit i no, spill I mean, water on the ground yeah, yeah. i have that written down i have that written down actually <laughs> fucking the the elevator scene with the flooding garbage yep. that's <laughs> one of the i, I hate yeah. that i even i even agree with that one 100 yeah that's yeah. fucking bullshit man. and I, I was also surprised that there was no alarm at the car rental place she broke into the car rental place and then no alarm goes off it's like th- there's keys to like a dozen to two dozen cars there how how does that facility not have an alarm because it's not part of her company it's a whole mm-hmm. separate thing it's a car rental thing 
So yeah, that that because I, I figured that as soon as she opened that door, there was going to be some kind of alarm, either a loud one or potentially a silent alarm. Dude, I that have that goes written down to too. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> bothered me. <laughs> but the, the the problem is, is that this the things that this movie does right. They do fucking awesome. So all the other improbable shit, I'm very okay with forgiving. I'm just like JP. Mm-hmm. I, I I absolutely can forgive all the unlikely things that happen in this movie because of just how absolutely great everything else is. I mean, the, the performances from our two main stars I thought were fucking stellar. And I'm not this usually is, this that This is big. what happens when you take a final act of a slasher film and stretch it out into an hour and a half movie. Yeah, you just well, gotta start yeah. doing bullshit because you gotta stretch it out. That's the thing, man. This movie has a lot of scenes in it that are way too fucking long. Like, I just feel like there's just so many scenes that just drag and drag. Like, I mean, the runtime on this is like a hundred minutes. Like, really, it doesn't need to be. It could be twenty five minutes shorter, easily, easily. Yeah. I just uh, feel like there's scenes inside the uh, inside his office that go on a little bit too long, and then there's you know this the dinner scene. That's, scene yeah, yeah the di- like there's just scenes that go on and on. I feel like it's too long for me. Oh man, I, f- I feel like it fucking drags, man. It does. Jeremy was actually right about that. He's like, man, there's parts that drag, and I'm like, hundred percent agree with that. Hundred yeah. percent. I'm just like, I feel like it could have been tightened right up and stuff. Like they but. could they could have skipped the entire phone call when he forced her to call her family. It's like that's unnecessary. I mean, it, I mean, it's the, just to explain a way for them not coming because, well, the thing is, it's kind of necessary because she said that she was on her way. Right. right? And it, when she is, doesn't show up, it's like, well, you got a question. They're going to come looking for her at work. But right? she it's also just has natural. a history of blowing them off. I mean, the sister almost doesn't sound surprised when she calls and says, oh, you know, I hit a snag you know, or, or I don't feel good or whatever. I mean, that, that's actually a, hear in the sister's voice that, oh, here we go again. Absolutely you know? fair point. Absolutely fair point. Because, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's totally implied that she's doing that shit all the time and stuff. But yeah, yeah, for sure. Roger Ebert gave it three out of four stars. Nice. What? <laughs> wow. I guess he wasn't picking up. <laughs> I really like the the aspect of the relationship between Tom and the lead and just how weird he is and how obsessed he is. I think that's where this film mostly shines. Um, is yeah. that and you know, just the the general kidnapping aspect of the film is kind of creepy and the the whole set in a parking garage is kind of cool well uh there's so much bullshit but i there's a lot of cool stuff too i mean at least they put a little bit of story to him where you know he's actually been watching her for he explains the way he's been watching her for the whole year you know and he's like oh you know this is happening i've seen this guy do this and shit he's a bad person and you know he's obviously been doing this a long time and stuff he's been waiting for this exact moment at least they give you that kind of details that it wasn't just you know ramp you know it wasn't just spontaneous and he's like ah you know it's yeah. christmas eve i'm fucking alone here but he had all this shit planned and at least at least they did that properly i mean it's it's kind right. of ridiculous you know but at the same time you know they yeah. he's he's literally insane like this guy is in fucking insane because you know when she walks into the into the office and he's got the vhs tape playing of him of her when she was uh, basically knocked out or whatever. Right. And he's putting no, I, like, it really kind of shows who he is. Like this guy has just completely lost his fucking mind and shit like that. And yeah. so, I mean, you can kind of explain away a lot of the shit that happens and stuff, but at first, I, yeah. I thought that he should have been like, I thought he was miscast a little bit. I thought they should have got like more of like a less like handsome looking dude. But then after his charisma took over and like, he really pulled off the like off, like off, edge guy you know like wait a minute you didn't think this guy was good looking 
No, I'm I saying that... I thought that he was too good looking for the role oh, of like good looking. stalker I thought said, oh, more... at first. But after you saw his like type of character that he portrayed, I thought that he fit really well. Yeah, I loved his performance because I, I thought that he played he was equal parts psycho and asshole. Because all through the movie, he, <laughs> yes. he made constant comments to her that only a total douchebag would make yeah, yeah. right up until the end where he actually has the balls to say, why can't we be friends? Mm-hmm. Are you fucking kidding me? You're asking this girl that you've just tormented <laughs> why we can't be friends? It's, it's a product that's, of being absolutely <laughs> it's a, it's a product of being absolutely insane though too right like you go and do all this shit and then you just expect her to be like okay yeah you're right we, but we this guy he comes off like even before he lost his mind he's probably always been a douchebag he mm-hmm. just has that mentality of you know you we belong together because i say so you know yeah because i've met guys like that i've met guys like that that actually will look at a girl for the first time from across the room and just be like yeah i'm gonna fuck that tonight I'm like, really, guy? Well, he says really? shit like, you know, he fucking sends the dog after, and then she ends up fucking stabbing the shit out of the fucking dog and killing it. And he's like, why would you do that? It's just a yeah. defenseless dog. And I'm like, dude, like, you're fucking insane. You stick your fucking dog on her, man. What do you expect her to do, man? Exactly. Which I fucking love that scene, by the way. I, I do not like animal violence. I think most people in the community aren't big fans of it. No. But in this instance, I was fucking cheering her on. I mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah, just fucking stab the shit out of him. We had animal care. violence in the last film, too, that we didn't mention. I don't, I don't know why. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that one I didn't like. That's why Wait, I didn't she, mention it. She squeezed the fucking cat. Like, it's just vicious, uh, man. But, uh, but you know, when, when she's locked in the trunk, man, I mean, that whole shit. I mean, the way all that shit plays out is very, very tropey, right? I mean, she's going to get out just as they're leaving and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's just, it's very kind of standard tropey fucking thriller shit right there. Yeah. Um, but I, I've always had a problem with when people are locked in trunks and they they find that crowbar and they they bust out of it just i don't know what you, it is you want to know something bugs the shit out of me like that like what the fuck man i don't know you want to know something crazy um the actor wes bentley um said he was on uh serious cocaine and heroin during the filming of this film Oh, you could see it in his eyes. <laughs> Who I mean, is that? The literally the first time up, he shows bro. up on screen, I'm looking at him like, okay, there's our killer because yeah. his eyes are screaming. Dude, um, go to IMDb and click on the first picture, bro. Look at his <laughs> eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dude. I definitely don't think they miscast this one. It, it works. <laughs> that's funny. That's hilarious. Oh, yeah. that's great. Uh, what do we got? So yeah, I mean, it does have it does have definitely one super memorable kill in it. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. kind of what I that's really what I take away from this because it's it's like actually vicious, man. It's like Oof. vicious, yeah, like, vicious, ruthless, man. It's just it's nastiness. I wish there was kind of more of that in here, but the problem is with this film is that it's a hundred minute film with fucking two characters, and it was a theatrical release too, so they're not really going to stuff that many of that style no. kill in it. I mean, I mean, but you know, I wish they had of even like what I said before, you know, when people come into a film just to die, I wish they had actually done this to this. It would have added a little bit more flavor, like ridiculousness to it. But yeah. I don't know, man. It's just, I like the, the small cast, though, for whatever the, it's worth. It's just the lack of I, I mean, it's, you're just so spoiled with one great one. You just want more from that, right? Yeah. Like I wish I wish the security guard one wasn't off off camera. Just so I could see. I mean, obviously he exactly. didn't do anything too violent because his body looked, you know, undamaged, but still. Yeah. I would have I mean, liked to have seen it. I mean, the kill. I mean, the, 
I mean, even the ending is it's, it's kind of cheesy because it's like, dude, I mean, this guy has fucking harassed you, fucked with you mentally, physically. You know, he was going to do some nasty shit to you and you're you're seriously just going to like walk away. Kind of yeah, thing. that bothered me. But that it takes it me. takes the fucking c word, man. Right? <laughs> Which that's what it, that's what it <laughs> fucking took. And I'm just like, ah, it's so cheesy. It's so cheesy. And, and I didn't mean the c word isn't cheesy. He says a different word, but uh, <laughs> but uh, it's like you fucking cheesy. You know what, man? Like this movie, you know, it, it's it's entertaining for what it is. But man, I I'm sorry, man, but I've always had this thing about. <laughs> anything with elvis in movies because I, I fucking hate elvis with like like a burning passion yeah I'm not and there's man. and there's a scene in this movie where he does some elvis shit and i'm like mother i'm about to turn this shit off or fat like i can't stand elvis shit and i'm like they had to go to the elvis shit man fuck you're <laughs> well, losing points movie, you're so. losing you, points you know what's this, funny man. dude coming full circle again remember that friend i told you guys earlier about his dad was a truck driver yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, when we was even younger, every Friday night he would dress up as Elvis and go mm. to the bar with his girlfriend. Dude, I, I could, <laughs> like he I had a big Elvis that. collection and stuff, and he was like an Elvis impersonator. Is fucking. It was really cheesy. <laughs> it it like, kind of makes sense because I would, like Elvis impersonators are insane, and it, it would make sense that he would you know do an <laughs> Elvis shit in this movie. Right? Yeah, because he was bad shit insane. So the thing about Elvis fans though is that when you're an Elvis fan, you're a goddamn Elvis fan. I mean, think about Woody Harrelson in the Zombieland movies. I mean, every every like cinematic portrayal of a of a Elvis fan, they're always incredibly over the top. They probably own a white jumpsuit and a C Quinn Bell and you know blue suede shoes blah 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 every every Elvis fan I've ever known is an Elvis fanatic not just a fan so it almost made sense yeah it, do, it does make sense man oh yeah that was the other scene I was thinking of you know the scene where you know he's um uncuffing her and shit he's gonna take her out of the office and stuff and then she sneaks that fork and stabs him in the back yeah why in the fuck would you stab like she had like where yep. the, the position of her she could have stabbed him in the fucking neck or somewhere more vital than the fucking shoulder blade i literally have that in my notes why would it, you not go for the spine come on <laughs> or something more yeah exactly like a vital yeah. spot like she had the opportunity to do it and i mean i understand like you're in that situation it's kind of you know i mean it's it can kind of go either way kind of thing but i mean at the same time mm-hmm. i mean she still has the frame of mind to grab that fork and stab why not get yeah. in the neck or the fucking eye or like something man like it just well, made the, no sense to me to stab him right there when she could yeah, have yeah. got him right oh totally and another thing um with the stabbing and inside also did the same thing is what's with the mentality of people stabbing a villain and then only stabbing them once. Exactly. Like if I get that fork in my hand, I'm going to stab that motherfucker a couple of dozen times or until he disarms me. Same thing in inside when she stabbed her with the knitting needle. Why Mm -hmm. would you just stab her once stab her over and over and over? Because if you do enough damage to her arm, she's going to bleed out. And the and the movie is going to be a lot shorter, but still. <laughs> well, it's 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 her character is not very consistent in this because she went harder on the goddamn dog. Like she stabbed him, like she kept like grinding it and shit, exactly. and then it, it came back alive a little bit. But she went for it. But you know, I mean, what was the difference? That it was a fucking dog versus a man. Yeah. Like, like I think I'd be more worried about the guy in that situation. But anyways, and but- by the way, that dog. I mean, it was a terrible bloodhound because that one scene after she dropped the phone and she disappeared, she's literally feet 
away from the dog, and yeah, you're telling yeah. me the dog can't smell her? Come on! I now. forgot about that. Totally. That's a Rottweiler. They can at least smell pretty good. They're not quite bloodhounds, but yeah, yeah. What? Six to eight feet away, she was standing, and he couldn't smell her. No way. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sorry. My wife's a veterinary assistant, so animal things, animal logic, and movies always bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> Should I say it's animal so e logic? So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's so true, though, right? Fuck, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly, man, like, I mean, just too long. Fucking too long, man. I, like I said, I think just that one scene could have been, tr- the dinner scene, I think could have been trimmed up a little bit. Everything else I'm totally fine with. I do um, like the, the fact t- that this one kind of goes into, like, a Fast and the Furious kind of face off. I love car standoff the mexican car standoff i thought that was actually really cool the way they set it up i mean obviously i didn't like how it ended but i i love that well, scene. i, I thought mean, that was really cool dude it, it's so predict like you know for a fact that she's gonna like drive like a woman and fucking just destroy herself in the fucking car <laughs> over a pole like she like the way that shit goes down she like turns this way also and hits this pole and like fucking does like some crazy stunts man i'm like what the fuck is going on here it's crazy i i don't know man i that's just like there goes your female listeners (laughs) yeah exactly driving like a woman i mean i feel like they've been long gone if you really really (laughs) want to get out of the situation man like after you avoid like just slow down take your time and then get the fuck out of there you know still driving like 120 miles an hour like you're in a parking garage there's pole there's poles everywhere Like even to get that fast in there is is kind of interesting too, but a little bit, yeah. All right, yeah. boys, I think it's time to wrap this one up. All yep. right, so I guess I'm going first on this one. You know, this movie is enjoyable. It has a lot of ridiculousness. I know there's more that I'm just not thinking of right now, but again, we've mm-hmm. been recording for six hours, so <laughs> my brain isn't functioning. How does this keep happening? I don't know. My brain has been functioning not great in the last like hour or so. Shorter, and it never is. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I think it's going longer than last week. And it's funny, too. Like, we did last. I don't know. These reviews just went on. Um, but, you know, it's still fun. It's got a really, really memorable kill. Just a lot of ridiculousness. A lot of things that you can kind of shake your head at. And But all in all, again, suspending yourself, suspending your belief in, in situations like this is probably the appropriate thing to do. But, you know, I, th- I just think one of the biggest downfalls is that it runs too long. I wish it was shortened up. I mean, there's only a couple main characters here. It's a cat and mouse game. I think if, if it's tightened up, it works a lot better. Maybe cut out some things. I don't fucking know. Um, but, you know, all in all, I, you know, I th- was going into this thinking I was going to like it a lot more, but I still really did like it. But six and a half out of ten. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm coming in way higher. I, I really, really enjoyed this movie. Obviously not as much as inside by any stretch, but, um, like I said, all the problems that I had with it were fairly forgivable because of the action that we got the one great kill, the great performances by our two main stars. The soundtrack is pretty cool. I mean, I know you hate Elvis, but I mean, Santa baby to start out the movie sets the tone nicely. Uh, and then, you know, you get a couple of chords of Blue Christmas. So, I mean, that's really the only that and the Christmas presents that she's holding at the beginning are really the only things that tip it off that it's Christmas. So um, even though it's got like, a, you know, a little bit less of a Christmas aesthetic than you know, well, his Krampus, room's pretty decked out. The, the, well, yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, it's it's dressed up for like a dinner party type thing. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, 
but ultimately, like I said, it, I'm very forgiving of the problems that I have with it. Um, and I'm actually giving this um, an 8.5 out of Damn. 10. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. I, I, really I was like not it. expecting that. High. Wow. Crazy. <laughs> All right. Me, I uh, I like <clears throat> this film quite a bit, even though it does have very uh, a bit, like a big amount of issues. Um, I just they didn't bother me as much as they did the first time. And I, I literally remembered like. Th- that always stuck with me. That's the one thing I always thought about this film is like that it was just like problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, I, I swear, just knowing that just made it so much easier watching it this time. And um, uh, I, I'm giving it a seven. I think a seven. Wow. Wow. I was way low on this one, but yeah, I don't know. No, no. Hey, it's valid. I mean, the movie doesn't have problems, but it's just a matter of how much those problems bother you. Obviously, they bothered you more than they bothered me. Um, like I said earlier, everything that the movie did right, it did really fucking right. And, you know, the stuff that it did wrong it was like mildly wrong. Like, you know, other than the elevator thing, nothing really came off as like absolutely impossible to happen. So, well, yeah. I've always been very very harsh on like retarded cops and films and stuff it's like it's like going back to like last house on the left the original and shit like just stupid ass cops and like oh man the the town the dreaded sundown fucking stupid cop i don't know there's just something about stupid cops that just really gets on my nerves but that's just like that's just like blatant disregard for your fucking job but like i mean and that whole state like it's the whole thing it's the cell phone it's the fucking you know her getting her hands caught in there it's the fucking dog you know it's like there's so many there's so many elements in that whole damn scene in that section of the film that it's just like it's like retarded the amount mm-hmm. of smart cops in horror movies is like non-existent but i mean it's not i mean, I mean it's a it's a combination of like five or six different things that oh no scenes. i it's agree like, with you I'm right just, it's just like I'm one thing after another that. I'm thinking mm-hmm. about that observation that, like, yeah. I was trying to think of some smart cops. <laughs> I yeah. just couldn't. I mean, fucking who, do we? <laughs> well, there, there's different levels. Like, there's dumb <laughs> cops, but then there's, like, the town that dreaded sundown cops. Right? Well, there's like, dumb these... cops, and then there's cops that just don't want to do their job. Like, they're smart yeah. enough to do it, but they just they're, they're, they yeah. choose not to. True you know who man. a smart cop is? Is Sleepwalker's cop. The one with uh, Clevis whatever his cat's name is oh right it's like get the bad guy get the bad guy man the only thing i I even fuck i even rebought that blue or bought the blu-ray and stuff but like man one thing movie man (laughs) he fucking stabs a dude in the eye look what you did to my shirt bitch (laughs) dude that movie has like the the funniest fucking line ever (laughs) stabbed in the eye the tonal change in that movie is ridiculous (laughs) it goes from a serious movie of like rape committed rape and then yeah. it's like just fucking pure comedy the next scene <laughs> like true. what did you do to my shirt bitch <laughs> i do it's actually so fucking stupid. I, I like just, it yeah. i literally can only remember that from the movie because it made like i remember watching it when it came out and pissing myself rewinding it literally rewinding that scene over and over again and it's like oh my god it's the fucking oh dude death by corn cob come on oh yeah the corn cob oh yeah yeah. Oh, I'll never forget Death by Corn Cob. That was great. <laughs> yeah, oh, fuck, that's funny. All right. Um, okay, so that is going to conclude this another marathon episode. Holy shit, man! Well, it's man. the last one for a couple weeks, so you fucks better enjoy it. You know the crazy thing is, so last week's episode was five and a half. This is probably just over that. Next week's episode or two weeks episode year end show. It's gonna be like eight. 
I bet you it's going to be like fucking eight hours long because, uh, wow, we're going to have a lot of people on. There's a lot of top ten lists. So there'll be uh-huh. seven lists total. Seven lists total, six people. Yeah. So it's going to be long. Ooh. But, uh, yeah, that is going to conclude episode 172. Venom, thanks for coming back onto the show. Uh, looking forward to the year-end show for sure, man. Um it's going to be awesome. I think it's going to be a really fun time. I, those are like my favorite things to do because it's just like not really a lot of prep for it. Just go exactly. in. Exactly. Yeah, I love you know? those shows. Um, yeah. 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 I, try to, I try to interject them at least a couple of times a year on No More Room in Hell. Mike mm-hmm. Mike is a little bit more um, standoffish on list shows, but yeah, I enjoy them. But again, yeah, yeah thank you. So, uh, like, he, he doesn't like being like so put something in cement you know what i mean well he doesn't like rating movies either i we yeah, don't rate yeah. movies on any shows that i do with mike no, and, he's explained this he, yeah he's explained this he doesn't like to rate movies plus he doesn't like to make he doesn't like to rank films based on one watch and i, and I said to him one time in the chat i was like well then watch him twice <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what the uh, next couple of weeks are going to be all the rewatches yeah anyway so. But again, um, I'm sorry, guys. Thank you very much for having me on. I, I didn't actually absolutely. get a chance to say it. Um, you know, second time on. I had just as good a time this time as last one. I look forward to the top ten show. And, yeah, I'm, I, I, I dig these appearances. So thank you so much for having me. Are these, like, the longest shows that you appear on? Or do you do other shows that are, like, marathon oh, no. shows? Yeah, I've never done a six-hour show. Yeah, oh, this shit. is a first. Okay. <laughs> so that, I always feel bad for people when they do show shows and they come on ours and we ask them to watch like six movies and like and then dedicate an entire third of a day to record. <laughs> you know, it's like it's, at least it's Friday night and I have no plans in the morning, so all is well. Yeah, yeah. That's why I always like with the what we watched. I'm like oh, I don't know, man, but but cool, man. Cool, that worked out. So yeah, awesome. JP, take right. us out of here. Yeah, uh, thanks, Venom, for coming on. Make sure you guys check out Venom. Where can they do that at? Oh, God. Okay, I'll list them off really fast. Uh, the Horror Cast, No More Room in Hell, No More Room in Hell Presents Fresh Cuts, Theme Warriors, <laughs> Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Cult Unknown, The Slice and Dice Dreadcast, and I recently joined the cast of It's Not Horror, Okay? with Neil Lemoy and Heather Powell. Um, I have another, yet another podcast that's going to be starting up after the new year. Um, as far as social media goes, on Facebook, I am Mr. Venom. On on um, Twitter, I am at Jerry Venom. At Instagram, I am at Venom Horror. And if you want to drop me an email, it's Mr. Venom Podcasts at gmail.com. Awesome, man. So, yeah, check out Venom, guys. Uh, obviously, be back next episode for our annual top 10. Uh, this will be top 10 of 2019. We got Venom. We got Carly. We got us. And we got Mr. Parker uh, coming in. Going to be awesome. Uh, also, you know, check out all the all the places. The ratings been updating them. Uh, those should be done here in the, another week or two. And, uh, yeah, just, just keep commenting. That always motivates us. Keep, uh, you know, talking about the episodes. I like hearing what you guys have to say. And, yeah, I'm not going to give every link out tonight. I'm, my, bra- my, my brain's melting. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, see you guys next time. Adios. Adios.